Are you? Gotcha. Patricia, my darling Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia. You could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no foolin'. I'm falling in love with you. Oh, Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling. Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. Hello, everybody. It is Saturday night, May the 14th, year 2016. You have all your Christmas shopping done. You know, there's only so many days left in the year. Hello, Patricia. What's today's date? It is Saturday, May the 14th. The 14th? Yeah. So we, we have a month and a half before we hit Christmas in July. Correct. So you got all your shopping done by, by July? Okay. A <laughs> uh, couple announcements right off. What happened to January, February, March, and April? Where did they go? You were having so much fun the first four months of the year. They just went on by. Well, I like your interpretation a whole lot better than I would come up with. <laughs> How you doing? I'm fine. Took a four-hour nap, so we're going to be frisky tonight. We're going to be really sparkly, charming, and stuff like that there. We got a statement announcement right off the bat, and then, Patri- then I'll throw it over to Patricia. We were scheduled to have our friend John Wilder tonight, but John has a writing assignment, so I think that's a good sign for all writers, right, Patricia? That's a 
that's a good thing to get a writing assignment, correct? And that is a very good thing. <laughs> may, may may we do it forevermore? <laughs> you know, freelancers are called starving artists. We're in the same bucket. So John has a, a TV script he's asked to rewrite, and so I, I imagine he's wanting to go to script doctors out there in town, so he's working on that, and in a couple of weeks, the homework channel wants to sit down and talk to him about a new show. So, we're going to let John get ready, so we, we'll move our interview with Patricia, yeah, let's hope June. Hopefully he have no deadline to take care of. So that's our goal, to have John Wilder, who has a new mystery book out. And a, I would say one of the most interesting careers that's so diverse, really, in Hollywood. So I'm looking forward, Patricia, to get a chance to talk to him. So that will be in a few weeks. So, my dear, anything you want to bring to the table before we see if anybody wants to talk to us? Well, if you keep talking for a minute, because I was getting a cup of coffee, <laughs> and I will go back to my notes, which I can read tonight. Ha, ha, ha. Night, yeah, we were recording, and I looked at my computer, and I said, oh, my gosh, I cannot read this. I like, okay. I like, to, thank, um, I like yeah. to thank all the response we had this week, last week. If you may know, uh, I went to a play last Saturday night, so Patricia forgave me, so I let her have a few hours off. And so we we ran the Tony Dow interview, and I had good comments via Facebook and email about that. And so, uh, you know, Patricia's like vintage wine. She gets, gets better over a period of time. <laughs> cheese is the same way. <laughs> well, a lot of cheese is yes. anyway. The old, yeah. You know, like so so that, that was our show last week on the 14th. And uh, the 30th with a short show, so we'll, we'll see how go how it goes tonight. So we'll see how it goes tonight. Yeah. Morgan is so kind. I took last week off. I simply called and or he called me, and I said, I cannot do it. I just cannot do it. I am so sick. <laughs> <laughs> I was the one who pooped out last week, but I'm oh. so glad that you pulled the Tony Dow interview. I because yeah. he was so good. Oh, yeah. He was so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was a repeat. That was my confession to people who sent emails and said, oh, wow, that was really good. That was great. And I had to confess that it was a rerun. I guess it didn't sound like a rerun because we had pre-recorded that one, did we not? No, it was live. That, that one was live. We did take calls. Oh, yeah. Time. Of course. Yeah, that was two hours. That was, that was two hours for Tony, and he and he was, he put off dinner until we made sure we got all the questions in. That's um, he, and he was so gracious. Yes, and good. I will never forget the horse story. <laughs> <laughs> when the horse went down and stayed down, it wouldn't get back up again. I I, I never oh. forget your sister calling in. She couldn't believe she was talking to Wally. You know, I think a lot of people. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> About. She, she thought he was the hunk of, where did they live? I don't know where Beaver lived. Centerville sounds right, but no, no, no. Somebody but, lived in Cent Central City? Who? Where did um, Henry Aldrich, where did Henry Aldrich live? I thought he was Central City or Centralville. One of those, and the other one was Archie. That's how I always figured it. Or it, it could be Father Knows Best. 
Um, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. All right, leave it to Beaver Town. Let's see. Anyway, Mayfield. Mayfield. They lived in Mayfield. Hmm. Hmm. I, I wonder. I wonder if there is a Mayfield in the United States. We should call and see if Beaver lives there. Oh, there must be a million Mayfields. I never. I never. I've never heard of one. Oh, homework, homework, homework. Okay, I mean, there are Mayfield, Florida. I've never heard one in California. We'll find out. Town of Mayfield. Let's see. Now, pe- people. Tax office. People can always tell this is how we pre- this is how we prep our show. You know. Uptown's named. <laughs> I have a couple of questions for you, <laughs> and I know you're going to ask for the rest of the answers, <laughs> and I'm going to say, I just pooped out. I couldn't do it. This week I was transferring Patricia's life, and so I was listening to. <laughs> 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 2010, when we had Jimmy Nelson on the show, so I put that one, and when we had Jack French on, talk about the Lady Detective books, so I'm transferring your life, Patricia, into digital format, that way you will always be with me. Do I like it? Does it tickle? Oh, it sure does. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have a silly night tonight. You know, you know, Jim Taylor requested that I ought to put a highlight of all the things you and I cracked up over. That would get take over. <laughs> that would take over Saturdays after the Saturdays no. after Saturdays. We did no. that. We've we've had a couple of crack ups where we had to stop or we wound up stop. Yep. Not talking because we were laughing so hard. But there will never be another squirrel. No, I'm still looking there for the squirrel. There will never be another squirrel. When you come across that one, you have to make a big X or scratch <laughs> it or do something that will make it jump out whenever we say we yep. need a laugh tonight. Yep. Well, I'm looking forward because I, you know, I found our Christmas stuff for 2010 when we had the mirror from mm-hmm. the North Pole, things like that. So I figured we could always mm-hmm. feature that. We had everybody. We had Bahamas. Oh, and then I figured we, I must be getting close to the day we did eight, 17 hours on Fibber McGee and Molly. So I'll be putting that in your little box too. Our our um, 75th birthday show. Is it? it oh my! I've got a 20. What what have I got? Twenty something or other. Two gigabyte. I've got a two gigabyte capacity. It's going to fit, right? Oh yeah. I'll get tell I'll get called and say Hoits away Hoits away You'll be like pulling out fish. <laughs> I guess I'm not a fisher person. <laughs> what what does that mean? You'll just keep grabbing files as they come down. Oh, all right. Okay, if you say so. Yes, I I'm see. a little slow tonight. It's going to take me time to catch up. I had a week in between. Hmm. Well, you know, you're out of practice. That's why. I am. I know. I am. I know. People need to call and put me back in They practice. They have. I'm just sitting with the calls stacked up. Really? Oh, yeah. But okay, I, well, I, want, I want you to have the table first before we go to the first call. Okay. I, I am... I'll, I'll talk fast. We do have a theme tonight. I want women associated with detectives. For example, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a detective or a wife who's a detective. It just has to be associated. For example, Perry Mason wasn't really a detective, but he sort of did crime solving. Mm-hmm. And his was Della Street. 
So I want a woman associated with someone who solved crimes and tell me who they were, the pair. So it would be Della Street and Perry Mason. Okay. Does that confuse everybody? Well, Do you understand what I'm asking? Yes, you? but I've been with you a long time, so I, I know how to break the code. <laughs> there's, there's an understanding, an unspoken understanding, yes. I'm looking for a woman associated with a crime solver. Like yeah, Sam Spade or I didn't Philip Marlowe or, yeah. See, I'm good, I'm good interpretation because my dad speaks in half sentences. My mom no, you speak in half sentences. Oh, oh my you, gosh, you speak in half words. Well, my mom really can't get confused with my dad. She'll ask me to interpret, and so I can interpret. So, see, I know what that's all about. Yeah, and I can interpret for you because you do speak in half words. <laughs> you, don't, you don't even bother with the sentences. You just cut the words in half and hop right on to the other. And the really baffling thing is everybody understands you. There, there is. I don't think there's a person who doesn't say, "What did he mean? What was that?" I know exactly what you mean. It's darn scary. Okay, so I want. Do, is, does that need any interpretation? No, no. I, okay. I, I've already have my my personal favorite. So good. Well, <laughs> well, you have your personal favorite, but can everybody else understand what I'm asking for? Yes. Okay, that's good. Yes. That's good. If and not, so I, if, if not, I will interpret for the family when they call. <laughs> and what they'll say, say what? What? And I'll interpret for them. What? I said, I said that in front of my doctor the other day when I was getting my next appointment. He said, oh, please, I'm from Oklahoma. Please don't do that to me. <laughs> no New York. No New York. <laughs> and I was so surprised when you told me you were from New York. Oh, please don't do that to me. So, so you, have, you should have a doctor from the back, and then they would understand you, Patricia. Really? Of well, course. He understands me. He okay. just can't stand <laughs> having to listen to it. It, it. it was the listening part that, that kind of shook him up a little bit, uh -huh. so I promised him I would not do that. Uh -huh. So I just have a couple of things here and an admission about how awful I am in my national park history. Um, May 14th, 1998, we lost Frank Sinatra that day. Mm. And I picked that up, so I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. And we've got some really stupid days. Today is the 14th, tomorrow is the 15th, and we will be in the show, of course, on the 15th. And I also threw in a couple of the 16th for Monday. Ah. So for the 14th, it's Dance Like a Chicken Day. Mm -hmm. Go figure. Okay. How do you dance? Well, I don't know. Do, well, the chicken dance, you know. The chicken dance. You, you, go to, you, you go to Wayne Chicken Days and Wayne Nebraska, and you can do the chicken dance. Really? Well, I don't know if is they there, have a chicken chicken dance, but, yeah, there's is, a... Is there a chicken mascot? Does any team in any sport have a chicken mascot? Yes. Uh, I don't know if he's still active, but starting in 1978, the San Diego Chicken. Uh, Ted... Ted Nugent, Ted somebody, uh, was he with the chicken mascot. He, he wrote, he, the baseball team was so bad, he dressed up <laughs> as a chicken, and he would, he wound up becoming one of the best mascots in baseball. Well, isn't it nice to know that people have a sense of humor? <laughs> I mean, seriously, that, that's a serious game. When you're not doing well and you're in the basement, that's serious. 
but to have a sense of humor about it, that's pretty good. Yes, yes. That's pretty good. Okay, so we're still on the 14th. International Migratory Bird Day. They missed the swallows. But it is National Train Day. The 14th is National Train Day. Okay. So, so have, you ever, have you ever been on a train? I think I, maybe one time okay. when I was like three. And where did you and go? I don't know, and I don't know why, but that's that's on my bucket list. I have to. I know it's on your bucket. Honest to goodness, steam engine train. Mm. I know it's on your bucket. Well, maybe when you go to Colorado to visit your family, you can put that on the list. My sister, uh-huh, my sister-in-law found one not terribly far away, so maybe we'll get to do that. Okay. Okay, and then tomorrow, Sunday, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. It's National Chocolate Chip Day. Uh, mom, ba- mom baked chocolate. Mom baked chocolate chip cookies yesterday. Yesterday, are there any left? No, they were gone in a couple hours. Could could she think about doing it for tomorrow? Yes, the family's requested. It doesn't say chocolate chip cookie day. It just says chocolate <laughs> chip day. So you might get away with just eating the chocolate chips. Well, they were all in the bag. The chip, the chocolate chips were all in the bag. So with that, till. But I didn't open it to snack, so I just left them there, and they turned into cookies. You <laughs> just wiggle your nose and off to us. Uh, okay, so National Chocolate Chip Day. You're allowed to have chocolate chips, and if your mom puts them in cookies, she can send some. And uh, incidentally, those boxes you sent and one you said was heavy? Yeah. It's still in the office. The poor guy who lifted it said, you're going to have to back your car up. He said, I can't do this twice. <laughs> who got it to the post office? Me. You carried that? Uh-huh. Well, he needs you. <laughs> so I, I think it's the canvas bags. Is this of a recent shipment? This is the the one I guess with the newsletters in it. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's 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 pretty heavy. There so were there were four Monday, boxes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Monday mm-hmm. on the really big one, I will go with my supermarket totes and empty eight to ten pounds at a time. <laughs> and and well, I think that's pretty that, that's pretty smart. I think it is too, but I didn't realize yeah, I didn't realize I, I really didn't. Yeah, I, I can lighten it by thirty pounds, then maybe he can. Lift it. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that heavy. Well, when you bend over, I guess. Now, because it was on the floor, I don't know how the mail person got it in there. But anyway, there are other boxes there as well. <laughs> what we're speaking, I, I the other day he said, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> what I was speaking, I've, I sent Patricia thirty-five years worth of Spurvac newsletters, and Spurvac put out eleven a year. And so we'll wait. So I'm going to bundle up the next twelve, and just, we'll just send it twelve newsletters at a time. So that way, Patricia. Oh, well, the, 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 all the new ones. I love this. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, you, um, you know, I mean. Walden, I'm just finishing up sending out. I sent out a couple of boxes last week, I think, to uh, Ron in Illinois. This is getting out of hand. I had no idea. I I keep saying. Whenever you send me something, I say, I had no idea. 
I had no idea 80 boxes were going to arrive. I had no idea. Well, I didn't either. 20 pounds of newsletters. <laughs> well, what? you know, you can always donate them, scan them, whatever you want to do. Whom? Whom? <laughs> you, you have found a worthy depository here. <laughs> I am... I am the depository. Well, we can, okay. we can all send him on from Illinois. He got a big old mansion over there. What is he going to do with newsletters like that? Do you need to worry about it? Just to get, deposit them, right? Oh, that poor man. Okay, Ron, oh, we're it, expecting you to call tonight and weigh in on this. You and should really weigh in are the operative words. You should really see what's coming from California to him. No, I, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm just so happy there's an end in sight. Mom and I, I will never. Mom, I'm Mom, not going to say yes ever again. Yeah, but if I have a million dollar check for you. I will say yes. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it weighs under 10 pounds. Total. Well, well. Total. Total. But just think of all the fun you had opening boxes. You want to rephrase that? <laughs> they, no, seriously, there, there were some really fun there, things. Think, of all, the, think of all the good exercise you had by opening all the boxes. Is that what it was? <laughs> I can't breathe as it is. <laughs> it's going to be another six months before I can breathe again. Oh, Walden. Uh, uh. Okay, so after National Chocolate Chip Day, mm -hmm. moving right along, mm -hmm. <laughs> the 15th, which is Sunday, yes. is Police Officers Memorial Day, and that is very special to all of us, and we are thinking of the families, of the police officers, of everybody associated with this day, Police Officers Memorial Day, and we will remember. Amen. And then we have Monday. Monday I need some help with. Monday is love a tree day. That's fine. I can love a tree. I can hug a tree, including the one that dropped uh, a branch on my car this week. That, you love that tree, too? Well, I'll go hug it, but I'm not parking <laughs> under it anymore. <laughs> it, it left a scratch on it. Not a really deep scratch, yeah. but you can see the mark it left. I was lucky that's all it left. Uh, you, think, then, you, you, th you think you can file an insurance claim with the insurance company? You think they call that an act of God? Well, <laughs> they might call it an act of God, but I've got a $500 deductible, and I think it would be out of pocket for that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, this is what's really awful. I know what my favorite tree is. What's your favorite tree? It's the one that you see in the peanut... Drawing what's dark, you know, the little, the little tree there. That yeah, little. But, I, mean, it, I don't think we ever found out. It was just his, his nest tree, huh? I, I don't know, but I just, I just remember seeing that as a kid. Hmm. Speaking of cartoons, we're going to be having Dick Tracy on in two weeks, everybody. That's right. Yeah. Well, Dick Tracy's grandson. That's right. <laughs> Chester Gould's grandson. <laughs> One, two, three. Just let me finish counting here. No problem. Four, five, six. I had ten questions about our national parks. Mm -hmm. I got 
four, correct. <laughs> You'll probably do better than I. I've been to I've probably been to two two of the more famous one. These these are just kind of you know. Mhm. Mm um, I wish I had the. I've never been to Yellowstone National Park though. No Jellystone. <laughs> no. Um, I, I did a really stupid thing, and I didn't realize I did. I'll have to go back and see if I can find, because they were multiple choice. And I made, I mean, they even gave me the answer. One out of four, I had a 25% mm. chance if I just threw a dart, and I still got six wrong. Have you ever been to a national park? I must have, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, I'm sure I wasn't. Is it on Patricia bucket list? Nah. Okay. No, and I mean it's really nice that we have national parks, and each national park has something different and special. But there are so many different and special things from coast to coast. So on my bucket list, um, I, it would be kind of low on my bucket list. If I had time left over, I'd go to a national park. But see, yeah, you love you love the critters of the world. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> can we put that in? We can put that in past tense if it's all right. Well, you 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 have a career with critters. Uh huh. You know. Uh huh. You're not planning to go back and visit them. Now, how many people do you know had to get rabies vaccine? How many? I just know what. Just one. She's real. I am so darn special. You are special. Gee whiz. You know. So that that was the end of my love of woodland creatures. Yeah, but 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 you know, I'm talking about the lion that you wouldn't pet and all those different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, and the black bear, and I even sat on a lawn with raccoons that went through my camera cases and so does he, that's sat what on my she, shoulder and hung on my shirt. That's what I mean. You, I mean, you 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 lived with the critters. I have lived with the and wolves. I I had I was in the compound with two young wolves. You, they were scared. You, you must. They, why were they scared? I they were they were just they weren't peopleized, which was good. Uh huh. Um, they had been born in captivity, and they were part of some experiment. I don't know the the, the scientists and. Park Rangers, I don't know who was doing this, but they were following these young wolves for, I do not know why. I am sorry, I do not know why. But <laughs> anyway, they were, it, it was a really big compound that they were in. And woodsy, and they had a den, and, mm -hmm. you know, it was really nice. But they were very shy, very shy, which was good. That, that was a very good thing. Let me ask a question of my, of my adorable writers. What? The articles. Did you write articles when you went and visited the lions, the wolves, the bears, and stuff like that? There. So did they? Oh, yeah. Did they go to wildlife magazines? What did they? What did <laughs> they wind up? Most of them were um, regional and Florida magazines because it, it was a regional story as opposed to a national. I think I've gotten a national one out of one of them. I don't remember. Not the raccoons, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not the raccoons. Well, the bears. did 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 you get did you have any article that went national? Oh gosh, yeah. What topic was it? Be was it be you your career covering golf? Oh my! Oh my goodness! It, I mean, 
I did everything. I know. Still do everything. I know. I mean, it really is everything. <laughs> no kidding. I, I believe you. That's why you're such uh, a. That's why you're such a good host. Well, let me ask you this: Can you, can you recall the first national topic you had published national national wide? It it was the first one out of the chute, and I was too novice uh-huh. and naive to know that you were supposed to start local and work your way up. I started with nationals and worked <laughs> my way down. <laughs> so, but that was good. Uh, that was good. I mean, they paid more than than um, the regional and local magazines. Nice. Yeah, business magazines were notoriously low-paying. Okay. But they were so much fun. They who, were so much who, fun. And business magazines now are, you get business sections in the newspapers, and you got Forbes and a couple of others. But oh, Was um, there, there a certain topic that really paid better than others? Not topics, but magazines. Like what would be and considered... And, and, and you'd pitch them an idea to a magazine, and they'd say, yeah, we'll take a look at it. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming like a National Geographic or Life or Saturday yeah. Evening Post, some of those would be the top, the top scale. Yeah, yeah there, were, there were a couple of them there. Uh-huh. But not, um, not National Geographic. I never shot the National Geographic. Oh. Shame on me. Oh. I have to rethink that. My my day my day with the raccoons by by Patricia from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia's survival routine <laughs> did not get bitten. Well, she did. I mean, one bite does not constitute a right. Yeah, I, I, a, a nibble I mean, here. That's not a, a um, career in being mauled by a bear or something. You know. <clears throat> well. A little nip is still a nip. That was a pretty big bite. Yeah. I have a scar. You, you, have, you, you have a scar for your trade. I, I have, yes. I, yes. I have my battle wound. Yeah. <laughs> I was wounded <laughs> by very large teeth. Uh, Coons have big teeth. They were sharp. Ew, ew, ew. My goodness. He was mad. He was a very angry raccoon. He was sick, the poor little guy. Oh. Sick. He tried to make me sick, too. I know. <laughs> it didn't work. Oh. It was just the, the weirdest thing. I, I, could not get, I could not get the right people to understand that I had really been bitten by an animal with rabies. <laughs> they, you know, they, they just brushed that kind of stuff off. Well, with your medical background, you knew how how serious it was. And it, it is true. And if I had not been as aggressive as I was, I, I say aggressive, well, I guess I really was aggressive. I mean, I couldn't even get through to the health department oh. for heaven's sakes. Oh. Do you know what I finally did? Take one shot at what I finally did and got some some help with this. You went to emergency. No. They didn't want to hear it either. You went to animal control. I went to the television station. Wow! I called our local television station and said, this is my problem. Can you help me? And they did. They called the health department. Wow. I know. 
<laughs> wow. It was such a runaround. The health department sent me to my regular doctor, mm-hmm. and he poo-pooed it. I said, look, right there. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, my God, you've got an animal bite. <laughs> you know, folks, we finally have someone who listens. It was just an unbelievable experience. It took me a whole day to get somebody to listen to me. That's not An entire good. day. That's not good. That's scary. Yeah. That, I, that is really scary. See, I wouldn't... If, I, hadn't, uh, I, I, if wouldn't. I weren't aware, as you said, if I weren't aware of yeah. the seriousness of this, if the health department blew it off and a doctor blew it off, okay, no problem. I would have listened. Uh, yeah, you would have. Yeah. But you weren't here. I know. You also didn't have rabies. <laughs> <laughs> I would have had a sympathetic Walden, and you would have had a dead co-host. I would have worked, I would work high and, high and low to get you help. Yeah. Oh gosh. But that's what did it. Yeah. I, I called NBC. I called our local NBC affiliate. We love NBC. Lo- we love you, mm-hmm. NBC. Do you know they even showed up in the emergency room? How about that? These guys were really good when I finally got the the sequence and mm-hmm. the schedule of mm-hmm. vaccine injections. They showed up for the first one. Live on camera, here's Patricia this from Florida. This was, this was true. Live from the emergency room, here's the lady who got bitten. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, that's my story for tonight. I can go home now, right? Of course. We can play stuff. Okay. okay. I am going to ask you one question that I got. Wrong. No. Um, let, no. Let me let me let me go back, and um, when we're on a break later, I will get the multiple choice for these okay. national park questions. Okay. And because um, I got to pick and choose, and I still got six out of ten wrong. Isn't that dismal? No, I think it's better than that, better than what I'm going to. Absolutely dismal. Okay, I'm finished. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hello, Carl. You're on the air. Hello, my friend. How are you? Fine. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. My wife is um, in Texas. Uh, she drove to Texas with a friend and their kids for uh, one of their kids' um, wedding, ah. which was today. Okay. And um, they'll, they'll be coming back. So, and then at the same time, how funny... My daughter, who has been in Oregon for maybe two years now, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. her and her husband came down, and what do you know? My wife is gone. My wife and daughter Madeline are gone. So You're still. batching it? Yes, I am. Oh, um, my goodness. This is happening much too frequently. We need to talk to somebody about this. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I I didn't get a lot of ample warning. Um, I mean, I knew it was going to happen, but... She told me that the, the day before she put a sticky note on my bathroom faucet because that's somewhere I'll always see the notes. And uh, I'm like, what? And I had been up all the, uh, I had been up over 24 hours the night before, not even realizing that she's leaving. And Wait a minute, a sticky note. This is like a bad soap opera. I'm leaving you forever. I'm in, the, I'm in the cab on my way to the airport. Love me. <laughs> well, uh, I love this. 
you know, she had talked to me before about it, but that was, you know, many, many weeks, maybe even months beforehand that I knew. Okay. And I, I'd like to get at least a week. I mean, I'd like her to start telling me like two weeks before or so, and then, you know, in a week, she could, she could tell me every day that she's going to go. That's the way I like it. You know, oh, yeah. Because of my memory problems. So well, maybe time to start keeping a, keeping a calendar. She may have also thought, though, that she that I was under less stress on account of it, which is true. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any time to, you know, be concerned about it at all. But yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, but then you get an explosion on one day. Wow. That, that's true. Yeah, this true. is all from California. We didn't announce that. That's true. Now, well, now, when you're on the, when you're the, on your own, Paul, is there a favorite meal that you like to prepare? That you know, maybe the rest of the family doesn't want, but you you love it so much that you make sure you, if you can do it, you can you have it handy. That nobody else likes. Uh huh. Um, I don't. I don't prefer anything that nobody else likes. Okay. Uh, how about I about just a favorite Paul meal that you make sure. If you know you're going to be all by yourself for a week, you want to at least have it handy. Okay, well, you know what? I don't do any of those uh, when I'm alone for a week because she, she actually prepares me. All I figured, the food. Yeah, I figured she did. But I figured if you, if you were going to cook your own meal, Okay. just one meal. If I was going to cook one meal, one meal, it would uh, probably be either steaks or ribs with big baked potato, and salad. Big, that's you know, a, that's a, a good deal. Good salad. Yeah. Good salad. Yeah. You know, salad to include you know, sliced avocado on the very top and um, cherry tomatoes and cucumbers. My, my dad is growing tomatoes, everybody. You know, he... Am Which I, ones? Uh, probably the the cherry the cherry tomatoes. They they always do good for me. The cherry tomatoes always produce good. It's the, the, it's the, the is, ones that the problem is we got popsums in the neighborhood, so they like to fight my dad for the tomato the, the tomato. You have what in the neighborhood? Possums. Oh, Ooh. oh, really? You got them? Uh, oh, they're coming back and. Yep. So 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 I'm saying, Dad. Because one year we didn't have any trouble. We grew them um, hanging tomatoes. You could hang them from the roof and they hang down. Yeah. So I've we, seen we, those advertised. We tried those. How'd they go? How'd they do? They did fine. But Dad wanted to go back in the ground. So I said, Dad, you're going to fight with the possums. Huh. So, you know, and he said, Well, I can always stay up all night to watch, watch out for the possums at night. But, you know. Well, I know what would work. If you uh, you made a you encircled the plants with um, chicken wire and then uh, you got yourself one of those electric fence. I actually have one, um, a battery powered electric fence, or or you can do a plug in one. But I had a battery powered one that I put around my horse's pen because he's um, it wasn't for my horse. It was for the um, what was it the Ponies, uh, radical, mean ponies that that uh, would be biting and kicking through the fence area. So that that straightened them out. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but I think Dad's going to have to create a little fence thing for his tomato plant. If not, he'll be fighting with the with the possums. So. Yeah, they could take, they could take quite a few of them, I imagine. Mm-hmm. But you know what I have right now? What do you got? Squirrel or plural. Not sure about that, but at least a squirrel in my attic. Uh-oh. Yeah. No, you, you yeah. do not have a squirrel. <laughs> you said I don't I'm, have a squirrel. I'm very sorry. Yeah. You do not have a squirrel. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that it is still, but I need to get myself some have-a-heart traps and see if I see tits on this thing that are getting, uh, you know, that are feeding babies. Uh, it can be quite noisy. And well, what it, it climbs, my wife and daughter have seen this, climbing up the front, the tree in the front yard, and jumping onto the roof there, so I have to you know, have to cut off a branch or or two up there. But then I look in my backyard, and I have redwood trees. Really, one is really close to the house there. And even if I took off the lower ones, there's ones higher uh, higher up that I would not want to cut back or off. That it would still be able to get onto. So. There's one there's one hole uh, where um, like two uh, three roofs I think come together um, and they're in there so there's this long wedge that goes in into the very corner that is that is not enclosed so it comes in through there and you know what I've been hearing this thing I'm gonna guess maybe as long as one year I've been hearing this running across my roof I go. Well, that's not a cat. That's too close coupled, um, you know, uh, of running. It's too close coupled. And they wouldn't be running as fast as that and making the noise quite like that. Uh, you know, and I thought, well, the birds that are up there, they don't they don't run like that. They do a hop, 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 you know, and then I hear them smacking the um, their beaks on the on the nuts that they bring up there to open them up. It's not one of those. What the heck is this thing? You know. Then I would just go back to sleep or something. And I had been wondering. Well, now I know what it is. And it fits. How, it. how are you positive it's a squirrel? My wife and my daughter have seen it. Well, I guess that'll do it, won't it? Yeah, like I said, they saw it jumping on the roof several times from the front yard tree. From, okay. So have you named it yet? <clears throat> no. It, no? It, it might be dead, but I'll probably, I'm going to buy myself some have a heart traps and uh, see what I can do with that. And if I catch one, yeah. I will drive so far that there's no way that it's going to make it back to my house. And I wonder, how, how, how many houses in a neighborhood like this uh, are lucky enough uh, <laughs> to, to get squirrels to move in, well, you know, to, to even think about going up on the roof. Yeah, but you know, I, I animals have a an instinct. We, I in nineteen my my the house I live in was my grandmother's house in nineteen eighty two when she passed away, and we lived three blocks away. Uh, on our name, so we moved over here because it was a little bigger, and we had a cat. We had an old Tom cat, 
who my brother adopted pretty much, who, he had a territory. He, he claimed, you know, a half mile of his territory from schools to neighborhood. And even though we moved three blocks away, he just wasn't comfortable. So every day he would walk back home to his own stomping ground. So I think animals have a, a sixth sense where things are at. So if the squirrel likes your place and you move them 10 miles away, they might show up again. Paul? Mm-hmm. Well, if it's pregnant, and you know, uh, and you move it ahead of time, it won't have a chance to... <laughs> well, Mama mama might know. Mama might give them the direction. Go east, go west. <laughs> oh, gosh. I think we're having a critter. That happened once. I'd, I'd just have to dispatch them. Um, no. Okay. So, but we won't know about it, right? No. Don't tell no, Patricia. She'll get squirmish. I won't tell you. Maybe I'll tell Wall and off the falling <laughs> off the air, but so I'll know what happened. Yeah, privately, I, I know P- Patricia has gentle ears. You know, well, and I have a gentle soul, a gentle heart. Oh, oh, our eagles. Yes. You know, that's that entirely different. Eagle last year, or last year's daddy eagle died this year before right. nesting season, and there's a new daddy eagle. Right. How, how do you know it died? It, I, it was it in the view of the camera. Yes, yes, you can see it with the cameras. And she had twins this year in January, mm-hmm. right around the first of January. They're 109 days old now. One of them fell out of the nest and broke his leg. Uh oh. I am sick. I am Uh-oh. just so sick. But the animal rehabilitation, the wildlife rehabilitation people mm-hmm. have him, but he has to have an operation on his leg. So now he lost daddy last this year, and now we've got a baby with a broken leg that, oh, I'm just a wreck. I never, I never said Well, you said you were going to stop watching him. Again. I would never look again, and I looked. Yep, yep. You had promised you were, because you couldn't handle it that you were going to stop, and then you did it, I remember. And I did it. I went and did it, and it's the younger of the two. He's about mm. 40 hours younger, and boy, did it make a difference. Just that little bit, and he so, fell out of the nest already one time. So this um, this broken leg one is going to be away from its sibling, uh, you know, and the other one's going to probably be gone. Can it fight no, it can't be. Uh, I, I don't take. think the other one will be lonely. No. The, and it's the older one that's still in the nest. Yeah, and he'll probably be gone said, by the time this hours. gets released. It's not even two whole days. Uh, but it made such a difference. And the, the young one that is injured now was already at the wildlife rehabilitation place. I don't know how or why it got there. It had to have fallen out of the nest because they would not go to the nest to rescue it. But anyhow, um, he got put back, and, and now he fell out of the nest again. He's not too steady on his feet, I guess. But Maybe he doesn't uh, know how I to mean, fly. I beg your pardon? Maybe he doesn't know how to fly yet. He probably doesn't, but, you know, they're, they're flapping. They're old enough to flap. So my thought is he might have been flapping at the edge of the nest and just misjudged. Um, or the other one pushed him off. I don't know. I was a wreck, and now I'm a wreck again. You have to oh. remind me next year. Do not look at the eagles. Do not yeah. look at the eagles. You think that would even stop so, you? I'm thinking this 
eagle that with the broken leg because he's going to be there under supervision after, right? Mm-hmm. For some time. Yeah, he's, we have yeah. Um, the care, care and rehabilitation of wildlife is a, an organization here, and they have volunteer vets and they have people who um, do nothing but the care and rehabilitation of wildlife, and the acronym is CROW, C-R-O-W. <laughs> and that's where he is. And when when they rehabilitate, they really do. They they limit to an absolute minimum the people contact with these animals, only to the absolute necessity. And when the large eagle broke his wing last year and they had him re- rehabilitating, they first had him in a, a small enclosure because he had to they had to keep his wing bound after he had surgery. And then they gradually increased the size of his compound until they were sure he could fly. He he was in something actually large enough that he could fly. And then they brought him back and, and let him go in the wild, and he did very well, except he got in a fight and he broke his wing again. So Broke the same one again? I, I guess it was the same one, yeah. And um, he, How'd they he, find that out? Was he back up there in front of the ca- camera? No, they, he he and the new eagle, the new male eagle that took over the nest, were in royal battles because Ozzy was defending his nest and the newcomer wanted to take over, and the newcomer was larger and injured the one that ultimately died, So or re-injured him, I should say. So, I mean, this... <laughs> I can't do this one. No. Okay. Well, I would, this I would, is what I I'm just, for uh, this one. The one that uh, broke its leg is going to be under care for probably a long enough time to where the other one is going to be uh, having left the nest, right? I would think so, yeah. They're going to migrate before this one can be turned loose. Yeah. Um, Speaking of wildlife stories, about two weeks ago here in California, we mm-hmm. had a whale died and with beach. It was so large, they didn't know how to move it. You know that happened up north, and uh, a friend of mine who started to work in the high explosives part at the lab, she was shown this video of of them uh, with this. They had this dead whale there also, and they because getting rid of it was a problem. Somebody decided, well, let's blow it up. We'll blow it back into the sea, you know, which was a stupid thing in the first place. But it blew all these whale chunks all over the place. You know, people having to run and everything. All this whale is just coming down like rain. You know, a dead whale, too, gross. Um, it was terrible. The, <laughs> she told me about the they were just trying to take, they, they were going to try and move this whale back to the ocean with, with, with chains and cranes and whatever, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. Do you know what kind it was? No, I do not recall. It was one of the big ones. You know, it was like 300, 300, 300 tons, something oh like that. Oh, my. So they have to have tugboats. Yeah. yeah. You know, they have to have tugboats. If they try it before it rots, then maybe they can do it with just chains, but otherwise they'd have to have, like, big slings so that uh, they wouldn't be cutting through it. You know, it was just unusual to see that happen here on the yeah. coastline. Yeah. You know what, uh, when I was watching a video on sharks, uh, and it was uh, something like um, Chiller Beach or something like that, and it was about a beach in uh, Africa 
the people kept on getting attacked by sharks, and one of the things they wondered about uh, was they had to they buried a dead whale right there on the beach, so they dug it up and buried it there. And uh, one of those guys will think of it if it's a problem. But uh, so they wondered if maybe the the taste of the the flavor of the um, whale, buried whale, might have been coming through the sand and attracting these sharks, which they never mind hated. the sand. A shark. Uh, how Walden help me with this? Mm-hmm. A shark can smell a drop of blood from a mile away. I believe is the correct distance. Somebody out there is yeah. going to help me. Yeah. We right, yeah, because right now we're having so, we are having terrible shark problems. Up and down here to the West Coast, because there are so many in the waters close I by. I remember reading about that. And maybe that's why. Maybe it's a, it's the smell that's yeah. attracting them. I, and I I never and heard my, of, thought my about thought that. My thought was if people are walking on the sand and mm-hmm. then into the water, they're, maybe they're attracting them. Uh, yeah. The shark bait. Yeah. What if what people are walking on the sand? Well, if, people are, if the or people what? are walking on the sand where the where the um, whale is buried, and then walking into the water, the scent yeah. on their feet might be attracting the sharks. They did rule it out, and what, why exactly? I don't know. Uh, okay. All right. Well, we have we have to go to our theme question for tonight. I'll ask you about chocolate chip cookies because oh. tomorrow is chocolate chip day, but. It's do you I just know? say one more thing? It won't take long. I have these redwoods in the back, and there's an owl that, uh, I don't know if I could say that it lives there, but it seems like it. Uh, and, you know, there's all kinds of dead mice skeletons on the ground and all from it. Yeah. Um, I keep hoping that that thing will uh, take out <laughs> take out one of the squirrels or the squirrel <laughs> as it uh, jumps onto my roof from there because that had to be what it was doing. Those the running that I hear up there is running probably from when it's climbed up railroad trees. So I'm like, oh, and I heard this huge noise last night. I was hoping that was it, but I couldn't find any evidence of it on the roof. Yeah, so that's it. Mm-hmm. So we had we're. A wash in squirrels, Walden. I know. I didn't know that was going to be the topic. <laughs> of the squirrel stories. <laughs> you know what, though? Okay. Uh, about this rabies thing uh, for you, yeah. I didn't know that you, that you had, that raccoon you say was sick, it really had rabies, huh? It, it really did, yeah. So, uh, and you got these shots in the stomach? Nope. I was so lucky. I don't know how many years ago. And it's it's been quite a while that they give regular vaccine like in the arm. Yeah, and it's okay. Not, it's not the twenty or twenty one shots. I think it was only five, but they had to be perfectly spaced. Right. Uh, you know, if I I showed up at midnight on one night, and the next time I was scheduled for it, and they were progressively apart, I had to be there at midnight again. It was it was a particular number of hours, and I only had a fudge room on either side. But, you know, it wasn't like I could show up any time on Monday or right. any time uh-huh. on Tuesday. It had to be within, did that, work. within that window. Yeah. They so, did their, really their good homework in the lab of uh, seeing the, the time frames that they could be, have to be within. They did a good job. They 
They had to believe me first. I know that's that's totally dangerous. Who would want to undergo, you know, especially if they didn't know that it was going to be shots in the arm, who would want to undergo a long series of shots into their abdomen? No, no. And I've never been able to find information about that. Not that I want to. And and uh, we don't really need to talk about it, but apparently they they were not comfortable right. treatments. Uh, right. So, yeah, so who would want to do that? But do you know why they used to do it in the abdomen like that as opposed to somewhere else? No, and that's why I said. I've never been able to find any information. It must be out there. I just haven't they probably, been able they, to find They it. probably figured it was a quicker way to get into the bloodstream, I guess. I, I don't well, that know. would be an um, pain. You know, there's, there's, there are absorption rates. Right. And the, the only thing that I can think of is that was a, it, it was a terribly irritating medication mm-hmm. so that it would, it would be like a burn. And that's just a guess on my part. I don't know. Maybe somebody out there who's listening knows and understands what they used to do a million years ago. But anyway, no, I did not have to do that. So I was very lucky. That I called the television station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 is really good. Uh, that was smart of you to do that. You know, pictures I saw on YouTube. I don't know how I got to there. Uh, I came across the thing where there was a bunch of Marines uh, standing around a one volunteer guy who was laying there on the ground, and there were. If I got this right, and I, I'm certain I did, really. They. Uh, you know, when they have trouble finding veins and stuff, uh, the guy's, you know, blown up or something, and they need to get the food to him right away. They had this round, looked like it was maybe instant after two-inch round thing with a series of, looked like blades, uh, pointed you know, blades or very large pins. I think they looked like blades. They had a series of them around the uh, circumference of this thing. And they clean up the guy's sternum. And then they, you know, really put it in their heart. I think the guy hit it with his hand real hard to push it into the sternum to be able to add the fluids and stuff in there quickly and successfully. Have you ever heard of that or seen it? Not, not what you're describing, no. You know, it's like I'm thinking, can they add fluids, that, that much fluids into the bone marrow? Oh, not the bone yeah. marrow, no, no. You wouldn't think so, but here this thing was <laughs> into the sternum, so and, and it was hard to push in, so it had to have been the bone. I, I know that's what it was doing. Cause they're talking they weren't about putting it in the bone. They might have had to bypass bone, but um, no, you don't put fluid in bone marrow. That's in the center of a bone. But yeah, anyway, I, okay, I have to go to detectives. We have to go to detectives here. <laughs> and right, you're a good hey, detective. Uh, okay, I'm thinking the shadow and Margot. Margot Lane. Very good. Oh, are you? Yes. I'm so glad. Do you, remember, wow. do you remember her last name? Lane. Very good. Oh, God. You are and, good. And she's probably the only one I can guess. I'm thinking, oh, if I got that wrong, <laughs> I don't know if I can think of the other names. You know, I could think of the pairs of people, but I don't know. That name just came to me, so I was very fortunate that it did. Oh, and it was right. right. Oh. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Well, you, you 
done good. And I, I figured, you know what? Uh, I better call in right now, or I don't think I'm going to get through. Because I haven't talked to you guys in weeks. That's right. It's been a long time. Right. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Been... I'm I'm adding to people's lists because the envelopes are going out. Last time you wanted Sherlock from South Africa. What else do you want? Um, some comedy stuff, but uh, do I? I probably said this already. Do I have um, Aldridge? Yep, that one's already copied in in your envelope, ready to go. Okay. All right. Uh, I have a a whole list of them on my phone, but I I don't know if I would succeed in getting there. Um, If not, email Patricia. You you can look at your phone and email it to Patricia. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Do you recall one that... um, Put on by one of the car manufacturers or something like that, and they had adventures. Put on, put on by like an uh, like a Ford, a Ford, a Ford Theater, something like that. And they had adventurous um, shows that they would. Adventures by Morse. Pardon me. Adventures by Morse. Uh, It doesn't ring a bell. What is that one? Colleen Morse sort of had a detective named Captain Friday. And a sidekick skip, and they would they would do interesting adventures. That was what Patricia. It was a kid show, mostly a kid show. And but no, if you think of a Ford company, a car company, um, what? I would say look 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 at your phone and email Patricia from your phone, and then that way that that way you. I'll I'll send you several. Okay. Patricia. I'll send you several, okay. so we don't have to keep doing this. Perfect. Thank you, Paul. Okay. Well, you behave yourself, and have a good week batching it. Be safe. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. You too. 714-545-2071. We are live. This is live, May 14th, Saturday night, 2016. Yes, I do. Sometimes we fool people. Yes. I mean... Sometimes you fool me. You know... <laughs> Are we live or are we Memorex here? <laughs> Especially when it's Christmas time, when we do all those bonus shows and covering for Bill and Mike, and then people turn in the blue, they don't know when we're live or tape or whatever. I know, I know, and neither do we by the time we get finished <laughs> at the end of the week. Say, what day is today? Do we know what day today is? So, so tonight is Critter Night. Hello there, you're on the air, Patricia. Good evening, Walden. Good evening, Patricia. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim in California. California takes it tonight. How are you? So far, anyway, but you never know. You may, you may after me, you may get Illinois from Ron. You mm-hmm. may get Virginia from Wisconsin. You might get, uh, who's the one in, in uh, Maryland? Gary. John in Maryland. Yeah, John in Maryland and Gary. Maryland. Um, Harwood in North, North Carolina, Dakota. and Dave in Rhode Island, and we have people we have not heard from for a long time. So, you know, it's a, it's a grab bag. You never know. Uh, <laughs> We've been called a lot of things, but grab bag is new. Uh, first of all, I want to say I, I, uh, I found uh, what you said. I, I had to do some other things last night, but I always listen to your introductions, even if I don't hear uh, the shows. 
And your comments last night on those two shows from the 30s about the Adventures Club were interesting Uh in that you have to, again, you have to view the program from the context of their time. Mm -hmm. And using 2016 uh, ears for 1930s is, I guess, a a challenge. Uh, I agree it probably wasn't the greatest drama in history, but... As 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 I as my mom told me, just back, she said that in the '30s everyone was just so happy to have something to listen to. Mm-hmm. She said that just yeah. having a radio, listening, and, and I get to thinking again. Think of the boredom that radio relieved for people. It's it, from Rod and I once talked about how we could not even have imagined living. Say in the eight, even if we like some, we like westerns. We could not have imagined living ourselves in the 1870s or 80s about just how life, how boring life would have been for people like us. Because radio, and books and things like that, listening, has opened up our worlds. Mm-hmm. And just for a, a quick update for those who might not know that Friday night is awful show night, at 10 o'clock Eastern, every Friday night, Patricia gets to pick the worst, well, what she thinks, are really terrible shows from her awful show collection. And that's what Jim is talking about. There were two 15-minute episodes last night of the World Adventurers Club or Strange Adventures in Strange Lands, I guess, is, is what it was. Uh, it came out under two titles a couple of years apart from the 1930s. And, Jim, the acting was just atrocious, absolutely atrocious. It, I, I think, I, was last night one of the nights that you listened to the intro but not the show, or were you able to listen to part of the shows? I always try to catch your intro every week, even if, mm-hmm. even if I can't, I don't have time to hear the show or I get called away or something. Your intros are classic in themselves. Oh, bless you. Because bless it, you, bless you. It, it, Were you able to listen to anything of the first 15-minute episode last night? Oh, uh, no. I'm, I'm, I'll catch it on, I guess, a week from Wednesday. Or whatever okay. night do you do. I guess tomorrow morning you reply to the awful shows, don't you? On Blue? Yes. Is that true, Walden? Yes. Uh-huh. They play it early in the, in the morning on, on, How on the Blue. How, is this? Before I go to bed? Uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> so sometime before 6 o'clock in the morning? Yes. I think we're on like 4 o'clock in the morning, 4 or 4.30 in the morning. Okay. So I'll try. All right. Well, I'll try to catch it, but. Just for the heck of it, Jim, it was one of the worst acting shows I have ever heard in my life. So I, And I appreciate that you listened to the intro, but you're absolutely right. And that is one thing that I have to remind myself of is when I get shows from the 1940s and even the, or rather the 1930s and even into the early 40s when we were in wartime and depression and what an escape this probably was for people. They, they couldn't have cared less if I put barking dogs up there. It was something for them to listen to at the end of a really trying day for many reasons. My great grand, my mom told me about how my great grandmother loved the soap operas because she she worked she, uh, she lived on a farm in Oklahoma and and the hands had to have they did their meal at noon 
And the big meal was noon, not dinner time at night. Correct. Yeah. And that, noontime was dinner, nighttime was supper. Right. But they would, but she, she would be doing the work, getting things ready, and then having to clean up after. Mm-hmm. Soap operas, she got hooked on all, my great-grandmother got hooked on all of the soaps. Ma Perkins. Really? John Winter Brown, you know, you name it, Helen, she was hooked on them. Uh-huh. And I get to thinking, as she, I imagine that as she did her housework, the time must have gone by really fast because she got absorbed. She got absorbed in the story. It killed time, and and it may have been it may have been awful. It may have and and, and you know someone else said uh, John Dunning said in uh, on the air he was talking about Challenge of the Yukon. Yukon. He said not great literature to be sure. But it's a type of entertainment we don't have today, and I and I think as I was reading that, it wasn't never supposed to be great literature. That was never no. Trendle and those people had in mind. It was meant. And to be but they were good stories. Yeah, it was they were good stories. Shakespeare. How many people read Shakespeare just as a matter of routine? Not very many I know about. Yeah, but there's a character were, in Herman Welk's novel Young Blood Hawk. Mm-hmm. The main character, it was a story of a Kentucky driver, truck driver who became a successful writer, a fictional novel. He made one line in the book I always remember. He says, people always talk about critics and people, I know if I'm quoting him directly, people are always talking about great literature. And he says, but on the side, you know they're reading cowboy stories. When people <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you've, got, you've got Dickens with Batman comic books in front of it. Even in radio shows, I'm sure that if you pick people's ten favorites, I don't know about Yesterday USA listeners or collectors. Collectors are a different group than casual people who remember radio. Agreed. Because as collectors, we have formed our favorites, and we we have shows we've learned about and listened to and formed our taste on. But if you talk to an average person who doesn't collect and remember the golden age of radio, chances are they're not going to name the Mercury Theater or Studio One or uh, even Escape or Gunsmoke. Mm-hmm. They might, Gunsmoke maybe, but they won't name Escape. They won't name the Radio City Playhouse, Studio One. You're going to get the comedies, and if you get dramas, it's going to be The Shadow or Inner Sanctum or maybe suspense. Uh, my mother, as a child, she and her cousin loved to sit up in their room and listen to The Witch's Tale on Friday nights. When we listen to those recordings of The Witch's Tale now, they they, they sound rather stale, you know, compared mm-hmm. to later horror shows. An- but, another one where we're listening with 2016 ears to a presentation that People turned the lights out to listen to. But to the, to my mother and my cousin, she said they used to shiver when they listened. And, and I try to imagine them in their room with the lights out, the radio on, them covered in their beds or, or, or wherever they were, yeah, their beds or mattresses mm-hmm. or whatever. And I try to imagine them as 12 or 13-year-old kids listening to the witch's tale and what a chilling experience it must have been for them. Uh, and they enjoyed it. Uh, so that's, 
that's uh, so that so that's why I agree with your your approach on viewing these shows. Many of them weren't intended to be. Uh, and again, I don't think the producers who did bad shows intended them to, because no one would deliberately put a bad show on the air because he knows the network might reject it or the sponsor might reject it. In his mind or her mind, mainly his in those days, they thought they were creating something that would be good. Yeah. So that's kind of what you have to view it as. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, Walden was telling me, before I get to my book review, Walden was telling me an interesting story last night. I don't know if he's told you. There was a man running for the United States Senate in California named Tim Gildersleeve. I saw that name. I don't know why I saw it or where I came across it, but his name, just within the last two weeks, maybe. I do not know about this until yesterday. Uh, I'll be listening. I'll be interesting when I get my ballot propositions on tape to hear his 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 statement. How many candidates Mm -hmm. they were running for the Senate? In in California... Guess how many, Patricia, guess, guess how many people are running for the U.S. Senate? We have an open spot this year. Oh, my goodness. How many seats do you have? Well, it's we, two, have two, two, we have two U.S. seats. Oh, Senate. Oh, Senate. The Senate, but we have one opening. And you have one opening. With no, oh, what with, the heck? With, Let's with, go with, with 17. With no incumbent. The Republicans it, have it. No, how, it, how it's... How many are running for it? Go higher, Patricia. <laughs> For one seat. For one seat. They had no incumbent, so it's wide open this year. No incumbent. So it really is yeah. open season. I'll be down in a few minutes. Um, One seat. No, well, California is a really big state. Right. So if there's only one seat. Y- yep. Going to the U.S. Senate in Washington, D.C. Um, oh, my gosh. Guess how many people well, threw the hat in. This is such a squirrely year for I know. politics. I don't know. What is it? 50, 5 0. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 0. 5 0. 50. 50. Now, did you say, Walden, that it's, it's Boxer that's retiring, right? Correct. Okay. So it's wide open. So 50 people are running for one spot. Okay. Now. Uh, and this, I, I certainly don't want to get into politics, right. but I think we're we're dancing on the fringes here. We're I'm not even on the fringes. Right. When we started this year with mm-hmm. the full slate, everybody who wanted to be president, mm-hmm. everybody was on, right. on the first right. day. You know that kind right. of stuff. Right, right, right. And and we had um, Rand Paul, and right. we had Ben Carson, and right. we had a bunch over on the Democratic side. Right. And it it winnowed quickly. Right. Because it it was fairly obvious that there were some who were not going to be able to go the distance, right. and they dropped out very early. Right. How many of these fifty people are? Well, my gosh, if they're still there, and when is your vote? Uh, June seven. So how many have when, How many have disappeared so far? None. These are all fifty in there because this is a good old primary. I mean, this they you started with fifty and yeah. nobody has dropped out. Right. Holy cow! <laughs> Welcome to California. <laughs> All right. How? Oh my goodness! Now, so you're you're going into the primaries. This is not a winner-take-all state, is it? No. Not a closed primary. No. Okay. We are closed primaries here, which is. Um, very strange, and you were right. It's only the Republicans. The Democrats did not do that. The right. Republicans did it in a couple of states, right. a handful of states. Right. 
Um, so, and it, what it if really is a puzzle. Really is a puzzle. And of course, independents can't vote in anything here, running, except, they of course, the general election. Um, so, Walden, yeah, yeah. 50 running, yes. how are they going to determine? They just take the top two. So it doesn't matter what party. Okay. Yes, they're gonna take the top two for the for the one in November. Okay. So that's how California does it. So Tim Gildersleeve. Tim Gildersleeve. Want to know about Tim Gildersleeve? That's why. Uh, that's why John Lewis had a great idea. We should call him and see if we, what he knows about Summerfield. That will determine if we get out. You have no idea how many people <laughs> are named Gildersleeve. If you put the name Gildersleeve in. As it just in your like um, Internet Explorer or whatever yeah. you guys work with Firefox. Yep. It pages and pages and pages of people named Gildersleeve. <laughs> that reminds there are me. There's a couple of Richard. dentists, huh? a couple of doctors. There. Yeah, that reminds Wild. me. Wow. And f- as far as Fibber McGee and Molly go, their name, their last names were never mentioned on the show, to my knowledge, were they? What do you mean? Fibber McGee and Molly, their first name, Fibber, he was called Fibber, and she was called Molly. But Mm -hmm. no last name, to my knowledge, was there on the show. Well, some people would call him McGee. McGee, I'm sorry, McGee, I'm sorry, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? You were thinking about Jordan? Well, they they said Jim and Marion Jordan as well. That's what I was thinking. My my mind slipped there. That's okay, Jim. You you you. After all, you are celebrating. You're celebrating a big birthday in a couple of weeks, so I forgive yeah. you. Is that true? Yep, June twenty fourth. He's turning sixty five. Oh my! Well, now everybody knows it. Jim, is that okay to say out loud? Yes. Well, was, you know, I can't deny it. Uh, <laughs> but you didn't have to admit it. Well, we're gonna pick some. We're gonna pick some of Jim's show that we heard on his birthday. On Friday night, we're going to pick some, some of those shows. Shows that aired on the day I was born. Yep. So that's going to be fun. So we'll see if Dr. Paul, did Dr. Paul deliver you or, or George join MD? Can we pick pick out those shows? Well, that was a, June 24th was a Sunday. Well, they could have, doctors work on Sunday, don't they, Patricia? Well, mine did, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I was born on Sunday. Out of this I, I, Walden, Walden has a big birthday. I know. Coming I, up in two weeks. And I, I, I was born on a Sunday. You were. Patricia, and what day of the week were you born? You know? Last year, maybe. I, I don't know. No, I'll have to go look. You're going to have to Google that one up. Maybe so Patricia. We have, the, we have a meet the press from Walden's birthday. So, see, I'm a Sunday kid. Yeah. You're a Sunday kid. Yeah. You know, that's, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sundays are good days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I forgot McGee for a minute. My mind just slipped, I guess. Well, it's okay. Every, everybody can have a McGee moment. <laughs> uh, of course it was McGee. I, I don't know what I was thinking for a minute. Uh, but uh, okay. you're right. You, you successfully confused all of us. Um, but a lot of Gildersleeve. Yeah, It'll he, be interesting to see how Tim Gildersleeve does. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be great if he makes it to the next round? Yes. Patricia can interview him, see what he knows about Summerfield. And I wonder does he have a nephew named Leroy? I wonder if he's even heard the show. Does he have a nephew named Leroy Marjorie? Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> I, wonder I was a Monday baby. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty close to Sunday. Have you ever, okay. heard, have you ever heard him, Alden, yet on the radio? No, either? I have not. Okay. I have not. Now, mm-hmm. there, there is an old wives... It, it's not a... Maybe it is like, like a poem. Monday's child is Tuesday's. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
go forth, do your book review, and I will look up Monday's Child and stuff okay. like that there. The book I'm going to discuss tonight is called The Dame in the Kimono, Hollywood Censorship and the Production Code from the 1920s to the 1960s. It's by Gerald L. Lepp and Ron, uh, Ron, uh, Ron uh, a, no, Leonard L. Lepp and Gerald L. Simmons. Gerald Simmons. It's 360 pages. One of the professors, there are two college professors. One was a professor of cinema, and one was a professor of constitutional law. And this book deals with the production code. It's called The Dame and the Kimono because there was a scene in the original 1931 Maltese Falcon. It was made before Bogart ever did it in 1931. And Sam Spade and, and some girls were, and a dame was having some dealings. I mean, a girl was having some dealings. And it, the kimono was, you know, her, I guess her type of clothing. And there was some... Uh, I guess some things were shown that weren't supposed to be, and the man who headed the production code when it was being re-released in 1940-34 said, stop or cut, and he withdrew the film because of these scenes, and hence that's where he got the name of the book. Well, the, after World War One, when movies were really becoming big business, there were all kinds of concern among church leaders, government officials, moralists about the morality of movies. And the production codes were a minefield in states. For example, a, pregnant, a, a woman could not smoke on a film in Kansas, a movie in Kansas, but she could on a film released in Ohio. Pregnant women could not be shown in Massachusetts, but they could in New York. So it was a wide minefield. And church leaders and, as I said, government leaders were concerned. Um, the government, there were people in the go congressmen that wanted to start regulating movies as to what content should be in the movies. And finally, they came up with a production code in the 30s in which the movie industry would police itself. And the book profiles Will Hayes and... Joseph Breen, the man who, who initially ran the production code, about their, their biographies and their history. And they, pro, he pro, they profiled 11 films that tested the boundaries of the production code about sex and violence and language and things like that, films that were considered landmark films dealing with the production code, and among the films profiled were Dead End, because it involved slums, and it involved uh, juvenile crime, and I believe, Walden, you have, don't you, a, a Theater Guild copy of Dead End. Yeah, that was a famous um, play. play. It started out as a famous play, and then it went to the movies, uh, the Dead End Kids, and then the okay. Bowery Boys, and that's where a lot of those kids... Uh, Famous, were, were very famous because of that whole movie of the 30s. And we talked about the compromises that were made to mm -hmm. commit a production code seal. Mm -hmm. uh, the seal was almost considered essential to get a movie into theaters. There's a chapter on Mae West and some of her films, like She Done Him Wrong and a couple of others. A lot of it had to do with Mae West's voice 
the wet may west you know the oh, yeah the way she pronounced it come up and see me sometime that kind yeah that type of stuff yeah uh-huh and the clothing she wore and it just just that kind of stuff and so may west they talked about compromises to get may west films released there was a chapter on gone with the wind in part uh, they had to debate how the black population should be portrayed they wanted to make it some of the writers and adapters of margaret mitchell's novel wanted to make it authentic but there was the big debate is there for example whether the n-word should be used or not you mm-hmm. know, as a, considering it was the time of the 1860s and and it was but their big controversy of course was that famous line that Rhett Butler, Clark uh-huh. Gable spoke near the end of the film, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Originally, the line was supposed to be, frankly, my dear, I don't care. But writers decided that give a damn would be more appropriate. It was a battle with, with Mr. Bream and others, but they finally got the, the damn in there. Uh, they, they made the compromises on the racial thing. And, and and that film was done. Didn't and, David O'Shaughnessy you know, want to paint a fine anyway? I don't think so. No, I thought I read that somewhere. Okay. Well, man, I'll recheck that. But there was a, there, if if you did it, if they did, if Mr. Breen did not approve of a film, there was a jury for several years. There was a jury they could go to mm-hmm. uh, that could override Breen. You know, a Hollywood jury. Um. Uh, another film that was profiled was uh, the postman always rings. T- well, the postman always rings twice because of some of the adultery and, and murder. And there was uh, Howard Hughes's infamous film, The Outlaw, because of Jane Russell's cleavage and things like that. Uh, there was a profile of the film, The Bicycle Thief. It was an Italian film. A lot of critical success, but there were two things Mr. Bream objected to. One was a brothel scene, and another was uh, it involved the theft of a bicycle, and the boy and his father were trying to find it. I don't know if you've ever seen The Bicycle Thief or not, but uh, there was a scene where the boy wanted to relieve himself, and it doesn't show it, but it shows him going to a spot, and the production code had very strong regulations about bodily functions and how they should be portrayed in films. Was that a Rossellini film? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or it was one of those Italian things. Finally, they they released it without the code, and it played in art theaters, and it won Academy Awards and got a lot of praise. Another film that was profiled was Detective Story by Sidney Kingsley, the same author who wrote Dead End about a New York, an embittered New York police detective. Uh, his wife, he's, he's dealing with a criminal, he's dealing with a criminal doctor who's an abortionist, and it's later discovered that his wife had lost a child by him, by the doctor that, that, that Lieutenant uh, uh, McLeod is after. And of course, with abortion, there were taboos about discussing it in films, and Bream suggested changes, and finally they let it just not so much be implied, but it fi- and also they had provisions about kill- the killing of cops in films on a regular basis, and 
in the end, Mr. McLeod, the character played by Kurt Douglas, it dies uh, in a, almost an act of self-sacrifice uh, when they're, uh, a deranged killer is loose in the police station. It shows the day-to-day work of a police squad room, and they were able to make compromises to get that film, film, film made. And when Billy Wilder, the director, was arguing with Breen over these scenes, he said in one moment of frustration, it's not the movie's industry to be the guardian of children. Uh, that's the parent's job. And so they got that film done, and there's also a profile of a streetcar named Desire, uh, you know, the Tennessee Williams play, and some of the uh, uh, sexual scenes and how much should be shown. And finally, it was shown with uh, compromises. There was a profile of... Uh, the Moon is Blue, which was another Otto Preminger film, again dealing with similar issues. And there was a profile of Lolita, that famous book about, well, about a child and her seduction and how they were finally able to get that film released. And it was a profile of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which was the last film pro trip profile. The famous Edward Albee play with Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton and how there was a lot of bad language in the play, and how they had to make compromises to get that film made. The code eventually died under its own weight, because just uh, many directors said they finally, in the end, didn't care about the code anyway. They wanted to broaden their audience, and we just can't have stories that no one wants to see, and we're bolder adult. We want to play to an adult audience. Uh, Eventually, the code was replaced by the rating system. By 1968, that was the system used. You know, you had G and PG and M, and later PG-13 and X, or MC-17. And um, it was a fascinating read about what was tolerated and what was not tolerated on the screen. And I, I give the book three stars. I don't go to many movies. So I'm not really a cinema expert in knowing what should or shouldn't be shown. But it was fascinating to read about what was tolerated then versus what is tolerated now and how, in many ways, maybe the, maybe the code, maybe they did better stories when the code was in force. I don't know. I think many of today's movies, of course, the language is much rougher in today's movies than they ever were. Oh, my gosh, yes. We we went from nothing is tolerated to everything is tolerated. It's hard to know how to draw the fine line. <laughs> I mean, I can understand the film des- director's desires to make adult films, but I also wonder. I mean, I don't. And, and again, it's a question. There's no right or wrong on this. I, I can understand Billy Wilder's frustration about we're not the guardians of children. Mm-hmm. But yet, I can understand cinema being a force that many people feel should be more uh, open to things. So I, I give it three stars. It was a fascinating read. Again, The Dame and the Kimono, Hollywood, Censorship, and the Production Code from the 1920s to the 1960s. Interesting. Does Bend in Boston ring a bell? Was that mentioned in the book? No. But I've Not the phrase "band in Boston." Book. When you said it uh-huh. wouldn't play in in Boston, but it would play in New York at one point in your 
your discussion here, I thought that might be where the uh, I, where the I, yeah. expression came from. I, I know I know certain records had a hard time to be played. Well, I know one that was banned in Boston that was rather famous in 1957 because they joked about it later. The Everly Brothers' famous record "Wake Up, Little Susie" right. was banned in Boston. Uh, in 19... Oh, wow. I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That? Yeah, Boston banned a lot of records. And you've, you've, wasn't there a commercial for a product once, Walden? I can't remember what the product was, but it seems like there was a commercial. It was so bad, it was almost banned in, in Boston. Boston. Now, I'm, referring, I'm assuming it goes back to the days of books, but but I know definitely with, with rec- certain records, they just didn't get played in Boston. And uh, I, t- I have a trivia question for you, from Jim. Yeah. Billy Wilder, what is his relationship to old-time radio in the uh, 80s and 90s? Uh, in the 80s and 90s? Mm-hmm. 1980s and 90s? Yep. Did he do some things for NPR? Well, he helped, he helped, he helped, he helped underwrite certain shows. I'm, oh, I'm confused. His relationship to old-time radio, but and then, we're talking about the 1990s. Yep. 1980s and 1990s. He underwrote. That's not old time radio. Well, yeah. Uh, well, um, I'm a wreck. <laughs> I'll be back later. No, this is interesting. Now we know Billy Wilder is the legendary film director. You know, I mean, right. He and his wife were gigantic fans of John Lurie's radio show. Really. And they underwrote a lot of the. They were major underwriters for the, to keep the show on the station. On KPCC? Yes. Interesting. Yes. So they were big, Billy Wilder was a big fan of Yeah, so his wife would always call and support, never had her name mentioned in the fundraiser, but they were always major underwriters of John Lurie's show. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. (laughs) And with that kind of underwriting, you can't go wrong. No. My goodness, no. What a, that is just so super. I yeah. love it. I love it. John and Larry, are you listening? I love it. I love it. What's well, a fact? You know, it's a, it, but again, it, it's it's fascinating to see, you know, the progress or lack of progress we made in in movies. And I don't. And I, I I came away from reading it not knowing if the code should have been abandoned or not. But I guess. I can understand the way morals and manners were changing in the country. I can understand why the code almost became impractical. Well, you remember Steve Allen before he died? He was trying to lead a whole new battle of a, of a, a whole new code system yeah. uh, for, for film and TV. And I think there was a thing called a parent council they were trying to start up. I don't, after his passing uh, in 2000 or so, I don't know whatever happened to that. Crusade that well, I do he had. remember in the 80s, uh, Al Gore's wife, Tipper, and other parents were involved in concern about music. You know, how yeah. about uh, some of the music that was played. Right. P- music, res- parents, music, parents, I forgot what it was, but it was. It had to do with um, how, whatever song, how, what kind of regulation should be put on mm-hmm. songs. I don't know if more people realize that we had censorship on radio. I mean, we had. Oh my, yeah. We had a we ha- we had, <laughs> we had a. Midwest thrown off forever. Yeah, and we had the 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 networks had their own censorship. 
And so right. all the scripts had to go through censorship. Uh, they, these I, were much more um, radio. There was much stricter censorship in radio than there ever was on the screen. And that's why a lot of comedy writers went in and did bait and switch. They were throwing a joke that they knew they were going to get killed in order to try and negotiate the joke that they really wanted. And they were, they were flat-footed when the censors accepted the original joke. So they couldn't get in the one they wanted to use. Yeah. You know. Um, but... <laughs> and there are, oh, what a tangled web we weave. Don't, don't touch that dial. He does talk a little bit about the network... Uh, CBS and NBC's codes that were came around in 1939. He talks a little bit about those. But the, William Hayes was a powerful man in the whole industry. That's why they call. It, that's why you have this thing code or pre-code. You know that sort of was a dividing line for films and in the, the 30s. And then the Bream Office later, Joseph. Yeah. Green. Yeah. He did get an Oscar, a special Oscar in 1954 before he retired, Joseph Breen, in honor of his. Uh, service to the movie industry, they gave him a special Oscar. Ah. Why does Oscar have his name? I never knew that. Why? I don't know. Oh, it was Betty Davis who said he looks like my Uncle Oscar? Yeah, something like that. Really? Is that how it, it, was, name? it was Betty Davis, am I correct? I think that's the story, yes. Yeah. I never knew that. I, didn't, I never knew that, so... But I, oh, Walter, you were supposed to jump up and down and say, yes, 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 tonight. yes. Now I have to go look it up. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Your prize is to get to do another show with best. me. Tonight yeah. I had the best learning experience ever, learning about Billy Wilder and John and Larry. That is just fascinating. Well, me. you know, it's, it's fun, and I don't know if they... I need to understand that the word was never supposed to be spoken publicly, but... But uh, somehow I leaked over the air one night, so I found out. Yeah. Yeah. But they were nice supporters of John and Larry. That's great. What were you looking up before, Patricia? You were looking something up before we got onto the movie review, and I can't remember what it was now. Um, I was looking at National Parks. Yeah, there was something. There was something else, though. And something uh, in between. Yeah. Movies. Maybe vaccine. Yep. Oscars, vaccine, and national parks. Okay, let's see. Who came up? Oscar, let's see. Um, Oscars, Hollywood, gold statue. Executive Director Margaret Herrick, who said she named it Oscar after an uncle of hers by the same name. Okay. The third person, Betty Davis, claims she named it Oscar because (laughs) of the rear end of the statue reminded her. Of her husband when he got out of the shower in the morning. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh my. Okay, let's see. Um, Maybe they're all correct. I, I mean, really, Betty Betty Davis became. I, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. But what's the word I'm looking for? Progressively, I mean, she started out as a very sweet person yep. in the movies. Yep. And then, be, I, I don't want to say crude. That's not really the right she, word. She was, she was, uh, she was. Maybe it com- is the right word. She, she was combative, or uh, she was sarcastic later in those movies, especially. Yes, irascible. Yes. 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 But I did hear. And, and progressively so. So this fits her. About her. Reminded her of her husband when he got out of the shower in the morning. 
I did hear oh something about Betty. I, I'll go with Margaret Herrick. <laughs> looks looks with like her uncle. Davis, uh, Amanda Blake in the Barabbas' book about gun smoke on the chapter of the television series. Amanda Blake, who played Kitty, talked about how one night they were told to, you know, we really want this script, your shooting script to go well today. And mm-hmm. the reason was they learned that Betty Davis was going to be the guest star in that episode. And what a thrill it was to work with Betty Davis. The plot revolved around Matt, uh, one of Matt, Betty Davis's sons had been hanged because of Matt Dillon. And so her son, other sons take Matt Dillon as a hostage, and Betty Davis wants to have Matt Dillon hung at her home. And she made a guest, her one guest appearance on Gunsmoke, and it. Oh, how is it? Performance. Wow. Nice, sweet lady. I, go ahead. Nice, sweet lady. You do that, huh? Oh, sweetheart. Yeah. Sweetheart. The old <laughs> black and white Perry Masons run in reruns. Uh-huh. She made all these And movies. I catch one. I catch one every once in a while, and there was a period of time when he was off the show. He was ill, and they would periodically jump into his hospital room, and he'd be talking with a lawyer who took over a case for him. Right. And Betty Davis in one show was one of the attorneys who took over, who who took a case for him and would confer with him while he was in the hospital. It looked like they might have canned all of the hospital shots at the same time mm-hmm. and just dropped them in where appropriate as opposed to filming them at different times to fit individual shows. But it, it was an interesting concept, but she played one of the lawyers. Well, she made some weird movies in the 60s. I think Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte and Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. And yeah. Some of those type of movies. Um, Scary movies, too. I believe I believe Whatever Happened to Baby Jane had both her and Joan Crawford. It did. It, I think. It did. Both of them. It did. Uh, and either lady, Asian, I mean, either, either lady really were not status. big fans of each other either, so a lot of contention could have been on that set. I bet. Because they, I mean, they both had strong egos. Right. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, there was a great song that came out of that, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. Patty but Page. from what I recall reading, that there was such acrimony between the two of them that there wasn't a heck of a lot of acting that they had. <laughs> yeah, was Joan in Hush Hush, too? No. Betty, I don't no, know it's, um, happened to Baby Jane. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, one, one who was still alive, Walden, um, and I think she lives in Europe. Oh, have you to have one? Yeah, that one, that one. Yeah. Is she the one who, who had the role? And who was yeah, the she, who she, her sister? Joan Fontaine. Okay, now I'm all confused. Okay. Well, they were sisters, and they probably did a movie. They weren't. They weren't even talking to each other for forty-five years. Oh my gosh. Uh, and Olivia could be one hundred July first. Uh, By the way, we just lost another. We lost two people this week. I don't know if it, I'm surprised it hasn't made nationally. Uh, William Shower passed away Monday. As you remember, the Patty Duke show, the the guy who played her, her oh, father. Right. Yes, and, yes, yes. And uh, he would he would be the narrator when we did uh, down here at Spurvac, uh, when we did the Lost Letters of Robert E. Lee with Janet Waddle and Larry Albert and Janet Waddle, William Showered. So mm-hmm. we just lost him Monday. 
And then uh, I found out Tuesday we lost William Hurd, who is, would have been 100 in August. He was the last surviving cast member of Wars of the World. So, of Orson Welles' stock company, we're just down to one person. Norman Lloyd, who's mm-hmm. over 101. Yeah, because we lost Leroy, I mean, uh, Arthur, Arthur in, yep. in a few weeks ago. Yeah. So. so, anyway, just don't pass him, which I see on Facebook, but you don't know, you don't. I don't know. Good thing for Facebook. It sort of keeps track of things. That's one thing I'm very disappointed in in modern media. Unless a person is truly famous, truly something, I guess it's in the public eye till recently, many times a person's death is totally ignored or just mentioned once. And it's gone. Uh Uh-huh. And I, I just noticed, I never heard anything in July on the radio about Peg Lynch. I don't think, did you, Walden, hear any newscast that mentioned no, it? No, but again, even the cycle yeah. is so short now, so even somebody might get a mention once and they're gone. They don't necessarily mm-hmm. carry it over 24 hours. The did a fairly sizable obituary about her. Yeah, the papers, the papers did a nice one. Sometimes in, mm-hmm. you get better things than you get on radio and television. Yeah. Um for example, I didn't know, uh, I don't even know if Arthur Anderson was mentioned on the radio. I, I learned more from listening to Yesterday USA than I do from CBS or NPR. It was interesting to follow the news cycle. Yeah. Um, when we lost Bob Hastings, was it last year? I think it was last year. It might have been two years ago. Um, I knew it Monday. And the general media press before it hit TV was Thursday. And it's interesting, and people on Facebook knew about it three days before the national media. <laughs> and of course, with my relationship with Kitty Cowan, I, I thought it was interesting that you know I would have been, I would have known her passing early in the cycle. By the time I knew about it, in for her case, it was eight hours before the national media covered it. And so it's it's, it's interesting how our news cycle works today is probably different mm-hmm. than it was 30, 40, 50 years ago. And, and again, if you hear about something once, you might just hear it one time on hourly news and then not hear it again. Mm-hmm. That's why the Internet is so important. But again, I don't know if there's really a... Uh, that's for the New York Times. I think most people use the New York Times as the go-to obituary place. You think, Patricia? You think that's... I think so. Yeah. They're really on top of things. They do a very good job. And it's job. broad spectrum. They, they have science and literature and, and entertainment. Um, just, just every base is covered. Every I, base is covered. I didn't realize until a year or so ago that the, the common ordinary person when he passed away, who don't have notoriety, they almost, you have to buy space in an obituary to get oh, their... Oh, you do. Yeah. You, you get a free announcement. I mean, that's a terrible thing to say, yeah. but, and it really is what it is. You know, the name um, died and the funeral home. Anything more than that, you have to buy your own space. Yeah, when, my, when I lost my friend a few years ago in Decatur, Illinois, I, we, looked, we looked him up on the t- in the Decatur paper, and it mentioned him. And then they posted a site later where people could put their, I guess the family must have paid for a thing where you could post your memories of this person. There's a thing called, a thing called Legacy 
Uh, it mm-hmm. seemed to be the place where, when I Google somebody's name, it, that website seemed to pop up. Yeah. My yeah. friend. And you have to pay for that, too. I, I'm, I'm not surprised. It runs for a year, and if you want to view the obituary and comments that people have made uh-huh. on it after a year, you have to reactivate the membership. I see. And pay for it. Well, my friend, my housemate, did help me. I'm happy to say, Brittany, my housemate's daughter, helped me uh, write my memories of this person, and they did post it in the Decatur paper. And it was like about a paragraph or so, because, you know, it's uh-huh. a relatively short space. Cause you can't, you know, the space is limited in things like that. Yes. But I did a quick thing about us listening to recordings and our friendship. And, uh, but, but, but I do think it's interesting how famous people unless they're really famous. One, here's a show how things have changed in radio. Uh, years, several go, years ago, a program, a reporter at a station in northern, in central California was reprimanded by his news director. When Frank Sinatra died, he did like a five or six minute obit on Frank. And how can you, how can you just quickly do par- Frank in a paragraph? I mean, considering all he did. But the program director reprimanded him and said, you only do that if it's a president or a pope. You don't vote, you know, you get it quick and to the point. Well, his argument went down the drain, and I'm not diminishing this other person's talent or anything, but just to show how different, when Michael Jackson died, that same station did a 30-minute CBS report. So Uh right down the drain. Now, it's interesting how newspaper confirm um, when Dick Beale passed away, it was mentioned on the Reps website and Facebook page first. Because, you know, he was a past president, and they still had a relationship uh, with Dick, even though he was in a care facility. And the LA Times called them. They wanted to confirm anything before they ever went, before they ever published it. So they, they, they wanted to know Reps sources and everything before they went ahead and uh, published Dick Beale's obit in the early times. So they were really careful. Right. That pleases me so much. Yeah. There was, there was an actor fairly recently, within the last year or two, who was reported to have died, and he didn't. And this poor guy was pattering after uh, newspapers and social media saying, I'm still here, I'm still here. Yeah, well, you know, I was thinking too, Patricia. It reminded me, our friend, um, when when you had the privilege, you had the privilege a few years ago with Dennis Hart of talking to Teddy Thurman, you know, Miss Monitor. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Well, when she passed away, uh, I guess I guess in researching her life, the New York Times found about found about the Monitor website and researching her, and uh, they called Dennis Hart. And actually mentioned, and they actually talked to me, to Dennis Hart about Teddy, Teddy Thurman. And I did not know that. Yeah, I, I know. I know you had a great conversation with her. It was short, but it was great, and she did a news or a weather um, report for us in her Teddy Thurman voice, and talked about how she. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Atlanta always got top billing, and it yes. didn't make any difference if it were snowing. It was 
I don't know if you in the script. I don't know if people recall this, but re, the reason why it was somewhat short, we had an earthquake in California at the time when you were doing the interview with Teddy Thurman. Dude, I don't remember. That That's I... right. Her yeah. building was shaking. Right. She just kept talking to us. <laughs> we're having an earthquake, and my building is swaying. Now, when I was <laughs> when I was the weather girl, and she, if I remember correctly, it was a couple of minutes before she said, "I have to go now." <laughs> I don't remember. That was um, my building is shaking. Yes. <laughs> well, by the way, it was really fun again hearing last week you and you and hearing the tape last week of uh, your interview with Tony Dow, and it was also interesting hearing you and Ron you and Ron talking afterwards in that week the week you did that about actors who had been movie stars, who became radio, who did radio shows like Rex Harrison and Joel McRae, and people, it was interesting, you and Ron's conversation about that. You are so hot. I do not remember talking with Ron about that, but gosh, it was a good subject, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's nice that we have Patricia on Memorat forever. So. Oh my, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's a little embarrassing when everybody else remembers more than I do about my own conversations. I am having a McGee moment here. I would think I, I would think in another you were talking about I don't know if you might recall this story. When they first announced Bob Hope passed away, it, it was uh, somebody in Congress went up and gave a eulogy, and then he had to get off because Hope was watching it on the TV, and so he was having breakfast. So he he put a call and get to let the Congress know that he was still alive. Remember that? Yeah. No, but oh my gosh. <laughs> Radio report. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was oh watching. He was watching TV. So, and here, here with Congress. Mark, Mark Twain, I guess, started it. By, you know, the reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so here, 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 here he, he was having breakfast and watching his oh, being eulogized. Watching his Well, you know, there's there's some benefit in that. You'll know ahead of time what people are going to say about you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you something that happened to me a few years ago when uh, there's a station that I listen to and Ron listens to. It's an oldie station called TheRideRadio.net, and I called, mm-hmm. and he, the, man, the man who runs it is Radio Rick, Rick Lewis, and his wife, Deb, and they specialize in 50s and 60s oldies. Well, my, a friend of mine told me about this website, a friend in San Jose, and I listened to the site, and I called in one day to make a request. And each week, Rick does a hometown countdown for the charts of a given city. Like it might be this week in 19... This week, he did a countdown for 1971 in Miami, and one week, it might be Roanoke, Virginia, 1959. Well, one day, I called Rick and asked him, have you ever done a count on Shreveport, Louisiana? And I mentioned the two top 40 stations that were there at the time we lived there. Well, the next day, I get a call from somebody who knew me in 1961 in Shreveport, Louisiana, who I went to school with. I guess he heard me on the ride, <laughs> and we reestablished contact after more, almost 50, more than 50 years of... Oh, my goodness. But the, fu- the funny thing is, the reason I bring it up, he had heard somewhere that I had died. <laughs> oh, I have no idea. He said someone had told him that I had died. Of course, I've moved so, a lot of different places. I've been in so many different places in my life. My uh-huh. parents moved a lot. 
And I quoted him Mark Twain's classic classic quote. I said, I said, if I'm if I'm if I'm gone, it's news to me. I mean, <laughs> someone had told him that, and it just it, it made me kind of laugh. I mean, it, how the rumor ever got started, I I don't know. Well, you know, you don't have a particularly uncommon name. Right. So you can't be the only one who lived in Shreveport. And people make assumptions that are not correct. Well, it's all, you know, believe me, it's nice to know I'm still here. <laughs> Jump up and down. Pick me, pick me. I'm really here. I'm really here. So, well, Jim, that was a really great review you did tonight, and I really appreciate it. It's interesting to know how we evolved over time with what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Yeah, You're good. Thank you. Go to movies much? I, you know, it was. Uh, I, I, I've only I've, let's see of, of the films he profiled. I only saw Gone with the Wind and I and Detective Story. Those two I have seen, and there's even a Lux version of Detective Story. Mm-hmm. Adapted for Lux, and I've heard Dead End, of course, on Theater Guild. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those movies I never saw. Uh, so I can't comment on their artistic value. But the debate was interesting about what was acceptable and what wasn't. Well, I want to wish you a wonderful evening, as always. Thank you, and have a safe week. And you do the same, and you, good luck to you, Walden. Thank it's you. It's always a pleasure listening to all of you. Thank you, Jim. We'll talk Thanks to you soon. everything. Bye-bye. Bye. 714-545-21. You want to talk to the live and awake Patricia? <laughs> what did I tell you? She is Half alive. Word. She's alive. Yeah, half a word. Too old. You want to talk to Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> See, you don't even know you're doing it. I was looking up, and here it is right in front of me. Jim asked. It was Monday's Child, Tuesday's Child. Mm-hmm. Why give it? And right. I have it. Monday's Child, Sarah Face. Tuesday's Child, Full of Grace. Wednesday's Child, Full of Woe. Thursday's Child has far to go. Friday's Child is loving and giving. Saturday's child works hard for a living, and the child born on the Sabbath day is Bonnie and Blythe and good and gay. And so that came from a poem, or what did it actually come from? It, it's, it's a poem all by itself. Let's see. Uh, an English nursery rhyme, first recorded in 1838. Wow. Recorded meaning, yeah. you know, record in writing. Yep. Hello there, you're on there. Hello, you guys. Hello, Celeste. Oh, I want to tell you, you what. Did you hear the announcement? This is about the second week I've tried to get through, I am telling you. <laughs> it's been tough. <laughs> but anyway, I heard, Patricia, I heard a, a, you called say my name when you were talking about um, traffic is encouraged or what was that? And yes, yes, I'm, I'm looking for it. Oh, here it is. Uh, there was an exit closed on the interstate because uh, an 18-wheeler had flipped and was on fire. And the <laughs> comment from the newscaster was drivers are encouraged to use another exit. <laughs> And I thought, oh, that's one for Celeste. I got one. I got one for her. So yes, that was that was it. 
I'm surprised they didn't make it into an adverb. Drivers are encouragingly. <laughs> Since they all use most importantly and less importantly and firstly, secondly, thirdly. Oh, dear. Well, I couldn't figure out what that was. Yeah, I just barely heard it, you know. Anyway, I thought that was funny. <laughs> yes, possibly, perhaps you're encouraged. I got it. I got a project then for you, Patricia. You can create the top ten word words that are really not a word that we use. What do you think? Oh my goodness! Just top ten. That's all we have. <laughs> Maybe how about the top one hundred? That'd be fine. And what is it now? I'm words that really aren't words, words, such as it was impacted. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Impact yeah. is a is a noun. It's not a uh-huh. or an adjective <laughs> or an adverb. It just isn't, you know. I know. Basically, more or less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> impacted. Oh, I, I don't think I've ever heard that one, but, but it's terrible. So that's what Patricia should work on. The top one hundred words are not words. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one. Uh-huh. You know the. The great British novelist Graham Greene said that if he picked up a book and it had an adverb in the first sentence, Michigan oh, just, just threw it in the trash. He never touched the first paragraph because he knew the rest of the book would be, you know, not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well. I'm, me crazy. I'm reading a book right now. I'm on page 25, and I'm still saying, where's the story? Uh-huh. I don't normally. I, twice in my life I have given up at about halfway through a book. Mm-hmm. Just twice in my life. I keep, I keep saying to myself, well, it's got to get better. It's got to get better. <laughs> and when it doesn't get better, I'm past the halfway point and say to myself, you've already invested this much time. And I limp to the end of the book, but I don't think I'm going to make it with this one. My mom got, my mom got to the point she stop or skim, start just skimming through to get mm-hmm. to get through it. And that's, that's how she gets yeah. through her reading. Yeah. When you're on page 25 and you've I, skimmed four pages already, it's not a good sign. No. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how people get that published because you know, with the major publishing houses. They used to have an editor work with people um, who were writing books. Yeah. You know what I mean? A book, the, book the editor. Market, the market is awash with self-published books now. I, and I, in the major right. publishing I, houses, first, traditionally now, you need uh, an agent in order to get to first base there. But they go through first reader, second reader, third reader, before they even get to the assistant editor and uh, it's it's a whole um, it, it's a pecking order, and if the first or second reader says this is garbage, you never get any further than that. Yeah. Huh. So if it well, gets to the assistant editor, and it's been through three readers already. So I was just thinking, just think know. of the think of the uh, the cost is for a uh, a major publishing house just to print a book based upon mm-hmm. all the personnel time in, invested. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, uh-huh. and the secondhand book market must have—it must be taking them out at the knees on this. 
Yes. Go to Amazon and look for it to add a $25 book, and you can get one used in good condition, not even great condition, but good condition. How bad can words on a page be? I mean, at least all the pages are there. And you'll get it for $4 maybe. Oh, I know. Our old friend Ken Jimry has price books. He made a fortune on that. You know, sometimes he'd have books that were, uh, when I would go see him, he would uh, give me books for the kids that mm-hmm. were just for my children that were maybe less than a year old. But, and, and they'd already made their way to half-price books. Mm-hmm. You know, when you count them, well, I think half-price books is... Books. As old books, but he had very and still does have real recent books, you know. Then I'm wondering, mm-hmm. I'm wondering then when a when a major publishing house like Random House, they must have a rule of thumb in their head. They need to have one out of so many books be a, a home run to carry mm-hmm. to carry all the the ones they're not selling. They must they must hope one to two books out of every hundred are a success for them. Um, it, it's got to be a better number than that now um, because they they upfront do the marketing right they do the printing they do the editing so they they have to have a pretty good scorecard in order to even just break even what do you think you guess you'll be one out of every five one out of every two what do you think gee whiz well then I wouldn't even take a guess at it but it's got to be way more than two percent uh-huh way more than two percent. I, I would say 50 to 75% at least break even. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you see the latest thing that Amazon's doing now? Their test marketing? Doing? They're doing everything they, new. What, what, is, what is the latest? They're delivering restaurant food to people in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So Amazon, can... one of their huge places is here in Dallas, and they, they had that in the newspaper that they were... Uh, contemplating or thinking about delivering food here in the DFW area. So that's what they're doing in San Francisco. So you you go to Amazon and you order at the restaurant and it delivered to you. So this is clearly a restaurant that does not deliver on its own. Right. And you pay a fee to Amazon plus a fee to, I guess, Amazon must take care of the driver. Yeah? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? My older son drinks booze. Mm-hmm. Because you know he's a stroke victim, and he he drinks booze to mm-hmm. keep his metabolism and everything up. Mm-hmm. And uh, lately, his last two times, instead of going to the drugstore or the grocery store, he has it delivered here by Amazon, and it's cheaper. And it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. The price is cheaper than going to Kroger or. Mm-hmm. And when you say yeah. delivered by Amazon, it goes through their regular shipping process. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And oh, they just come and ding, ding, well, they ring the bell and it's there. Yeah. I don't normally give out, I'm not a free promotional type person. I have used a website called drugstore.com, which is a fabulous place, and they've got a lot of products up there that are free delivery, cheap delivery, and less expensive than you will find in other places. So just for the heck of it, if people want to take a look up there, I've gotten an awful... I even got my bathroom scale up there, for goodness sake. (laughs) 
I was talking to Lori Gaffman. He was talking about a, a friend, uh, his, his a friend of a friend. They were in Texas over the weekend, and they were they, where? They were in Texas. His friend's mother was in, in Texas. Was in Texas, and they ran out of oxygen. She was living on oxygen, and they called all the local stores in in Texas. Nowhere in Texas had extra oxygen at this time uh-huh. of the weekend, so they went on Amazon, and Amazon ordered, delivered it within one hour. Wow. Wow. So I, you know, it, it, things are changing on us. It's just incredible. It, they are. They really, really are. Now, you know, that convenience, and especially with something like oxygen or something, it's wonderful. But, you know, on the other hand, um, we have one pharmacy left in Dallas in Highland Park where you actually go in get your prescriptions filled, and they have an old-time soda fountain where you can buy cheese sandwiches uh, and Coca, Coca-Colas in the real Coca-Cola uh, glasses. That's a cost more than nickel? Those, those days are just gone. There's just one here in Dallas that I can think of. But, My, you know, like when I, when when I was... One in the entire country. Boy. My goodness. But that's, what, see, my, that's who I'm named after, my Uncle Walden, who... They had a family pharmacy for a hundred years, uh-huh. and when I was a little, and he had he had all that good. Oh yeah, stuff. and in fact, when he when he closed the, the store and passed away, we wound up with some of it here at my house. So we have the original Coca Cola, small glasses, big glasses in the original. Uh huh. In the original greenish, con- they had that greenish tint yep. to them. Yeah. In, in the original containers, so we have all the original containers with all that stuff. And Is that why you sent me all these boxes to make room for <laughs> I'm starting to catch on here. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it takes a while. I have my McGee moments like Jim. Well, it can make you discourage, discourage, Jingley, isn't it? Jingley, <laughs> mm-hmm. isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, you know, she needs a hobby, so that's, that's why that's in her box. I, I know. Give her, I, give her something I, to do. Something uh-huh. to keep his little yeah. his fingers are happy. Yeah. Fingers, yeah. 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 You know. Well, she, she, I just couldn't figure out what she... <laughs> that's so funny. People are encouraged to take another route. Oh, my goodness. And <laughs> <laughs> you love it. That's... that's <laughs> That's this, so this, is, this is the best we can do on our uh-huh. And uh, I'm surprised they didn't say firstly take this street and secondly firstly. take that. <laughs> and secondly and thirdly. Oh my gosh, does Wait, that make you fourthly, crazy or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Well, I I enjoyed uh, Jim's book. I will remember when all that censorship was going on and the first movie I remember that was was Lolita, I think. hmm It came out in public, and, you know, they oh, my goodness, it was banned in Boston. And there was another one that was a uh, uh, baby doll with, um, was another one that was 
sand all over the place, you know. Mm. That was a Tennessee Williams one. That was all going on. Mm, they were beginning to do that when I was just just out of high school, going into college, you know, to rate the movies and the books and everything. Walden, I want to tell you real no. quick, I'm going to be a good person and get off this <laughs> and somebody else can call, hand, hand, hand. And, uh, but I want to tell you all the World War II stuff you all did the other night. Uh-huh. I I was just about born during that time, sure. just before the war was over and things like that. Sure. But I really enjoyed hearing um, Harry Truman. Oh, I'm glad. Oh, that was wonderful. I'm glad. I really ate that up because um, you don't have, you know, kids have no appreciation for anything like that. But when you hear it as an adult, it's just, it was really good. It is, it's it's, it's, I think it's one of the beauty of this hobby, because the old radio shows and the, the old political speech, because when you listen to it, you have a different appreciation. Uh, oh, definitely, yes. I mean, uh, I, I don't, you know, when P- Patricia and I were listening uh, a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, we got a copy of when Franklin Delano Roosevelt wanted to increase the, the Supreme Court. And it was oh, fa- when they accused him of packing right, court. Right, and it was fascinating how radio covered it, and Congress did had no idea that it was coming down the pipe. And we just, you have a different realization what history is like when you're almost like you're listening to it at real time mm-hmm. and live. Are you listening to it with different experience and grown-up ears? How could a ten-year-old or a fifteen-year-old kid understand what packing? The Supreme Court would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we know. Now we know. But it's just... I mean, he was so persuasive, or attempted yes. to be so persuasive, until he got to a couple of points where I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> 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 you, really, you really tried to slide this by these guys? You know. Boy, it, it was spooky. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you the interview. Kudos to you, too, Patricia, because I want to tell you, you did a wonderful interview with Tony Tennille. I just thought that was wonderful. Oh, great. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. She was a I really like that. And you know what I took away from that? Every time, uh, especially since after my husband died a long time ago, but every time I've ever gotten in trouble, I thought I could fix it for somebody somebody needed something and I just thought I could fix it for him and you know she was talking about her partner her husband mm-hmm. and she kept trying mm-hmm. to fix Carol, it for him yeah. and it couldn't be fixed you and know it, I it mean just could I, not be fixed and how many times have we heard people say well I married him or I married her because I knew I was going to be good for him uh-huh. and I uh-huh. could change him uh-huh. And you can't. Only the other person can change. And gosh, it, it just, it's heartbreaking in a way that oh, she and had what so much of her life invested in this with before she realized you really can't change somebody else. You can't. You just can't fix it. Yeah. No, you can influence them, but you can't change them. No. And it was really uh, sort of heartbreaking to hear all the things she tried to do to keep them 
together and keep their marriage going and mm-hmm. so forth and so on. It To me, it was really sad, but I, when I was listening to it, and you did a very good interview, when I was listening to that, I thought, you know, in my adult life, it seems like every time you think, oh, I can fix that, it it doesn't work. No. Unfortunately, people have to fix themselves. <laughs> and unfortunately, so many others have to wait to figure that out for themselves. What yeah, I, I, I what I thought Tony. what yeah. I what I thought was very nice, Tony. We we agreed upon a certain time. She she and my the publisher and I, the PR people, and she gave us way more than uh, our allotted time. So that was very nice for mm-hmm. for to, Tony get to not pay attention to the clock. And, yeah, and it was very nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, and she was it. She was. Um, it was a long interview, but it was because of her. She just. You know, you weren't keeping her there. No. She was really, uh, she just wanted to talk to you, and you made her mm-hmm. feel just right, and she just talked to you and talked to you. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah. I think it helps, and I, I know that there are different viewpoints. Walden tends to, I don't, you say wing it, Walden. I don't think you wing it, but you, you tend to let the guest take a direction, and you pick up from there, and... I prefer to do something like I read her book from start to finish, so I uh-huh. kind of had a heads up on what might be something she'd be able to talk about, and and she did. So, you know, there as I say, there are two schools. For this one, I think it worked because I had some really highly specific information you available did. to me that I could ask you, her about. You led her on. You led her on to a very mm-hmm. good interview, but. I could tell that you had really read her book and knew what you were talking about. It. That's always so much better to me. Now, with showbiz people, when you all have people on or radio people or something like that, that's a little bit different because you're talking about what they did for a living and things like that. Mm-hmm. Hers was so personal, so It was personal. personal, whereas then you're right, the radio people or the entertainers, we're frequently talking about an era. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And in her case, it was personal. So yeah. personal. I, I, I always, so. when I was doing tons of interviews, and I still do a lot, it depends, A, how well I know the person, and B, yeah. and oh, B, yeah. it also, if I if I have a really good handle on the career, then I might not do it, but my prep. Sometimes when I have no clue at all, um, I try to dig it up, but also... And I know Patricia can vouch for this. It's the way you ask a question. If you ask a yes/no question, you are almost gonna be dead. That's yeah. what you're going to get is yes/no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. And, and I think well, a good interviewer doesn't ask a yes/no question. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, and you want to draw so many people when they interview. I watch this. Of course, I watch a lot of politics and interviews on TV Mm -hmm. and things. And so much of this, they'll ask a question, but the question will already be their opinion. And then they ask the person, what do you think about it? But their question will be so long Mm -hmm. that, you know, 
that by the time the poor person gets there to try to expect his or her <laughs> her opinion, you know, the person who's interviewing them has already given a long spiel. Yeah, you know, I and I think oh, doing that's all the time we have. <laughs> I think doing I think doing these interviews in the political field right now is so tough because I know Patricia and I would want to break them out of the the pat answers. Because they're, used, they're doing so many interviews a day, mm-hmm. they got the pat answer that they use for almost everything. And mm-hmm. to me, that's a good interview where you, you can break out of that, break them out of that mode. Oh, yeah. The, the single question I want to ask repeatedly is, how are you going to do that? <laughs> I mean, everybody, I'm, I'm not talking about no. individuals. Yeah. From the very beginning, when we had 120 people sharing mm-hmm. stages, yeah. My question would have been, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? And I think that's a good question. Well, you know, all these all these things, a lot of them, they're just their opinions on things. But what everybody knows, you know, I used to run a congressional office for years. That's not how things happen. You've got to get it through the Congress. It is hard to get. Of course. You know, I love this on day one. I will. Yes, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll let you guys go. <laughs> Thank and you so much. I'll call in, but a good interview. And then Walt and I liked all the World War Two stuff. I'm glad. That was just wonderful. I'm glad. Thank you. And, and do remember, we encourage you to take a different exit. <laughs> <laughs> and. And tomorrow, so we're going to start, Perry's going to start a series on Bunny Bergen tomorrow. So, really? Yes. So at ni- uh, what? At 9.30 is your time. Who's going to do that that's now? Per- Perry's Huntoon. That, you know, you know, he, that's the series. That's, oh, the, that's yeah. the big band he's going to work on tomorrow. Oh, that is just wonderful. What's his song, Walden? <laughs> well, uh, I can't get started. It's his big one. I can't get started. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yep, so oh, well, I'll be sure to listen to that. Perfect. So. All right, Celeste. Talk to you All soon. All right, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. We cover the gamut from World War II, the big band, to Patricia interview style here on Yesterday USA, 714-505-2071. Give it a call, 714. You finished it, 2071. You finished it. You finished it. <laughs> I and think... I even interrupted halfway through, <laughs> and you still did it. 714. Five four five two zero seven one. Don't call because somebody's already beat you to the punch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hello there, caller. You're on the air. Howdy, howdy. Hello there. I just got off the computer. I just got off from drugstore.com. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Virginia? No, no. Auntie. It's Shanti. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. See, you know, I need a new phone. I need to get on Skype. I'm sorry. That's How are you? Phones are phones. I'm I'm doing okay, and I can't believe I missed the Tony Tennille interview. When did you guys air it? Uh, we did it uh, about two weeks ago. Oh, my God. Where was I? I was <laughs> out on a date or something. <laughs> That's what I was Oh, good. We 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 uh with her schedule. She lives in Miami, so we recorded it Saturday afternoon and ran it mm, about ten o'clock at night. If not, oh, 
If not, if not, Shanti, you know where, you know Larry, so I can just drop put it in your Dropbox. I'll do that. It runs <laughs> it runs an hour and nine minutes. Cool. It helps to know the insider. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> she was good. Yeah. Oh, she oh. was very special. No wonder. And Walden, I did not send a thank you note. So. If I go through my emails and find her PR person, yes. I should send it through him? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. You know, uh, that would be the way to take care of that. Well, how good. was your Friday? The so what did you find on drugstore.com? Oh, all kinds of good stuff. I got, I love uh, Dr. Bronner's Castile soap. Uh-huh. That is so good. And... What else did I was get? it reasonably priced? Yes, it was very. It was like a dollar cheaper than Amazon, which is kind of nice. Excellent. And you know, this, this, this afternoon I was with, I was transcribing an earlier Patricia for a more convenient <laughs> release. <laughs> and what a younger rabbit? <laughs> and what she was going over were uh, you were talking to Bob, but you were going over uh, pharmace- pharmaceutical products that. Where you found a website, a Wikipedia that started in the last century, and if it was still being made today, so maybe some of those products are on drugstore.com, Patricia. I think if they make it, it's there. <laughs> Aspirin—that's a very old pharmaceutical. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Now you can't take it anymore. <laughs> it comes in hand. Yeah, I know. I can barely take the little baby ones. You know, the little. Yeah, yeah. But there's there's uh, information that came out recently about the NSAIDs, the non-steroid anti-inflammatories. Uh-huh. Aspirin is on the list. Advil's on the list. A whole bunch of them on the list, and supposed to be a cardiac no-no. Oh really? Will cause, but yeah, they will cause. So I, and just coincidentally, I had my regular checkup with my cardiologist. I said, "What's the story on aspirin?" <laughs> just shrugged his shoulders. He said, "Everybody's coming out with stuff all the time, so it doesn't bother him at all." So I, I figure I'll take his word over the newspaper. Well, I know for a while yeah. they would remember pro- when eggs were so terrible, and now eggs are good, and so and now eggs are good for you. Yes, love eggs and the incredible, and the incredible, the incredible edible egg. Okay. Yes, the incredible yep. edible and milk. Look they've come out egg. with the results of a study. They, the big they scientists, uh-huh. within the last month or so, that people who drink whole milk are able to lose weight better and faster than people who drink skim milk or. Or low-fat milk. Or almond milk. Go figure. I don't know. Wait somebody, a minute, wait a minute. Wait. Somebody got wait. nailed to the wall a million years ago mm-hmm. with an ad campaign for milk that said milk is 96% fat-free. <laughs> okay. This whole milk is the, 4% fat. See, how about chocolate milk? Now, see, if you drink chocolate milk, you would lose weight faster. What do you think? <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. I, I think you're stretching it. <laughs> no, you know what's better? I like the way you think, though. You know what's even better than chocolate milk? What's that? It's coconut milk with chocolate. I know coconut water with chocolate in it. Really? I never heard of oh, it. Oh my gosh! Uh, there's one you can make your own. Please. There's this one brand called Zyco, with a Z mm-hmm. zebra, and it it comes with dark chocolate in it, and it is <gasps> delicious. Patricia loves dark chocolate. And it's water, <laughs> so it's like oh. Candy. 
But you can get any coconut water and just put your organic cocoa in it because it's so sweet. Coconut, you know how sweet coconut water is. Yes. You need, yes. You just put a little a spoonful of cocoa and there you go. <sighs> a spoonful, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go, go down. What do you think, Patricia? Chocolate. <sighs> <laughs> I think I think we're on the right track for a discussion right now. This is good. Good for you. This is good. I, you know what I have been into recently, and I hope I stay there because it's good for me. Uh-huh. Carnation used to put out instant breakfast. It's like Nestle's powder that you mix in milk. Yeah. And they call it now Carnation Breakfast Essentials because they really packed it with good stuff. You know, meaning you know a fairly basic amount of vitamins and stuff like that there. And it's really good. So you mix it with a cup of milk. I usually use more than a cup of milk. It doesn't have to be that strong. And it's really good, and it takes the place of a meal. For 300 calories, it's good for me. You do my diet. That's what I do. <laughs> really? I love that stuff, especially, do they still make the strawberry flavor? That was so good. I don't. I I don't know because I stick to, they've got two that, one is vanilla and one is the regular milk chocolate that are no sugar added, and I just ignore the rest of the boxes, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So you tell me you, you've been dipping into chocolate, Patricia? Who, me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, said, I meant the no sugar. There are only two flavors that don't have sugar in them or have no, no added sugar in them. So I don't know what the rest of the boxes are yeah, but, on the shelf. Yeah, but those are the only two that I pick from. Okay, but, but you buy but you come and check it out then. <laughs> you buy vanilla? I mean, even though you're the are you chocolate kid. Me? That's what this I thought. That's what I thought. I thought you were only the I, chocolate kid. I'm only chocolate. Okay, okay. Have you ever sampled vanilla? Why would I want to? Vanilla? Oh, please. Come on. <laughs> Thank you. I <Outlaw> love vanilla. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, gee. Lady after my own heart here. We have to go grocery shopping together. Oh, my goodness. Vons.com. <laughs> <laughs> read all the packages yes. and take, you know, your time, and people don't go, excuse me, can you get out of the way so I can reach such and such? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh, pardon me. I'm sorry I whacked you in the back of your legs with my basket. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You know, these people need driver's licenses. They need traffic lights at the ends of aisles. Oh. Yes, and they need parking tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and, and pull them over periodically for speeding. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I'm glad you like drugstore.com. I've, I've always thought it was a pretty good site. You used to be able to buy medications from there. They're, <clears throat> excuse me. They actually did have a pharmacy there. Now they're associated. I can't read. It wasn't Rite Aid. Well, they're associated with something else in their pharmacy. They don't have the pharmacy function at that particular site. But there were times before I was able to be covered by insurance that I would go shopping for medication. I mean, you had to use uh, prescriptions, and it's an American company, and they used traditional uh, drugstores. It wasn't Walgreens. It was probably Rite Aid or something like that where they had them shipped from. Mm-hmm. And their prices were significantly lower than what I was paying over the counter in some of the drugstores here. So that was really a break for me, well, and that's how I found them originally. 
I, I know they, my I, my folks for years they order the medicine, and seem like the ninety day supplies were a better deal than the thirty day supplies. Mm-hmm. And I know some people were ordering stuff from Canada, you know. And I'm, I'm I imagine that's been clamped down somewhat, you know, because yeah, of the uh, they stopped that one. Yeah, yeah. I I was just on there, and they had a pharmacy thing, but I guess it's over the counter stuff. No, well, they do have over the counter stuff, but I believe that they refer you to the the drugstore or drug company that they and and it's an american company yeah. and one of the traditional ones but they don't do it through their website any longer uh, and when they did i was able to because I, I, i'm on some unusual medications and not in the sense that they're rare but they're unusual and you get some of these unusual ones that aren't very common any longer and you can really, they can really be pricey because the manufacturing process is so slow for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, a, it's not like they're selling 100 a day anymore. They're selling two a day. And I was always able to get a better price up there for the brand name. If they was, these were brand name. They weren't off brand. Yeah. So, you know, I was always happy with them. So I'm glad you had a good time up there. <laughs> Yeah, oh gosh, I've had an account there for years. I was I was still married when I had an account. <laughs> at at drugstore.com? Yeah. I, I, no joke. I, and I thought I was giving you something new. No, I found those guys first when I was looking for herbs, and that was at least 10 years ago, at least. And then I was uh-huh. telling somebody, oh, I got these great deals on herbs, and they go, oh, really? Why don't you try this place? And I went to Puritan's for herbs and they have pretty mm-hmm. good prices you can always get a two for one or a three for one sometimes yeah, so yeah. herbs they're pretty good but drugstore still has some good stuff they still have some good stuff okay walden you put that in your resource file please okay so i was just thinking of i think you and i talked about this off here patricia about three or four months ago might be longer but now there seem to be a whole new industry because of a healthcare system that people are seeing doctors online. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I don't recall that we talked about it specifically, I, but indeed. And if we didn't, we should. Right. <laughs> you're, you're, and psychologists and psychiatrists and doctors are writing prescriptions on the Internet. I've got a sore throat and I've got this, this, and this. Okay. Here's your prescription. And, uh, and uh, I don't uh, know if there's. Are they still doing prescriptions? I think that I think they are because I think they're actually they were talking about this one site, hundred hundred thousand patient, and I don't know with today technology, they you, you can be looked at online or whatever, probably through a you know a TA or a video. Mm-hmm. It must be, Chauncey. They have to see what you're. I would think so. They're examining, don't they? I would think so. That doesn't sound good. I would think so. And it, it's basic stuff that they're doing. But the psychology or the, the psychologists and the psychiatrists are now doing online therapy. There have been some studies done, and they're showing that it's, in most cases, at least as effective and sometimes more effective than a sit-down with a professional in a room. Uh-huh. Which I find fascinating. They do have online therapy. In fact, at this college, we have online counseling, mm-hmm. online tutoring. But yeah, we have online counseling, but we don't have online health care. So How do you do how online they counseling? Have to examine you in person. <laughs> so the counseling, do they go in some chat room kind of thing? Probably. I, I'm yes, it's 
yeah, you have a like a chat a chat room and uh-huh. you're talking to your counselor and yeah, but it's private. It's not a yeah. public chat room where a whole bunch of people. I don't, do they do group therapy? Uh, I think that's still I didn't live. Think about that. I think that's still live at the at least at the college. Mhm. How Wait, interesting. What kind of changes have you seen, Shanti, on college through technology? And any any you know, I've been thinking here recently how our whole life is going to be changing again. Uh through technology, just because, you know, the $15 minimum wage, people are going to be having a harder and harder time to find work. Yeah, that's really bad, because now every place is self-serve. Right. If you're someone like myself who, you know, I can't use those machines. Right. I'm out of luck. So So, um, I do most of my shopping online now, because there's no customer service at any of the stores I go to. Mm. And I, have you seen the impact on the college level too? Are <laughs> more and more things? Uh, yeah, it's it's difficult. I feel so bad for these students because they're running around here and there, and they they're having to do everything online. You you register for classes online, you apply for class online. You do they put you through so many orientations for everything. There's an orientation for this service for that service, and you have to be screened and. And students just get they they get pushed through the mill through so many hoops. Yeah, yeah. So, we all do. So the old days of standing in line to get your class figured out, do you, those they those days have been replaced, huh? Pretty much, you can do it from home now, which actually could be better than you know having to stand in line and wait at admissions to turn your stuff in. Yeah. And uh, and financial aid, they still are standing in line because they have to fill out the paperwork. And they can do it on, they've got it, so you can do some of it online, but it's mm-hmm. so complicated that the students just get really overwhelmed with it. And so they end up having to go to the financial aid office anyway. <laughs> yeah. You think students are more overwhelmed today than they are 10 years ago? Uh, I think so, because, you know, when things were simpler, Mm-hmm. We didn't have to jump through so many hoops. We could just sign up for classes. We didn't have to petition. We didn't have to be assessed. We could just take lower classes and, and you know, work our way up to the higher classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the books were a little less expensive. It's like probably uh, a lot less expensive. <laughs> yes. Any idea how much an normal textbook is going for right now? Any ideas? Two hundred bucks, at least two hundred dollars. Holy cats! It's bad, yeah, really bad. And then they change editions every, you know, so often. So you, I know. And it's just like one. So you can't even buy a secondhand book that's two years old. No. Right, right. Jeez. It's a racket. It really is. Holy cow! I remember when I thought when I was taking a finance cl- accounting class, eighty bucks was high. Now it's two hundred. That, that. I know. <laughs> oh. I think Do the professors get any kind of a gratuity? from a textbook company for choosing an individual book for their classes that year. I wish I knew that. I, oh, I can I'm tell you. So kind I, can t- I, I, can, I can tell you that there's a whole big story about that out here. But, uh, one, there's a whole war at Cal State Fulton because a, a professor thought the books they were using were too old and was written by the dean of the class. So he was... He was an odd because the dean was getting hit cut every time oh. they issued it. So he was going to almost be kicked out of school. 
not surprising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of the professors- and I had heard that in the schools I went to, and um, not a fun thing. It's not a fun thing to know that you are using a book because somebody's getting paid to use it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not allowed to say the bad word that is in my head. <laughs> no, I'm glad I'm not a student anymore. Even when I was a student, it just, I don't know. It's, I didn't have, you know, all, some of the technology that they have now, but other things have just changed. And so mm-hmm. It's just very difficult to be a student. I don't think, we never had to do PowerPoint slideshows and, we could do our reports, you know, written reports and speak. Mm-hmm. I hated that part, but... Yeah, the only time I started to do PowerPoint was sort of in Masters, and that was sort of the beginning of that whole boom of PowerPoint, so some of the guys were using now, that for classroom presentations. Now every class, they want you to do PowerPoints for this and that, and oh my God, it's a nightmare. It was fascinating. When I was going through my MBA school uh, classes, everybody... The theory that they were trying to teach in management that everybody worked together. So all our classes were group projects. Yeah. Oh. And that's how they, they wanted to teach organization and group dynamics that way. And Especially if everybody participates. Well, that's what they wanted. And they wanted this, you know, that way, that way you try to have to compromise if you want to work on a group paper, but I was doing the, the, the theory. Did you have good groups? They ever yeah. Participated? Oh, that's great. Yeah, I did. That's good. I did. I did, too. I, I used to put groups together. We would study in groups, and it, it's, it's great when people cooperate, and, you know, you make you get a lot more done. I, I think, yeah. I, I think yeah. on a, if you have a group that yeah. doesn't have, a, if you've got five people mm-hmm. and only two are working, that's no good. That's not good. That happens, too. I think at the graduate mm-hmm. school level, I think you you have a better screening process. I think it's tougher to pull that off under the undergraduate level. Yeah. That's just a, an idea yeah. of mine. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I am so proprietary. I am. I, I just am. <laughs> I'd rather sit in the corner by myself and do the whole thing. Well, I had a, I had a college professor who you would love, Patricia. He... He had a theories about group, group dynamics. He was my economic mm-hmm. professor. And Armand Glazer was from Yale. And to tell you what a character he was, my first class I ever took in the college level was this economic class. And it was off campus in a movie theater for 300 people. <laughs> and so he came... He, so, he, he, so his theory was... He loved to interact with people. So he always brought to every class a big bag of candy. <laughs> <laughs> so so he would encourage people to ask questions, and while they act, he would be throwing the candy bar across the room for them to catch. And so that was his, that was his way of teaching. Interesting. And, <laughs> and so... Duck, Patricia, duck! <laughs> no, catch, Patricia, catch! So... He had chop it, chop it over here. <laughs> so he had a theory that tests really didn't matter. Oh, I like that. But this <laughs> this is how he figured it out. 
he would give you three questions, and really he was only interested in one. Mm-hmm. And the rules were open book, open notes. Uh, if you want to work by yourself, fine. If you want to work in a group, fine. And he believed in the ruler method. The ruler method, your grade was better if it's less than three inches. He figured if you were writing out the answer was longer than three inches, you didn't know what you were talking about. So he judged <laughs> by the ruler method. At least he didn't hit you. for me. And, <laughs> and, and, and he didn't care. And cause you could find one of the answers in the book, maybe another of the answers in, in the notes. He didn't care about those. All he cared about was the last question, where you could never find it in the book, never find it in the notes. He never talked about it, and he just wanted your thinking and logic, and that's basically how he graded. And so one one year, it, and he loved to watch group dynamics because in the classroom study, there would be gigantic groups, three or four groups. Everybody all would work together. And then the students started to argue with each other because they weren't agreeing with the right answer. And he, he just loved to watch dynamics. And so the next time when the test came up, those groups were not working together. Because <laughs> they decided to work on their own or whatever. But it was interesting. He also, uh, he also said, he told me the story, he told the class how he judged papers. And I was taking a graduate class where it was a research paper that, you know, you could develop it into, you know, more serious research. The more research you did, prepping for your doctoral thesis, in a way, probably. Mm -hmm. And he said when he was at Yale, the professor, he said, you was working on his PhD, was... You work on your PhD and then you return it in. And he asked a question. Could you make it better? And if you said yes, you would take it back. You work on another six months. Turn it back in. The professor would ask, could you make it better? So you took your paper back, worked on another six months. And you hand delivered the third time. And the professor said, can you make it better? And if you said, no, that's the best I can do, mm-hmm. he would say, good, I will read it now. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, my, that was my economic professor. He was that kind of character who would uh, study classroom dynamics that way. So uh-huh. Sounds like he did some sociology work. I would assume so. Is he a professorship? Yeah, yeah but... Wow. What was the most interesting college class you ever took, Shanti? Or an interesting My professor? Goodness. I would say it's a toss-up between the geology and the anthro. I was really fascinated with the geology, and I had a wonderful class in Ventura, of all places. And I, I can't believe how blessed I was. We actually had samples of all the crystals, of all the different minerals, so I could actually pick it up and hold it and see what it felt like and and I like uh, that. Wow. So much fun. It really made the class it brought it to life for me. And we had rocks, all the different rocks and learning about how they're formed and 
um, it was just amazing. Just, just the the beauty of Mother Earth and all the things that she does. Just, you know, I was just completely in love with the class. Mm. And uh, I didn't get the class that takes the trip to Yosemite, but we went on a day field trip, which was fun, and looked at, uh, uh, I forget where we went. We went up to some area where there were different rock formations, and then we studied the, you know, the tectonic plates and the, um, mm. oh, what are those maps with the <laughs> the squiggly lines? I forget what they call them with the... Um, you know the hill. Uh, I guess the hills and the slopes. Oh, oh, oh! There's a certain relief map. Yes. Relief maps. Thank you. <laughs> it's been so long. Uh, it, it, it was just fascinating. I just really enjoyed all of that stuff, and I remember a lot of it. I remember, uh, and I still have rocks. I still keep them in my house. I have film oh, with crystals. I, I just went to the store and picked up some quartz. Go to my closet and see my rock collection. This is good. So these are like crystals, polished, uh, you know, natural Ooh. quartz, and they're just really cool. I keep them on my altar, and uh, just I don't have a lot of them, but I do have a basket of them, and sometimes I give them away because I have little polished stones that people like to use. Oh, how, how often cool. you have to how often you have to polish your rock? Oh, they're they're tumbled and they stay that way. Um, I never polish them. I I you can buy them. Uh, there's a really cool shop here in they, in Old Town. Uh-huh. It's called South American Imports, but he has all kinds of tumbled stones. He's got geodes and he's got all kinds of rocks and and minerals and jewelry. And you can buy a bag of tumbled stones for like five bucks, and it's it's all mixture. It's a mixture of stones. And fine. Have you come across anything of monetary value in these bags? Uh, not really. They're all just, you know, really cool. Uh, people use them. Healers use them for, you know, uh, their work. Some people use stones to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, I just use them to kind of meditate with and to have around to be fun but no mm-hmm. you can't find anything really valuable the only valuable stuff you can probably find is the jewelry you know that it's it's not super valuable but it's yeah nice work yeah. nice workmanship then i wonder where, where the jewelers go to buy precious stone there must be like a, a wholesaler somewhere where they buy and then they cut it down to however they're going to make jewelry. There's got to be... A gem and mineral show to get your precious gems. Ah, okay. To get your gem and mineral show that the the brokers or buyers will bring them in wholesale. And you, the jewelers would go through those. and. Uh, I'll buy that 50-pound diamond there for... <laughs> cut it down to <laughs> carrots. <laughs> Yeah, can you imagine a huge? Well, it makes you wonder, like you know, the Hope Diamond or whatever, the, some of these things. And then, you know, over the years, you guys think some of these guys have taken a very famous diamond or something mm-hmm. and reshaped them and cut them into size or whatever. Probably they could be barred for the Jewelry Association of America if they they, they ever heard they cracked the uh, the Queen Jewels or something. But oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the? We're off on 
on gems here. Yeah. <laughs> India is attempting to reclaim a diamond in the royal crown, or it, it is set in a crown that's locked up in the um, in the palace, okay. the, the British palace, and it was acquired when India was, what's the correct David? word? Uh, well, they, they, they were part of the British Empire, so they were the... Empire, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Was part of the empire, yes. Right. And now India wants it back. Uh, this is not the first try. And Britain is saying, no, no. we're not going to do that because if we do that for you, you're going to clean out our vault. <laughs> because <laughs> well, that's they acquired so many You'll precious see. items when... Um, oh, poor India. I know. And they're not going to give up, and I don't think the uh, British royal family or the Brits themselves are going to give in. So it really is a standoff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but the I... thing is huge. It's enormous. It's like I, I'll have to go out and look. It's it's more than 50 carats, which is a very big rock, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you drop it, you might hurt yourself. Well, if you drop it, you're going to break your toe. You're right. <laughs> I remember in elementary school, <laughs> there was a story about the Hope Diamond. And now I think the Hope... In the curse? Yes, yeah. yes. And I think the Hope Diamond now in the Smithsonian Institute. But I remember the story we talked about all the all the death associated with the, uh, with the diamond. And I'm asking there's other stories about other... Gems like that, but I'm gonna have to look up that curse. I actually was unaware of it. Yeah, I was in. It, it, I remember reading a whole story about an elementary school part of a required reading. So that uh, you might get a kick out of that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's here. The Koei Noor Diamond, 106 carats. Wow. Set in a crown that was worn by the Queen Mother. Well, if it's the okay. Queen Mom, it's going to be hard to get it out and worship his hand, right? No matter how... It's kind of locked up. You know? Apparently, they set it in a crown because just letting it sit there was not was not a good thing. 106 carats. How how much... Sandy, you may know this. How much does a carat weigh in terms that we would understand? How 100 carats would equal what in... An ounce, for example, a quarter of an ounce, a half an ounce. Oh, that's a good question. I don't even know how much a carrot seed weighs, because that's what a carrot is—the same weight as a carrot seed. Uh huh. So I would imagine, yeah, it would be a, a hefty few ounces. Well, it, so, it's a carrot. I'm assuming it's made by the by the ounce by the the weight rather than the size. Yes, yeah, so a carrot is a weight, so that that would make it understandable why it wasn't set and worn around her neck. That's something you have to put on the top of your head. I mean, so you'd, you'd be round-shouldered by the time you got finished with a, yeah. a state dinner. I get thought of a crazy. 106, ca- uh, 106 carrots, and there are apparently three other countries that are claiming ownership. So... You, you, you think you think the uh, royal family got all those jewels insured by 
by the voice of London? And if so, <laughs> if so, what the premium no. that, that the... you know, that's, that's really interesting. Many years ago, several decades ago, there was a fire in the North Tower, mm-hmm. and several of the pieces of artwork were at great risk. I can't recall if any of them were damaged, but it, it was a scary time. The place was on fire. Mm-hmm. Okay, you think the queen had to put an order? Said I today get out the eight that that diamond I want to wear to whatever event, and they gotta open up the. You know, Queen Elizabeth, and, and this probably is a very pedestrian word to use. Yeah, she is so classy. Mm-hmm. I don't think she would do something like that. I mean, even joking about it, I I just I cannot envision her as a frou frou person. She is. She just has such great people skills and is in you know somebody who fixed jeeps during world war ii how can you go wrong with somebody like that i know you can't but i imagine it's probably tradition that something was suspected that you wear some jewelry at some royal function at at some royal functions you're absolutely right i should have thought of that and so but i don't i'd be surprised it's just laying around bethlehem palace you know what i mean Oh, oh! By the way, by the way, I think both of you ladies will like this. My mom is working on the her PEO. Her PEO is a uh, a woman club that they get together mm-hmm. and uh, support female education. You know, the higher education, mm-hmm. and they have interesting speakers. And one of the best, they they get a list of great speakers, and they're getting. One of the speakers who just, he just wrote a book and he's planning to retire. He's he's a well-known English butler, and he has a whole life story about being a butler, and he he's planning to retire, and running he's gonna run a bed and breakfast down here, and uh, but my the people say he's very proper, very English proper, and he has a book out so. If it's good, Patricia, we might we you might want we might want an English butler on the show. What do you think? I would love it. <laughs> what a treat that would be. That would be cool. <laughs> I'm sure he has some interesting. I would stories. say so. He's very proper, though. You know, if that that would oh, denote. Well, I can be proper. <laughs> <laughs> they have to be, especially if they're working for these hoity-toities. I know. You know I know. I'm, I am quite capable of being proper. I promise I will not embarrass anyone. <laughs> yes, I do. But that would be such great fun. Yeah. I mean, that's a piece of life. I mean, I said it again. You have to slap me upside the head when I say I mean. It's a slice of life very few of us would ever be exposed to. That's what my mom was saying when she booked the uh, him for, as a guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, whoever think you know, what an interesting life, and... And uh, we, none of us would think of that, but I'm surprised he went and wrote a book about it. Oh, Why I, not? Like I said, I bet you he's got some pretty interesting stories in that. I, I imagine you had to go to Butler School, wouldn't you think? I would imagine. It, it was, in the olden days, it was frequently a, a set of skills passed from father family to, to family. son. Right. Yes. So I don't, I don't know about today. How many people have butlers today outside of the palace? <laughs> They just have. Well, I I know a couple. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, not personally. Yeah, but, but <laughs> you said more about maids than you ever do about butlers, though. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I don't know how many servants Prince yeah. had. I'm sure he had some servants, maids. And I don't think. Who was that? Prince. Prince. Yes, he did. I'm sure he had quite a few servants. I don't know if he had a butler, though. He might have. What does a butler do? That's why I don't know. He answers the door. I, I think he butles. He announces the game. I'm really serious about that. I think he butles. What does a butler do? Butles. He butles, depending on how much, you know, how much other. Well, it's interesting. Have other servants doing other things, and he would do, you know, only a certain. Uh, the the one set of things. The one people, some of the people I known that could could do that they had maids and drivers and cooks but they didn't have a butler so mm -hmm. i don't so a butler must be a special a trait i guess a lot of hosting like he, like i said he would at least yeah. from what i've understood you know he he greets you at the door he takes your coat he announces you to his you know uh boss uh, 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 Mr. Missy, whoever heard of something. Yeah, I yes. mean, you know. Yes. And, and I, I was correct. A butler butles. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, yeah, butler. Definitely. Doesn't do dusting. That's what maids do. But he would serve. Some butlers will serve. It, you know, if uh -huh. kills. Well, you know. Okay. But anyway, if you so maybe once mom has the butler at their speaker, maybe we can talk to getting a butt water show. What do you think, Patricia? I think that would be wonderful. How did she find him? The uh, the PEO has a list of the best programs in the in the state, and so this is recommended. Other clubs have had him because he has a book out. Okay. And so they really look. So it was on the um, list of really good program to have at your local club. And that's how mm -hmm. my mom found him. Hmm. Well, the chief male servant, a butler is a chief male servant of a household who has charge of other employees, receives guests, directs the serving of meals, and performs various personal services. I'll take two. I was right. Sort of. Okay, so so how many servants can I? I guess another, a better question would be how many, how many chucks can I have? Chuck, chuck? Yeah, okay. Yeah, now, okay, what well. what different grades? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of rankings of servants we have? I mean, we I, have butlers. We need to be more polished than this when we talk <laughs> to, to a member of the butler group. I know. So the Adams family only had one butler. They only had one. They didn't have a maid. Okay. She would know. Who? What? Marion. Miriam. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she would know. Webster okay. would too. Okay. So, how oh. many servants would a house have? In other words, would it be butler, maid? You always heard there's a down, 
a down floor maid, and up and an upper upstairs maid, maid, and a ladies and a lady in waiting, waiting. and a cook, uh-huh. cook and right. a valet, valet, uh huh, a driver, um, the chauffeur. and the and chauffeur, the chauffeur, yeah. yeah, and the gardener, yeah. And whoever is the stable person, who who heads the stable, stable? boy? Stable boy. <laughs> well, that that no, that that would be one of the lower. Well, if it depends on the size of the stable, you could have a whole stable staff there. The, that's true. You have you could have grooms. The groom, yeah. right? We do need to have a butler on. <laughs> we do, and it's just, it's just elevator it's, boy. It's a whole part of life. In our world, that most of us will never come in touch with. Right. But it'd be wonderful. And, and to, if you think about it, whole time radio, uh, uh, today I think it's more. It's more real today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you if we went to the old radio show thirty, Fibber and Molly had a maid for a while, or or, or of course the Gilders where you had Birdie. You know, live mm-hmm. and help. And I don't think you find that really, except for the really, truly wealthy family that even have yeah. that kind of... Well, even, um... Nannies. yeah. Well, there's a good one. Nannies. You know, that's a whole new... Mm-hmm. Uh, nannies and... and the au pair, the governess. The governess, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, did you notice that on Fibber McGee and Molly, both of their maids were were male? Right. <laughs> right. And they were both crack-ups. Right. I liked Beulah better. You liked Beulah better than... What did you like? Lena was funny, Le- but... I liked Lena was... And she was not... And that character was not on very long. In 1947, yeah. it was gone. Definitely yeah. Beulah was... She wasn't very funny. And it's interesting. I was just reading something about Marvin Hurt tonight, mm-hmm. <coughs> who played Beulah. Mm-hmm. For a short time, he, how how long he did a spinoff? Of course, Beulah right. was a spinoff from Fibber McGee and Molly. There was a show called Beulah. Right. How long was he able to? How long was he there before he died? It was a very short time. He was there in 1944, I think, when he came on, and then he started his own radio series in '46 and, and died fairly close right after the series. Died. Very shortly, it, it was. A handful of shows. It wasn't very many. Right. And then he had a series of people take over for him. Right. Or, or to add, take the role. I'm, I'm not sure. Take over for him is um, pretty much. Term, yeah. They, they assumed the role. Yeah. So my guess is Bill might have been on for two seasons, if that. At least one for sure. No. I, at least one. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think. I. Th- All right. You say two. I say one. You say potato. I'll say, say potato. potato. Let's see. Like to call the whole thing off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that radio. <laughs> okay, the Beulah Show. CBS Radio, 1945 to 1954? Yep. Is that possible? Yeah, because it had a lot of different... I think after... Um, well, that's quite a few seasons. It had Lillian Randolph in it. Right, after after uh, Marlon Hurt died, it went to Lillian and then his, her sister. Amanda. So Lillian mm-hmm. Randolph was playing Beulah? After Marlon Hurt died, yes. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. So she went from Birdie to Beulah. She would do both. She would both. do both. She, she never left oh. Gildersleeve. Holy moly. That's right. Yeah. She was there for all the, the whole time. The whole thing. 
And it's so interesting that you can hear in the late 50s that her sister was substitute for her on the Gilded Sleeve. So I don't know if she was busy or, or what, but it's, it's interesting to hear her sister pink shit. I, I can tell the difference in vo- voice and vocal qualities, but, uh... Yeah. What a, she had a beautiful singing voice. Sure did. Oh. What a beautiful singing voice yeah. she had. Interesting. Okay, are you into detectives? We do have a theme tonight that seems to have fallen by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to try a whack at it? I'm, I suck at detectives. Oh, oh, good. I don't, I don't oh, good. <laughs> I have a chance. <laughs> oh, boy, you're going to win. Okay. See, that was, the, that was the word I didn't think I was allowed to use. I'm so glad you used it. Bill Biden didn't hear that, so don't worry about it. No, it, it's okay. I mean, I, I, think, I think that's an okay word. Yeah, I think it's suitable. What, win? Yeah. Yeah, win. Oh. Yeah. What? Okay. Chauncey said win. That's a suitable word. I agree. Oh, sure. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. (laughs) Or was it, oh, boy. Okay. The question is, I need the name of a woman associated with a detective or a crime solver and the name of the crime solver. So I've used Effie Perrine and Sam Spade as an example. Okay. Well, there was a Susie, but I don't remember who she's connected to. (laughs) Oh, yes, you do. That's very good. Was she, Susie was connected to, shoot, Richard Diamond? No, not that. Not, not Richard, not he, he, you're close. You, you're, in a, you're in a good spot. <laughs> oh, Crimonia, I don't know. Well, he, but you got Susie. I never would have gotten Susie. I got Susie. That, I just can't remember that would have been That would have been Dan Holiday on Box 13. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, there you go. See, now, she was, not yeah. the, she was not the most bright assistant I ever heard of on radio. That's why I, I, she stuck out in my mind. <laughs> was, was she his assistant, or was she the, the person at the newspaper who the person handed at, him his yeah, mail from... The, the person at the newspaper, yes. At what? the newspaper, oh, okay. okay. No, she, she wasn't too bright. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, could we put on the list of the most non non bright people on radio or what? I mean, <laughs> we could probably make a list, you know. I was just going to say that might be a good theme for one night. <laughs> How many stupid people are there? Well, let me count the drawer. <laughs> and you know, Effie Effie Perrine, yeah, who was the secretary to Sam Spade, the detective, Sam Spade Detective Agency. She was a smart stupid. <laughs> or a stupid smart. I'm not sure which. Uh-huh. She had a lot of common sense. But she was kind of stupid in the way she presented herself. And she did do some stupid stuff. Well, you think she was scatterbrained? Or you think she was just, you that's know... That's the word. That's the word. She was a little scatterbrained in some areas, but had so much common sense and really kept him in line. It was a very unusual role, and I've not about it in those terms before. Well, he, he, he gave him some softness, you know? Sam mm-hmm. with this hard-boiled private eye, and Effie, you know, sometimes would give him the the the, the heads up, you know, that yes. Uh, yes. On, on the client walking into the office. Mm-hmm. And would frequently come up with something at the end of the show that, as you say, softened mm-hmm. the conclusion. 
Good know, night, you know, good night. You know, you know what's so fascinating about that show that a lot of time, Lorene Turtle, who played Effie and Howard Duff, who played Sam Spade, mm-hmm. they ab lib parts of that script because did they really because I did not know that. Oh, because I figured he did because I've heard some rehearsals mm-hmm. where he blew a couple of lines, and in the actual broadcast, he would have had to have put little pieces of cement and glue in there uh, but and, ba- and basically for it. and basically because in the it was such a beloved show in the industry in the mm-hmm. client booth a lot of famous people would go watch the show and so they would they would allude to him and they oh I saw so and so so they would play off who was in the in as a guest ah, in the client okay. boat and, and work that into the script I got it. Right for Who now. See, you you know what you have in common with Ava Gardner. You, you know Patricia. What I have in common mm-hmm. with Ava Gardner. Yep, you and Ava Gardner. Both gorgeous. Yeah, of course. She was gorgeous and so am I. Of course. What? Well, some, but something else—a trait that <laughs> I'm you. Adorable. <laughs> <laughs> something you and Ava Gardner share share passionately about. Besides chocolate. Yes. Now okay. she, now she, you. I don't think you would do this in public, but she did, did this in public around the client booth. This, this is high class stuff we're talking about. Yes, here. yes. I, I don't. I, I have no idea. She likes to go barefoot. Well, oh, girl after my own heart. <laughs> Gee, so did Calvin Coolidge. That was a treat when we were growing up. We would beg. Please, can we go barefoot? No way. Put your shoes on. <laughs> now, probably because, probably because of her, her growing up in North Carolina, she was barefoot out there in the in the, in the farmland. A, but a barefoot lady. Yeah, but she she that was. Would be fun. How many people don't wear shoes like I don't have on right now? <laughs> but she definitely you and Ava Gardner have in common, Patricia. Well, my goodness, I did not know that. So besides being gorgeous, you two were barefooted. Adorable. Yes. I'll settle for adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I have got the most comfortable office chair in front of my computer, and I lean back in it, and I put my feet up on my desk, and it's in the perfect position, which is where I am right now. And if I had to do anything like get out for a fire, I'd be really upset. <laughs> I'm so comfortable. Well, how far are you from your coffee machine? Too far. Uh-oh. I have to, you're right. I have to figure out a way to do this a little differently so I don't have to get up and walk to the coffee pot. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Well, Sandy, it is always such a joy to talk with you. It's been fun. Good. It is very fun. And I hope everyone had a good Friday the 13th. Yeah, we survived. Um, well, Gosh darn it, and I meant to, to do some Friday the 13th stuff. Well, it would have been last week when I I played hooky last week. Ah. Well, Tony, Tony Dow wasn't bad. It's party hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Patricia was out partying so hard last week. She just wiped herself to a fragile. There you go. Yeah. Is, is that what I did? Uh, sounds good, doesn't it? You're supposed to say that. That's great. That sounds better than what I came up with. <laughs> I played hooky. I was sick. 
But I am all well this week, so Good. look out, Walden. So, well, you have yourself a wonderful week, and be safe. And thank you so much for adding a bunch to the show tonight. Well, thank you. And have a good evening. You too, Shawnee. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good night or good morning, depending on where we are. She's in California, so still night there. It's morning. Still good night there, and it's good morning, morning for me. So it's either May 15th or May 14th, depending on what time zone you are in. Now, Patricia made a great discovery this week. I never thought well, of she's it. She's always known it. She just shared it. <laughs> yeah, it was a terrific discovery. Yeah, I mean, I never thought of it that we live in. How did we? How did you fight this? We live in. We have four different time, time zones, zone. but only three hours apart. I never thought of that that way. See, it took uh, somebody. We have Eastern, Central, Mountain, and Pacific, but between Eastern and Pacific, we only have three hours difference. See, see, I took somebody that's brilliant. To figure that out and adorable all at the same Somebody time. Nobody can count to four anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there, you're on there. Hello, this is your roving reporter, Chad Baloo. Hello, Chad. Chad Baloo from. Are you still? Are you, are you still in Kentucky? Yes. Holy cats! Are you in the Eastern still. time zone? Are you in the Eastern time zone? I don't remember what the. Uh, the... Yes, and I hate it. You're welcome. <laughs> so are you driving back tomorrow or trying or whatever you're doing, Mr. Baloo? Driving. Yes. How many hours? Wow. Um That's a big one. I do it I do it in legs. I always stop at St. Louis, so So you're gonna get home on Monday? Yeah. Okay. So I think all total is maybe something like eleven twelve, depending on how fast I go. You sound tired. Have we kept you up till the middle of the, uh, the middle of the morning? No, uh, just just not you. Just everybody in <laughs> Chicago, Seattle. It's actually, the other way around because his body thinks it's what two hours earlier than it is. No, just one hour. I'm from. You're in the Central Time Zone. Yeah, I'm from Central Time Zone. Nebraska Central. Time Zone. I think I'll go to my room. <laughs> that's that's geography. I, I don't do geography. So, so how how would the are you going? Oh, I, I don't. Maybe Patricia doesn't know what's happening in Kentucky this weekend. I I was just going to ask what's happening. Uh, well, it's all over now, but um, the. ART Group, American Radio Theater, mm-hmm. the Kentucky branch hosted a, what they called Radio Studio East, which is two days where they have special guests come in and act with their local actors, and they record three shows a day of lost radio episodes or newly written radio scripts that will end up in their podcast and on the American Radio Theater website sometime in the future. And that just finished uh, yesterday. Well, yesterday. If you're in the Eastern and Central time zone, that would be yesterday. Well, how cool is that? So were you a participant or an honest-to-goodness convention-goer type person this time? 
Boy, was I ever a participant. Oh, my goodness. Talk about that. Um, I composed music for, and played, performed music for five of the six shows that were done. And wow. three or four of the seven or eight commercial uh, promos that they recorded. If you were being paid for this, you'd be rich. <laughs> I don't know how, how how much do radio composers get paid. I hope a lot. I don't know. That's an interesting how how very interesting, Walden. When we heard live music uh-huh. in the background, yeah, this was rarely canned stuff. Right. You didn't get the William Tell Overture right. <laughs> on every program. It had to be composed for that particular show. How much did the composer get? Well, my guess is they were, most of them were on staff. So as part of their duty, they get assigned to shows. And so my guess is the staff, uh, I'm thinking at the network level, mm-hmm. uh, so it would be a salaried position. Yeah, I, I, and I bet in those days, most radio announcers, the big ones, uh, at least $300 minimum a week to several thousands. Um, so my guess is uh-huh. a, uh, a, a staff composer, I would say at least a couple hundred bucks a week back in those days, in the, in the 40s, which would, hey, I would take today, you know, I mean. No royalties. No, because the 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 uh, producer thing would it own the show would own the music outright. Yeah, it's it would be work for hire. How about that? But you know, think about some of the great composers in radio wound up having terrific careers later. I'm thinking of Bernard Herman, who composed the music for Orson Welles, the Mercury Theater, and the Campbell Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, to the guy who did the the music for Front Two. Gentleman Goldsmith, who wound up with a famous conductor arranger for films. A lot of those guys went on and had terrific careers um, in, in veteran films and things like that later. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're securing a really good salary for you here, Chad. What do you but think, tell Chad? Tell me what you did. Did you have how much time ahead of time? did you have to work with before you actually had to perform what you composed? Uh, how, much, how, much lead, um, how much lead time is what I should have asked. How much lead time from more than I, more the than I, of composing to the actual playing? More than I actually used. I think I got these, the script about a mm, month and a half, maybe two months ago. But I was working on music for some group up in Seattle called Rep. Maybe you've heard of it. And <laughs> yeah. I do, so yeah. I didn't actually you, start working on music. You are on the popular back. circuit. I know. He's yeah. done Michigan this year, Reps, and, and Kentucky. You've seen the world, Chad. Well, at least three spots in the world. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't actually start working on the music until... After I got back from Ritz. Well, some of the script they chose uh, were shows I'm not really even familiar with of the music. Did 
Did you have a sample? I was going to ask next. What did you have as a guide? Yeah, well, let's go, let's go over the shows you did, Chad, and that way, because they're not really the most well-known shows, is what you had to work from. Well, the first one that was done Friday, the 13th, was um, a brand-new uh, radio drama, audio drama, um, no series, it's just kind of a standalone one. It's, it's a kind of a unusual, strange, weird story called Librarian's Aid. So that was completely different. So um, I didn't have any reference. And since it was a modern story, I used modern instrumentation and nothing too terribly fancy. Did you have to work um, with the Did you have to work with the author get her approval on the music, or did they leave that up to you for your interpretation? You know, they just left it up to me, and they were happy with what I came up with, so um, okay. that worked out okay. So, all, they, all they had was music. So what kind of instrument did you arrange with? Did, was it, did you do piano or organ or, or uh, a synthesizer? What did you arrange for something like that? That, I used some different instruments on the synthesizer, like xylophone, marimba, some um, fake analog sounds, and just different combinations hmm. of stuff. For that one, okay. no organ, no piano, just something more unusual sounding because I thought it kind of fit the style of the show. And uh, if you listen to it when they podcast it sometime in the future, you might you might understand that maybe you get that and see what I was talking about. Okay. The next one. Um, the next one was that I did was um well in between time they did um. The group from Chicago, Randy Larson, mm-hmm. uh, was the director, and he was the star of, uh, well, the narrator of My Client Curly, and uh, Ivan Curry was the star of that, and uh, he also, he provided the music, or a lot of the music, on the harmonica, right. which was interesting, and fun to listen to. Ivan's a good harmonica player. Yes, In- he is. Yeah. Really good. And then, then there was a Candy Madsen script that was actually, uh, it's a new script written by uh, uh, John Greenway, who lives here in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, and he directed it. Mm-hmm. And so the there are Candy Madsen shows, and they used the song Candy as the theme, so that was pretty simple just to, to put that at the beginning and the end. And then I wrote the, the music cues in the middle. And um, I had got an earlier version of the script before all of the music cues were filled out, so I was a little short on music. So during the rehearsal, I was frantically trying to write music <laughs> while we were rehearsing <laughs> to fill in those gaps. And I, I don't think I quite filled the gaps, so I ended up kind of ad-libbing and doodling a little stuff during the actual performance. So, can we hear a little doodle? I mean, did he go doodly doo doo? Is that how you fill in the gaps? Well, hopefully it wasn't exactly like <laughs> the mystery, so it's kind of more mysterious music, somewhat. Uh-huh. I don't know, you'll have to listen to the podcast. Okay. I'm, I'm not even sure what I did. You just knew you survived? Yeah. Okay. Um, then yesterday, well, today, yesterday, Saturday, was, um, what was first? A lost episode of 
the Whistler called um, the Great Zantini. It takes place in a circus, and um, I think the the person who is going to direct it got sick, and um, so they, like 30 minutes before the rehearsal, they asked Don Ramlo, who happened to be attending, to if he would like to direct the show. So he. Um, off the cuff had to direct the show and so that that worked out pretty well um, and this is the last show I wrote music for that one too except using the usual Whistler themes and such which you already know yeah which and actually I'd already written out because I think I've, at Cincinnati and Kalamazoo they'd already done two other Whistler mm-hmm. lost Whistler shows so I had a uh, the themes and everything all written out already. And then there was uh, Sam Sp- Lost Sam Spade, the Commonwealth Tankard, and I'd already done a Sam Spade before, so I had the themes for that, and then just wrote the stuff in between. And that's a really good show. Uh, Ivan Curry and uh, Beverly Washburn did a good job of that, and Ivan was in, uh, I think, every single show. I think Beverly was in five of them. <laughs> so yeah, Ivan was pretty busy. He was acting in every show plus playing music in one of the shows. Oh my. He played everything from a 12-year-old kid, 12-year-old harmonica playing kid to a um, a bad guy to Sam Spade. He, he's very talented. Did you have to and wheel him to his car? Yeah, he he uh, he he loved the time when he was on with Patricia because he called me right up during the show how much he enjoyed the interview that he did with with us. We have to dig that one out one night. Uh huh. We also have Ivan back. It's fun. We had a good time with him. Yeah. And then the last show, what was the sixth show? Chad. The last remember? one was the a little known show called Retribution. There's like one or two episodes out there and I've, I've only heard one so I was able to listen to the, the music that they used for that one show for the, the kind of theme and uh, I used that and then wrote the rest of the music um, for the rest of it so it's kind of a combination of the original music and then uh, the historic themes to introduce the show the stuff that everybody would recognize and would get mad if they didn't hear. So how did they do, how did they break down this, this, the day for the audience? It's not set up like a convention. They don't have panels or anything. It's basically rehearsing all day and then the shows at night. So what time did you start? Did with everything two hour blocks? How did they break down the day? Well, okay. Um, the Seattle, a lot, a lot of the ART Seattle group came down, and then plus the ART Lexington group. But they'd also invited Randy Larson and a bunch of his Chicago group group came down, and they did My Client Curly. And um, so some of those groups, some of the actors from all those three different groups, plus Ivan and Beverly, uh, would mix up for different shows. And... Um, Thursday evening, they did a run-through. They had a gathering over at Mike Wheeler's house, and they did a run-through of my client, Curly, and visited, and uh, 
had snacks and stuff and ketchup and and visit. And then so it's kind of a prelude to Friday, which was uh, the first rehearsal started at I think at ten for one of the shows, and then they have a break for lunch. They give them two hours to rehearse, and then they have another rehearsal at one, and they have two hours to rehearse another show. And so we'd run through it once, um, do some fixes, figure out how to do fix stuff, and then run through it again, and then have a short break before the last, the third one, at like 3.30 or so, and have another couple hours for that and do the same, and then break for supper, and then... Um, performance, the actual performance, which was open to anybody who wanted to come in for free, was at 7 to whenever the three shows were finished, like 8.30 or 9. So that's how it worked each day. Okay. How would the, atten- how would the attendance, you know, Mike always Don't, said, doesn't do a great job promotion, what did, how many do you think they wound up with? Um... A lot, a lot of the people that would be sitting in the audience would be cat, uh, ART or Chicago group people who okay. were acting in other shows, but not the particular one that was being put on right then. But there was also some people who um, were friends or something or in the area who, who were interested and did come in. So there's mm, maybe... 15, 20 other people who kind of came in um, and not... Not part of the inner circle. Yeah, who who were people from the outside. Uh, over the two days, maybe 15 to 20 people or so. I, I didn't get a close look, but I actually, it, during one of the performances, I looked in the audience and it was pretty full. There were maybe 35, 40 people there. Oh, of course, counting a lot of the other people who were also actors over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And there was a special, uh, Saturday, there was a special person in the audience who you know. Yeah, but I don't know if I, Patricia knows, but go ahead. And and, and he, uh, he introduced himself to me, so I got to meet him. So you, you go ahead. You go ahead, Walden. Well, sure, sure we keep her guessing. You want to guess who came over? No. Um. <laughs> that was a yes-no question. <laughs> you want to guess who came over to see Chad? No. Somebody from Louisville. Somebody from, that lives in Indiana. Oh, really, Dan? Dan. Oh, my goodness, how great. Dan drove 90 minutes. To, to go see the, so did he come? So, for, did so he we come? Have, we have a Saturday night family Reunion. meeting. This is great. <laughs> so did, did you get to spend some time together? Uh, just brief, briefly, a few minutes. Yeah, and uh, and he got. I think he got went up to talk to Ivan and Beverly and get to meet them. So did, did Dan come and see the shows that night? I, he was hoping to get the Saturday night off. That was he was working on to get to get the schedule. Um, I only saw him at the end, so I I don't know if he was able to make all of them. But he, he wasn't there Friday. Yeah, yeah. He told me if he could if he could make it. 
Maybe he's... he'll call in after I'm. Yeah, well, you gotta drive. Home. You gotta drive home. It's ninety minutes each way, so you know, poor Dan. I think he would be interested. That way, maybe next year I can move the thing to Indiana. You know, you guys can all perform in Indiana. What do you, what do you think? Well, you'd, you'd have to talk to Mike about that. <laughs> well, Why is there so little promotion on this? Mike doesn't like... He, I think he, the, main, the main focus... Well, for one thing, I think he's saying he didn't want to detract from Kalamazoo. So he didn't want to promote it too much until after Kalamazoo was over, which was only, what, four weeks ago? Or maybe less? Yeah. And I think the main focus of this was kind of more of a gathering of the ART people to do a recording session, because basically that's what it was, was a rehearsal and a recording session. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's what they've been doing for the last... Ten odd years up in Seattle once a year. Okay. It, it might have been in Cincinnati the last three years. You know, after uh, Bobachek gave it up, and then Mike figured he just was not very good in terms of promotion. And I asked him point blank, "Will this be a one and done?" And he said, "There's possibility because there were three or four guys who put up the money because you know they they had, they had no room, you know no food, no nothing. It was just renting the space for the." Uh, was it in a ballroom, Chad, or did, how did they set it up for you guys? Was it in a conference room? What was the... Uh... It's kind of like a conference room. Uh-huh. Um, smaller than... Well, it, it's a little smaller than, like, it reps the, the smaller room that you had. Yeah. Or, you know, how the ballroom was separated right. into two rooms. It's smaller than each of those rooms. Maybe... Well, it, I think it's it's, it's it, it was a little... It's not quite as wide as the other those rooms up there, and okay. maybe just as long. But it's it's kind of smaller. It's it's not called a ballroom. They just call it room G or something. What did they have your your instrument? Did you were you on stage? Did they have a stage, or how did they handle that part of it? No stage. Um, they had a row of chairs along the back row, okay. along the back wall, um, across the whole wall, and to the sides was me with my two keyboards and pedal board and um, to my to the side of me was the sound effects tables and on the other side the other side of the room the other wall was the sound board and sound mixer and next to him was um, whoever would be running the uh, recorded music or effects which they're doing on a MIDI disc um, and then five microphones, or five microphones and a filter microphone, and then uh, maybe eight rows of chairs or so, uh, seven or eight wide. So kind of a small room, mm-hmm. but we were able to fit everything in fairly. So, so did they re- little, little tight quarters. Did they record the rehearsals and the show itself, or just the shows? I believe they recorded the rehearsals. And then during the show, did they do it straight through, or did they have a pickup if they wanted to fix anything? They did it straight through, and at the end, if somebody blew a line really bad, or if a semi was going by on the interstate outside, and if 
they picked, if it picked it up, they, they would redo the couple spots. Mm-hmm. But they only did that on Friday. They didn't have to redo any on Saturday. So on Saturday, they did one show, and then they did a group of, like, three or four commercials to promote, the, the commercials specially written by someone to promote American Radio Theater, and they do another show, and then another four or five commercials in the final show. And then, of course, just like at the conventions, everybody meets back after the performances in the bar and visits and talks at <laughs> the wee hours of the morning, and then stumbles off to bed. Yeah. So what about, did, did the guy, did, did the group get together and have lunch and dinner, too, at the hotel? Did you guys go somewhere else? Um... They had a restaurant. They have a restaurant in the hotel, and uh-huh. sometimes people would kind of informally go to breakfast, and then uh, a big group of us went to the Cracker Barrel next door for supper on a mm. couple evenings, and just barely finished in time to get back for the performance. So you done three this year? They're all different. Yeah. Yeah, all different. You get, get to work with different directors, different actors, different people. Um, saw Beverly twice because I know rep since she was here. So I know you saw Beverly twice, and let's see. Oh, you, you saw Arvin twice because no, he was in uh, Michigan too. No, just just the that's right. Once that's right. I didn't really, aside from the re- the recreation, I didn't really get to hear him play harmonica much. I was going to ask him to play a couple. But ran out of time. Well, what time? Maybe you can do it in the morning. I don't know yet. <laughs> so, when I get, I'll figure out that out when I wake up. So you're not on a time. You're not on a schedule then for them all. You 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 you're gonna go when you're gonna go. Maybe maybe not. I haven't figured that out. Yet. Okay. It's too late to be figuring that out right now. <laughs> I don't wanna. Yeah, I don't wanna. <laughs> so, That's always a good answer. So what was wanna. what was your favorite show of the six? Do you have a favorite one? Or were you too busy doing the music to care about the actors? One of Part. the ones that was kind of the most difficult at least I thought at least maybe on my end because there's a couple right near the middle of the show, the Sam Spade, there's like three pages where there's a lot of um narration by Sam Spade and then it go and then there's bridge music into a commercial and then there's commercial and then there's more bridge music and then about another page of dialogue. So there's constant music under a lot of that. So I'm constantly playing and trying to hit a lot of cues. That was a kinda of difficult for me, but the acting was really good. I mean Ivan does good at everything, but he was a really good Sam Spade, too, and he was playing opposite Beverly, and she was kind of a love interest mm-hmm. in that show, and I thought that one that one was probably one of my favorites, and everything seemed to go pretty well for that, and it's an interesting story, and it's kind of fun, so I think that's that one was kind of the high point for me, I think. Gosh. It sounds like they had a good time with you, Chad. Yes, I, I got a, a lot of compliments. I bet you did. 
Are you going to have radio withdrawal because you're not going to be going on the road anytime soon now, are you, Chad? Uh, I don't know. I, it, I won't be as busy, so that's, <laughs> I could relax a little bit. Because you did what? Three three radio events in five weeks, practically. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of music to go through. So I'll enjoy, I'll enjoy the, the little bit of rest from that, I guess. So we need to have you do a full pledge musical, right, from original score next time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> you, sound like, you sounded like Homer Brown in the Aldridge family. <laughs> well, you know, Chad likes a challenge, right, Chad? Yeah, but yeah, only so many at a time. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but oh. Well, then I, I, so I should promote it. It's gonna, they're gonna have these um, podcasts posted eventually once they finished everything. Right on www.americanradiotheater.org. So for anybody who will be interested. Hopefully we'll find out sooner than later. And that way you can hear your handiwork. Yeah, you can talk to Mike Wheeler in a week or so. And True. See if he's got it all finished. Well, pretty soon we're going to have your stuff from Rep because uh, uh, we're, we're supposed to get those in about two weeks. And so once, once we get those, we're going to start scheduling those on Wednesdays. So everybody can hear Chad's handiwork up in Seattle. Literally, yes. Yeah. Andy work. Yeah. Well, shall I make it official? Let's do it. This is your roving reporter, Chad Ballou, reporting live from the first and possibly only Radio <laughs> Studio E <laughs> gathering in Lexington, Kentucky. I really really like the way you put that. It it always makes, it amuses me when I hear things like the first annual. How do we know? (laughs) How do we know it's going to be annual until at least the second one rolls around? You did good. Well, I was was thinking we might hear from you, so, uh, but when it got late, I wasn't too sure you had enough gas to stay up, Chad, so thank you for giving us a call. Indeed, and thank you for doing so much for Old Time Radio. You are one neat guy, you know that? Well, aw, shut. Aw, McGee. You did good. You get some rest and be safe on your trip home. I will try to. Try carefully, Chad. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, good night. Good night, Chad. He's threatening about coming out to Las Vegas in January. Oh, my gosh. We really do have a roving report. Yeah, we do. This is Yesterday USA's Charles Kuralt on the road. On the road. Anyway, Chad, what I met me in Seattle, said, you know, everybody's getting older, and he wants to, he wants to meet people, so I'm glad, I'm glad he's doing I'm, it. I'm glad for that. I'm glad he and Dan had the chance to at least say hi and spend a few minutes Yeah, together. well, when Dan called me Saturday, and I knew... Dan might be interested. I told him about Kentucky, so I put, mm-hmm. I put, I put, I sent those two the emails. I think I copied you on that, and then Mike Wheeler. I want to get 
Danny directions how to get to the hotel, so I put him in touch with Mike, the organizer. So mm-hmm. it must have all worked out. So I'm not, you know, Dan driving, we'll probably hear about it next week if he's not too late. You never know. Hello I'm there? On the phone. Hello there. You're on there. All Dan needs is a hotline. Holy cow! Holy cow! I, I just knew it in my Holy heart. Crap. Hi. This is Dan from Indiana who was part of the conversation a few minutes ago. So your ear said, it's time to call. Holy cat. Was it really 90 minutes one way, Dan? It was about 60. Did you break speeding tickets to get home? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I've, been, I've been home for some time. I was trying to dial back on the way. I was going to report from YUSA Mobile Unit 1, but... <laughs> <laughs> the line was busy. <laughs> were you all on time getting yes, on air tonight? Yes, we were. We were we okay. were on time. Patricia, um, and I'm even here. Patricia made a special appearance. She decided to do her show, so that was very That's nice. Good. That was very nice, you know. It's, she, after all, she is she is the international broadcasting superstar of Yesterday USA. So it's nice to have her on our show. I'm just adorable. <laughs> I thought she was running off and going to be Kelly Ripa's new co-host. Yeah, well, considering how much she's getting paid. Yes, yes. Yeah, have you heard what her salary is doing one hour of TV a day? Kelly I'm, Ripa is making, I think, now $20 million, which is more than Regis was making when he left. So or maybe, what, I think he was making $20 million. Yeah, so what do you think? $20 million a, a, a year for doing one hour of TV a day. What do you think? I want to be Judge Judy. She gets $49 million. <laughs> I think Judge Judy is the highest paid um, uh, TV personality now. You think she has a butler? <laughs> <laughs> what an interesting I, question. I imagine the butlers make good money. I bet you butlers make good money. You're right. I, I bet they got to at least make more than minimum wage. I would say so. In fact, uh, in fact, I know some servants. Uh, when they retired, the family thanks enough for their people that they set up their own retirement and health ben- benefit plans. So once they do retire from serving a family, they're they're taken care of basically for life. Not bad. That's not, not bad at all. at all, huh? Yes. Yes, I had a great time over there. I uh, met Chad, and I met uh, all David Maddox, uh-huh. and I stopped by, and or I went up and I spoke to Beverly Washburn and said, hey, I think we have mutual friends, and <laughs> said, Walden and Patricia, and uh-huh. she goes, oh, yes, oh. you know, yes. So she had high praise for you all. Good. And, uh, and met- Ivan Curry was... Nice. I just spoke to him. I saw him as I was leaving. He was on the telephone. And just said, "Nice to meet you," and mentioned you too. And, uh, and he was very had high praise too. So, so did you enjoy your evening out from the library? I did. I did. Well, today was graduation, oh. so we were busy, and uh, we graduated. Over seven hundred new wow. 
college graduates going out into the world, so it was a bit. Okay, what is exciting. the major major, in within that group of seven hundred? I'm sorry. What was what now? What was the major major? <laughs> the, the major major. What, it, what the, the major major? Yeah. Major within that group of seven hundred. Uh, several um, executive MBA students, mm-hmm. nursing students. Um, I think those were the two highest major majors. Interesting combination. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So. And the day went well, I hope. Well, it's fairly cool here. It, at uh, at ten o'clock this morning, there was a wind chill of forty three. Ouch. Yes. So. Oh. You're supposed to have been, warm and sunshiny weather by now. Well, you know, not not this year. It's been pretty cool here. In fact, in the morning, we may be flirting with some. Uh, uh, frost and freezing temperatures. So, people so, with gardens are are worried a little bit about you know their plants. But uh, so, what was your schedule like today? Then, if it's seven hundred kids leaving, are you help behind the scenes on some things? What 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 would be your duties for the day? We had several walking through. You know, just students walking through with their. Uh, Parents and families, you know, just showing them the library, you know, some mm-hmm. coming in, getting dressed in the library, uh, you know, with the robes and their, um, you know, their mortarboards and all that. So, um, you know, it was a pretty relaxed day, just more there to uh, answer questions, you know, about, you know, where things were and, um, yeah, had a couple questions, you know, people calling in. About uh, what resources we offered and things like that. Just kind of more directional questions more than anything. Okay. Yeah, uh, see, Dan, hold on there for a second. Patricia, you want to hang yeah. up and I'll call you right back? Um, Losing Patricia? Okay. Yeah, so we're, got, we're down to two minutes, I think. So let me call, let me, let me, let me rehook Patricia up to us. That way we don't lose her when Dan gets a, her, his will supposed. Words of pearl, pearls, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Pearls of wisdom. Whatever. whatever. I will be here. <laughs> All right, hang on, and I'll call you right back. Jaws <laughs> professional Patricia Pearl tab, Skype trademark tab, online tab, Walden is tab, search edit, active favorite. Martin Ed Clue, Patricia from F Applicate, send us, invite the crew, enter, leaving menus, Patricia unloading job, can't, okay, enter, Patricia from FL Hope. Hello? You're back. Gee, it worked beautifully, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, Dan, so, so what time, what time did you close the library? Five o'clock. Okay. Normal time, so... I just jumped in the car and drove over to Lexington and went in. I stopped and had something to eat on the way. But, uh, yeah, it was a great little performance. I, I pretty much envisioned, you know, that's what you do with Spurvac. Uh-huh. And, uh, it, um, and Dave Maddox was somewhat surprised that I'd heard about it through you. <laughs> 
I said, we're all on the same side, you know, yeah. promoting. Yeah. So, and I, then on the way back, I, I I started calling in on the number here, trying to reach. And I kept getting a business signal. And Busy. Dialing and kept getting a business signal. And I, finally, I just thought, I'll just drive back and, and, uh, and you know, it, so what what was Chad's favorite production of Sam Spade? Would you inclined to agree with that of the three that you saw tonight? Uh, you know, I liked, let me get the name of, there was one called Retaliation. I don't know if you've ever heard the, the um, there's only, it, they're kind of like lost. Um, yeah, Chad mentioned it, Chad? I had never heard yeah. of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't mean anything, I haven't heard of 98% of old time radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what they've done, they are using scripts that do not have um, any known, um, you know, copies of the performance. So that's what they're doing. They're really, you know, putting together a performance for the scripts that they have. And, you know, the retaliation was, you know, pretty unique. Um, it sounded, I mean, when they did it, it sounded like a really nice show. It's a shame that, um, I think they announced there were only like two surviving copies of Retaliation. But, uh, yeah, Sam, Sam, um, Spade was a good show. They all were just top-notch. You know, I don't, can't really, I, I wouldn't single any out as being a bad performance, but, uh. Well, I want to single something out. Tell me about Retaliation. Never heard of the show. Don't even know what it's about. Mm -hmm. It was mm, a lot like, um, let's see, which one was it that they said it was like? It was kind of was a mystery, and then it would have like a twist at the end, like uh, tonight's performance. Its name was, the show's name was Operation Perjury. And Mm. it was basically uh, this uh, wife was having an affair with uh, another man, and she was asking for a divorce from her husband. And somehow, the husband was accused of murdering someone. And and, um, there were eyewitnesses to the murder, but the the man, the, the husband, did not murder these uh, this one woman. So uh, when he was sentenced for the murder, he ended up shooting the uh, the wife and the the, uh, <laughs> the husband, the, the uh, uh, man who the wife was having the affair with. So 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 there really was an element of retaliation in the scripts. Yes, yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah, Boy, what a great so program weird. that must have been. Walden, mm-hmm. did I hear you say you didn't know anything about it either? I did not, because when we had Mike Will on three weeks ago, I'd never heard of the series. Larry had, but I, I'd never yeah, heard and, of the series. That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah. So I was I not... It was missing out of a... They said it was really... They didn't have really any background information on on the series. I think it was on mm-hmm. a few years. But um, it was well written. Script was. 
so well, how, how how did Chad do with the with the, with the music? Did he did okay? Chad did very well. Okay. You no, know, just playing, and uh, you know, he I saw him after. I didn't really want to bother him before. Yeah. You know, uh, the performance. Mm-hmm. So I waited till the end. And he came to the back of the room. I just sat in the back of the room, and uh, he came back there, and we I just uh, spoke briefly. Yeah. And, uh, and then I saw him, you know, when he was loading up his car. I said, my goodness, you've driven quite a ways here. And he said, yeah. But he, he, he enjoyed driving down, you know. He really, I could tell he was really into, um, you know, these, uh, you know, this old-time radio hobby here. It's amazing, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we we entered, we, he, he started to find out about Cincinnati six, seven years ago when I used to talk to it, and he played there for music for the last four, four convention. After he mm-hmm. went a couple yeah. of times, and then uh, uh-huh. now he's doing the circuit practically. You know, it's yes. pretty fun. Exactly. Yeah. Getting to be quite a few shows now. Yeah. Between this one and Reps and um, Spurback and just. Uh, so, can we put one in your hometown in Indiana next year, Dan? What do you think? Well, Lexington's close enough. Okay. Well, I just thought we need a new. Besides your minor league baseball game for your Civil War, you know, I thought a couple of radio recreations <laughs> might be nice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Always room for more. Mm-hmm. So, how have you two been? Well, I took I, I'm I, good. I took a four-hour nap this afternoon, so I'm dangerous. I'm waking up, so I'm ready to go on all night. Keep the caffeine away from this one. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, 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 who is the party I am speaking to? So, uh, so you know, now I can tell Patricia's on her game, so she's going to do an all-nighter, too. I can just tell. Yeah, I, I hate to hear Patricia was under the weather last week. I know. She just decided to apply for for uh, sick pay for a change, and so she used all her sick, sick hours that she had left over and put it all for one night. <laughs> <laughs> I have ten years of six hours, or six hours for ten years. No, six. When did we start together? Well, uh, two thousand five during the during the holidays or so. Well, no, two o five when you first called in, and then I think two o seven, two o eight, and then constantly during December two o nine. Constantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love this. Constantly. constantly, constantly with you, or constantly calling in, or constantly <laughs> with me. Oh, okay, all right. That that sounds better. You know, I I figured I figured. My guess is. Mhm. Mhm. We've done over two thousand hours together on the air. That's all. I would think so. Now, are you counting all these uh, marathon weeks? Uh-huh. When, oh, yeah. Are you counting all those and, marathon and weeks when you were running? Yeah, I'm, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm just estimating. It probably probably feel like 10,000, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm airing it down to two. But, you know. But, but I think. That's not even a year. Well, I'm figuring 300. I was figuring 50 week times six, six hours a week is 300. 300 hours a, a, a year times 6 is 1,800. Yeah. So that's what I would get guesstimating. Hmm. Well, for this way, I'll know for sure once we get the, the hard drive wrapped up because then all it, Patricia... It must have seemed like a long time. 
seem longer for you. <laughs> We've been working on the hard drive for five years, so it, it's a lot of hours all in real time. Yeah. Okay, we've been around for a while, and I got six hours of sick time accumulated, so I used some of it last week. Yes. So when 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 are you going to book? The, when are you going to use the rest of it? Tonight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I, I am not up to an all nighter. Oh, Dan, the clock here. Have, have you checked the clock here? Yeah. She's almost done an all-nighter. It's almost 3 o'clock in the morning. That's a, that's, well, that's, a, my, that's my half-nighter. That's a, that's a morning. You're really a morning show person, Patricia. I am? Yeah, you're doing the mornings, right? Oh, yeah, I'm an all-nighter. I'm a Gene Shepherd. Yeah, true. Yeah, this is good. Should we, do, should we do 18 hours tonight? What do you think? Are you really asking me? <laughs> or are you just... <laughs> Are you just being your normal sassy self? <laughs> we should try to break our record. Let's go for 18 hours tonight. What do you think? We, I, I don't like the word should. <laughs> so that, one, that one makes me a little nervous. Let's try. Let's try to break our... You have done 18 hours, haven't you? We've done 17. I think 15. we should try to do... We should try to go for... Break it. Mm-hmm. So that do, means... Do you have... Do you have a schedule planned out for this? Well, no. If we stay or on a suggested if, date and time. No, no. We'll start now. So if we keep going, to, uh, we would tie. We would break the record at nine thirty Sunday night. My preference would be to be consulted ahead of time. <laughs> I'm consulting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm consulting right now. Go for it, Patricia. You have. You have. I have been consulted. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, Dan, rescue me! <laughs> oh, oh God! I'll tell you. I will tell you. So, other than everything you just talked about, which is ah, uh, baleful, how was your week? Uh, the week's been good. We had a wonderful Derby season here. Oh my gosh, darn it! I meant to ask you about that. Um, Nyquist, what a strange name. This horse is really as good as they pumped him up to be? It, apparently the horse is as good as it's been advertised because it hasn't lost a race yet. You know, the, you know the interesting backstory about the horse, Patricia? No. He's named after a hockey player. And the hockey player just won the Stanley Cup, too. And so they brought the Stanley Cup to the track, and so they had the horse eat and drink out of the Stanley Cup before he hit the tr the track. That is a hoot. <laughs> that is Stanley a hoot. Cup. I mean, that's like sitting on your baseball twice just to make sure it goes over the plate or not washing your socks for a week until you get out of the World Series. Was, was there an element of superstition in here, or was it strictly publicity? they always done interesting things with the Stanley Cup. This was with the uh, okay. This was the Stanley Cup mm -hmm. stick. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they they, right. they take that thing swimming. I think it gone to the ocean. They they take it to swimming pool. They uh, they bath. You wonder why I don't talk S words. They they bath babies in it. You know. Um. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Stanley Cup. Oh, the 
Stanley Cup had been to Churchill Downs before, but never back in the barns. Mm. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> and you guys wonder why S words are off my list. You know, it's a pretty good sized cup. Maybe we'll put in Patricia's apartment one night while we're broadcasting. She could she could probably live in it. She, she, she <laughs> I'm could, she could, into small spaces. Yeah, she could sit inside the cup while we're broadcasting. I can just sit inside the cup like a little cherub. Mm-hmm. Or, as Sam Spade said one night, I was listening to some Sam Spades this week, they didn't give pronunciations as often as they should to some of the actors. And instead of a cherub like a little angel, he called it a cherub. Oh, that's, nobody, nobody told him how to say the word, but that's the way he read it, cherub. A cute little cherub. Now, here's what you could do with the Stanley Cup. It would make a dandy chocolate uh, fountain. Ooh. It could be Patricia's chocolate scooper. It, it could be my hot fudge sundae. Ooh. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think we get government marketing. We get... Hit- in Indiana, we could open up a drive-in. Yes. Uh, okay. We'll see. We need to name it. And I'll be on roller skates. And well, yeah. Everything. And uh, we, could yeah. Serve, we could serve the Stanley Cup chocolate chip dipper or something. That's right. Oh. Be the size of a Stanley Cup Sunday. Okay. I wonder what... All right, guys. Here, here, here is a sincere question. Yeah. How did the Stanley Cup get its name? It's named after Stanley... Stanley who? <laughs> that was his last name. I forget what his first is. Oh, there really was a Stanley. Uh huh. I figured that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so what is his claim to fame that gave him the entitlement to have a cup named after He's him? He's one of the founders of early founders of hockey, but but besides that, I don't really remember. Dan is our reference librarian. So Dan, take it away. How long has the Stanley Cup? competition been going on. Awesome. Now, I am not in front of my computer right now, so I cannot do my homework, homework, homework. I want to say about 1904, something like that. It's one of the... I think it, time. I think oh, it, I have I, no idea. I think it's the oldest uh, cup in North America. The sports books are in the 796 area. Mm. All right. How... Oh, dear. Oh, so many questions, so little time. Um, yes. Have the American teams, no, erase that. When did the American teams and the Canadian teams begin to compete with each other? I think the NHL was formed around 1932 or so. So, And originally, hockey started out with only six pro teams. I knew it was... Narrow, yeah, at least a little thin. And yeah. I, I think it was, uh, I think it was Chicago, Detroit, Toronto, Montreal. My guess is a team in New York and a team in Boston. Be my, I think it was the original six or something. It was pretty, pretty small, tight group. But so I'm assuming the Stanley Cup been around before we the you know the merger the uh, when they formed the league. You know, all those. Yeah. But that's why I know. Huh. Well, that's a sport we've never managed to sneak into the show that I know of. No. I can't recall that we ever did. 
Is there anything left out there we have not managed to sneak in on my no S words tonight? I have something I can add. All right. Uh, they have just remodeled uh, Muhammad Ali's boyhood home. Now open for tours. Who home? What uh, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali? And, ah. Uh, it, tell tell me what the connection is here. We've talked about boxing. He's he from Louisville. Yeah. That's where his hometown is, Louisville, Kentucky. Yes. Yeah. Traction. Yeah. That's one of the things. That's one of the things Patricia's going to work on. She's going to be the roving reporter for the boxing matches. Right. <laughs> oh, I cannot watch any of that. I truly cannot watch two men standing there with the object of disabling the other person. Well... Speaking of a new sport, uh-huh. you know, you know, with MS, M, what they call it, MSA or whatever this martial oh, art, MMA, right? Oh, the kickboxing and anything goes. Right, that's that's even worse, you know, than boxing. At least boxing has rules. Yeah, and anything inside a ring where the object of the game is to hurt the opponent. Well, it, it, it I just, I can't, I can't do it. Okay. The, the, the guy. You're going to have to find somebody else to cover the rap. The, 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 uh, yeah. Okay. The the organizers. Well, these the guys bought this whole thing to, for two million dollars several years ago. Mhm. They're supposedly putting it on the auction block, and the four group bidding on it. What do you think this thing is yeah. going for right now? Oh my goodness! I I wouldn't even hazard a guess. So think this is, is, is going to be a pretty great return. They bought it for two million, and. They're going to get ready. It for how many billion? Yes, how many billions do you um, think? How many? Between three point five to four billion dollars. Yeah. And they're thinking about they're, they're thinking this is going to be the group that's going to buy the Raiders and move it to Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I've been complaining about the wrong things, haven't I? <laughs> I should have. I should not have crossed the S words off my list. What did What a hoot. What did think? You could be a football reporter in Las Vegas next year covering the Raiders. What do you think? Oh, look at them. They're out in the middle having a cuddle again. <laughs> yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I know you could. I can do this. Kicking around an mm-hmm. odd looking pumpkin, aren't they? Mm hmm. She could do the Annie Griffith, Griffith commentary or whatever. <laughs> oh, the, oh, wasn't that? He yeah. did such a great routine on that. I've got it in my file somewhere. I managed to download it from someplace. And who he did good. What was, what was Andy Griffith's title when he was doing his comedy routines? And I don't know why he was called this, but he was called... He had, I didn't know that he had one. He he was called by a certain title on his early comedy album. You mean like a captain or a colonel or something like that? Something like that. I guess not. Very obscure. Very obscure. But he was called by a title. The king <laughs> the king of the Ozarks? The, nope. the, the corner nope. of the The corner of the Midwest? Nope. The corner of the, <laughs> the South? Midwest. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the corner of the South? Nope. The mouse of the South? Nope. The stage from North Carolina? He was referred to as... going to go on all night, Dan. I, I think 
help us out here, would you please? What was the uh, title? Uh, how about a church term? The, oh, my goodness. Like yeah. reverend? Huh? The reverend? Both. Like reverend Both. or pastor or preacher? Deacon. 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 And I don't know no, why. I never it, heard why he was it, called Deacon Andy Griffith. I'll I'll bet you, Nickel, he was a deacon in a church. I don't know. Couldn't tell you that. But he was pretty young. Well, I'm not in front of my computer. His, neither can I. Yes. He was probably I'll, I'll, I'll do it in a minute. Mike, you know, my guess is because he, 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 he was from what, North, North Dakota? North, 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 North Carolina? North Carolina, I believe. So... From, uh, Yes, he was from North Carolina. So, a lot of his early comedy roots probably came from that period, that time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes, sure did. But I never heard why he was titled Deacon Andy Griffith. You know, I, I think it was a made-up well, title. I, I thought it was. Right. A, I thought it's it was for I, you and only for you guys. I am bypassing finishing making my coffee, and I'll find it. No, on no, 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 no. I've got to. I've got to tell a story. So go ahead and make your coffee. Oh, good. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Your excuse. All right. Now, Thanks. I think... I'll, I'll still be here. But I know. You can't hear me. I know. Okay. Just percolate. Just percolate, make, Patricia. Make it a good Maxwell House coffee. Yep. I can't wait till they become a sponsor of Patricia's segment of the show. I know. Can you yeah. imagine? Boy, when you talk about creative writing, I would really have to use my creativity to come up with something on that one. Well, I just think... Not, not compromise. I, I, I think it would be... I think we'll get you Gracie and George routine that, you know, you you can get good to the last drop and, you know, stuff like that there. We, we could do it this way. Yeah. You could say... We could have Patricia say good to the last drop and then hear the... Uh, the sound of a uh, coffee pot being smashed against the wall. <laughs> Very good, Dad. <laughs> Very good. You have heard the last drop. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You it, never know. The woman was having a story, I think. Andy Griffith, I think it's really interesting and amazing that, you know, when they announce his passing... Quickly, they buried him within a couple of hours. I guess he arranged, um, you know, he had so much privacy that he wanted to be tucked away before he, probably the onlookers or whatever could get to him. And I, I, yeah. I think that's pretty interesting. I think it was on an island in North uh, North Carolina that yeah. his resting yeah. place. That's what I heard, yes. That he was buried hmm. on an island. Yeah. But that's personal preference and should be respected. It's a disappointment for the people who loved him and admired him so much for his entire professional life when they knew him. Hmm. I wonder who I wonder who has the rights to the Griffith shows. I can only look up one thing at a time. Um, oh no 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 no! I was just I'm wondering thinking, if I'm anyone had heard. Yeah, it's probably depend. It probably depends on the on the on the, how the deal is structured. I don't know. I don't know if Andy had wound up the ownership property, or the networks hold it. I don't know. It just depends. Or the production, most likely the production company, and I don't remember who the production company was. I was. I I heard that he was uh, approached to do a. 
you know, a, a, I heard that he wanted, I heard that some people wanted to do a remake of the show, and he didn't want to have it remade. You know, of course, they would try to bring it into, you know, it would not be the same. No. Production. But um, who could who could be Andy Griffith today? I don't know who could be Andy Griffith. I Jim Carrey. I I could see I could see John Cryer being Barney. Okay. How about Jim Carrey? I don't have a lot of faith in Jim Carrey doing a doing Andy Griffith. Okay. I think he would tarnish the image if you yeah. catch my drift. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm not sure anybody could be Andy Griffith. I think it would almost have to be an unknown. You know, uh, maybe mm-hmm. Jeff Foxworthy. Maybe Jeff yep, Foxworthy. Yep. Yep. Would be. A I don't know that, that one. A uh, co- comedian uh, that died at the Comedy Hour. Who? I he does, he... Uh, you might be a redneck. Yes. That's his claim to fame. That's how he got started. Jeff Foxworthy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hooray, hooray. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it doesn't say any. It has no reference other than Deacon Andy Griffith associated with the football skit. Yes. That's how he was addressed. And was, uh, my thought would have been, especially because of the country, you know, the location of the country and the, the small town atmosphere and churches were so important and still are that he actually would have been a church deacon, and apparently not. Or I couldn't tell you. I think, at the time, I think he would have been too young to be a, a deacon. Because he probably was in his hmm. 20s when that skit was done. But I think that skit was done prior to No Time for Sergeants. So that would make it 1953 or so. Um, let me you see, see a, here. You see a copyright date on that? I'm, I'm checking it out. What was football, 1953? Yes. And then I think No Time for Sergeants came along in, like, 1954. Mm, okay, hold on. <laughs> oh, you guys are so good to me. <laughs> well, what would we do with our Patricia? Doing this oh, what would Patricia do without Patricia? Hmm. She wouldn't be here. She wouldn't cause fuss. She wouldn't scream no S-words, no S-words. Exactly. She's made so many things world famous because of her, <laughs> her proclamation. Uh, no I was what? Because of your proclamations, proclamations or whatever I'm trying to say. Yes. Yes. Yes, I have spoken type stuff. She has speak. Yes, my dear. I, yes, may we have speaks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. One says 1958. One says 1955. One says, let's see, Amazon, no time for sergeants. Well, uh, see, you had the Broadway production and then you had the movie. So probably the 58 would be the movie. Okay. And what would have been 54? 54 probably would have been the Broadway production. Oh, okay. Oh, of course. Silly me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Let's see. Um, and stuff like that there. <laughs> exactly. 
Okay. Well, we're back to conversation again. Uh, no, you're on that. What's what's upcoming? What's upcoming in the in, in the in the future for the show here? We're well, having any uh, interviews uh, coming up. Yeah, we were supposed to have John Wilder tonight, but John, being a writer, just got they they asked him to rewrite a movie a TV script. So he's on a deadline, and then uh, the Hallmark Channel want him to do another special. So we're gonna we reschedule. John has a mystery book out, so we moved him probably be June. But in two weeks, we're gonna have Dick Tracy on the show. Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. Now tell the truth. I am. Well, who are we having as a guest? We're having. Dick Tracy's grandson. Oh, really? How about Chester Gold? <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, we're, we're having Chester Gold's grandson. Yeah. How fun that's going to be. So, and we're having the guy that runs the museum in Chester's hometown. It's now an online museum, but it's a brick and mortar museum with the whole history of Dick Tracy and. Uh, so we're going to talk about Dick Tracy on May the 28th. And Is Dick Tracy still published? Yes. Never got out of print. Okay. Been, been in the paper since 1931. You go to, wow. If you go to gocomics.com, you can see the weekly following of Dick Tracy and mm-hmm. a lot of the whole comics are on gocomics.com. Yes, yes. Okay. I, I, I remember that. Yep. You can find your comics online now. And so, so that's on the schedule. John Waters on the schedule. I still have 60 phone calls that I want to get in, but somehow my schedule, you know, I, I'm I'm preserving Patricia. You know, that, that takes some time. <laughs> life interferes with your life is what the problem is. <laughs> so I'm basically archiving Patricia, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the one she was a little kid. Back in the old days, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so I'm transferring the archives and working on a couple conventions. So I want to get my phone calls in, but uh. Yes. But one of the let's see here. You know, there are still three quick kids around. I want to get on. Uh huh. Um. Yep. I. I thought it would be fun to call Brenda Lee back. We haven't had her on about 15 years. I thought it would be fun to have her on. And just, just a wide range of people who I'm hoping to have on. So it's just a matter of me picking up the phone. I would love to hear Doris Day. I would too. But she just pretty much doesn't do it. She's afraid of the public. And uh, but, we're, but we're lovable. I know. We're lovable. I know. I know she doesn't know what she she doesn't know what she's missing. Send her a copy of the show on CD and have her listen to it. I I've 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 gone up the ladder. I'm up to her secretary. The where <laughs> the show. Uh, I I pulled names that uh, people that, that are from, she knows. So yes. I've written letters. Yeah. No. Send her the best. Uh, send her the best of Patricia. I know she's an avid talk radio fan. I know that. She loved, she loved conservative talk radio. She's a big mm-hmm. fan of that format. Yeah. So it sounds like she's 
an avid listener as opposed to participant. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I can deal with that. You know, I understand that. Kind and of let's face it, she busy. She lives on her uh, her home is on nine, eleven acres, and how many cats and dogs she got to look after? That, that maybe that eating in in her free time. That's right. That's right. It's just you know. She might. What, what now? Wait a minute. I got an idea. What's that now? If Patricia's willing to adopt a kitty, maybe we can negotiate a deal. What do you think? She got her. In a she got she got the Doris Day Animal League or whatever. So maybe we can say we're looking to we're looking for a personal recommendation from Doris for a kitty cat for Patricia. That would work for me. Okay. I would take a kitten. I know. See? I love kitties. I know you do. You're a kitty cat gal. You love kitty cats. I do. Cats and I are very friendly with each other. Okay. Does it have to have certain dimensions, certain colors, certain types of uh, kitty cat? I have fur and four feet. You you don't care if it's... three feet. You you know, a wet nose. Just fur and a wet nose and and a purr button. Okay. So you don't care if it's green or 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 or, no. or, 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 or gold or. Oh no, a kitty is a kitty. It's okay. If it, if it barks, you won't bother with that. That you wouldn't mind if it barks, right? If it, it, I would mind if it barked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. I, I I need to interrupt here for just one second. Our Tom. Remember Tom? Yep. Yeah. With the LED lights and stuff? I've been, he and I have been exchanging on Facebook. Yep. Well, I just got an email. I've got an email in front of me. He is listening to us now. Hey, Tom. And he said it's been many, many, many months. Has he been in school? And he's, yeah, he's in school. He's at a school schedule. Um, Let's see. So, Walden admits on air tonight that his uncle used to own a soda fountain. I remember Tom was really mm-hmm. interested right. in old-time soda fountains, right. so he's going to have to call in and give us an update on that. Let's see. He needs to do a write-up so he can put it on his soda fountain museum website. Ah, okay. And he needs the name, the address, years of operation, okay. and some personal memories. Okay. And if your family has photos, he would love that as well. Then I, I need hope to, you have some well. Then we... <laughs> I need to put that with my mom. My mom can probably help out because the the family pharmacy was there for a hundred years, and my uncle's job when he was a small boy was to to mm-hmm. make the ice cream every day. Okay, well that's something right up yep. his alley. Yep. I'm sorry for interrupting, Dan. It was just such a surprise to see this come in from uh, from Tom. And so well, good I'm to glad, hear from him. I'm again. Glad, glad Tom's listening. Yeah. Tom will have to check out, but. Drugs in Cordon, Indiana. We've made the Ellen Show as a pharmacy slash soda fountain. I love it. Can we get an ice cream soda in Cordon, Indiana sure still can. today? You sure can. A hand-dipped ice cream soda. How much for, 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 for five cents? How long has it been around? It's been around all since the 1930s. They used to have a grill in there, and you could get a butt burger if you wanted. You can't. <laughs> I love the name, <laughs> Butts Drugs. Um, 
That's something you'll have needs to, to know about on YouTube. as well. You'll have to go on YouTube and search butt drugs, and Ellen covered it all about two years ago. Great. Commercial there. So, is, uh, 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 ice cream sodas still five cents in Corton, Indiana? Uh, ice cream sodas are a little higher than that, but I do believe they still sell coffee for 25 cents a cup. Uh, Starbucks coffee, right? No, not, no, <laughs> it's a good old Maxwell House. Are you going to get Patricia what? off the floor? I'm, huh? I'm just, I'm, I'm having an upset here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what coffee they serve. I know they serve coffee, but I'm not sure what brand. I'm concerned you don't drink anything hot, so... Yes, I don't like hot drinks. I like nice... Yeah, that, that just knocks me over with all the cold weather you have, and you're not a hot drink person, ooh, not ooh. even hot chocolate or ooh. anything like that. It really surprised me when you said that one night. Did you hear about the you way... Know, the way it's washed. Do, you know do you know how many years I was out standing in my field? Literally? Working what? on the farm? I was yeah. in the farm. Yeah. Usually usually those days are pretty hot. Have yeah. you t- have you two heard about the, the the lawsuit that Starbuck is facing? Uh yes. Oh it's the over the ice? Yes, yes, about the cold drinks. Yes, their iced drinks have too much ice. ice. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who could come up with that. Now, that's creative writing. Isn't it a matter that, like, if you buy a 24-ounce iced coffee, you're only getting, like, 16 ounces of coffee? They were, I, the, the 14 ounces sticks in my brain. Like, there were, it was 14 ounces of the cup was ice. And therefore, she was only getting how much? How big are the, uh, are the big cups? I know, I've never been inside a Starbucks. Six, I don't even know what they look like. Six, six ounces different or something? I don't know. Well, anyway, um, can, can we put that in the capricious and frivolous category? I mean, I wish I had, I, I wish all of us had the kind of time to sit around and come up with something like that. She a must, lawsuit. She Can must, you imagine? She might I'd be, write the company and be happy with a coupon. <laughs> she might be upset, huh? Which I have done. She might be upset. Not, not Starbucks. Not Starbucks, but. Okay. I'm, Family I'm, members, if any of you have a Starbucks coupon, you can email to floridarider at hotmail.com and Patricia can go. Please don't bother. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not into that kind of stuff. I wrote to the people who wrecked my frozen dinner and they sent me coupons for two. So I use that. Uh, can you imagine this? And, and I'll have to give them a better break than I did with the I can't believe it's not butter type stuff, <laughs> which read my note that said this is the worst product I've ever tasted. Why did you change the formula? And they said, gee, we're sorry. Here are all the reasons you should have liked it, and we'll send you some coupons for free. <laughs> why, why would I want a free tub if I won't even buy the stuff? So these people sent me coupons for something I complained about. But that it's okay because I had other choices on the coupons. So you didn't go back and try the same thing over and over just to see a different outcome? Yes, I did. 
And? and I told them I still buy the product. I just don't like what you did to it. And they said, okay, we'll send you some coupons. So I used them. So what? While we were just, I'm not making any sense, Em. Yeah. What? 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 With the folk dinner? What? 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 While with the folk dinner? Well, you used to get meat and potatoes and a vegetable, and yeah. it was really good. And yeah. then they said, "Oh, gee," and it was like 250 calories. There, I said, "Like again? Would you please?" When I say something stupid like that, just hit me upside the head. Anyhow, I've got 250 calories with a tasty frozen dinner that I can just pop in the microwave and sit down and eat it. And they took away some of the meat and put in what they call a dessert, like um, apples in uh-huh. a sweet sauce yep. type thing, yep. Yep. pure sugar, Yep. and jacked it up to 300 calories and took away the meat. And I think that's pretty stinky. Because Patricia's watching So it's cheaper to bigger. produce... And they're claiming that you get more food value because it's got 300 calories now instead of 250. So it's a moral story. You buy two of them and throw away the mm-hmm. dessert, and then you have enough meat. Well, I throw away the dessert anyway. So, But anyhow, that's my story. And I wrote to them and said, this is not a very nice thing to do to our perfectly fine dinners. And they wrote back and said, gee, we're sorry, we'll send you some coupons. Well, I expected an envelope full, right? Right. If a company says, we'll send you some coupons? Right. I got two. <laughs> well, technically, two, two is plural, so. For a dollar each. Yes. Well, they they really broke the bank, didn't fine they? Because these things only cost a dollar each. <laughs> <laughs> How I'm much, into cheap. How much was the original frozen dinner? In the, you know, when we looked it up on Swanson, that turkey Swanson, dinner. Yes, it was. It was a Thanksgiving problem. Yeah. Right. What? What? In 1949, how much was? Too, too much turkey. She was. Was it like 50 cents or something? I'd say oh, quarter. I don't remember the price. But it was. I, no. It was been, under a dollar. Huh? Under a oh, dollar. No, 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 no. The Swanson people, what? when the first. Uh, there were TV dinners that were attempted before Swanson. Swanson was the first one that did it on a grand scale, and they did it because they had 250 million pounds of turkey left over from Thanksgiving, and they they put it out to their their team and said, what can we do with this? And some bright person said, you know, when I was on an airplane trip, they served stuff in this compartmentalized tray and he was the one who suggested the aluminum tray and fill it up with food and put it in the freezer section. And it just took off from there with their 250 million pounds. What would you do with 250 million pounds of leftover turkey? Well, that's a lot of turkey. a TV dinner. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of turkey. A lot of turkey. I that's love a turkey. a lot of turkey. I can, I can never get enough turkey. I can eat turkey... You're around. Okay, what's the best way to have turkey? The best In way. In my mouth. Dan, the best way. What do you think? Is, you, is Dan going to sit home and have turkey dinner just for himself? Yes. Well, how are you going to do it? You mean like bake the bird in the oven? Or however you want to do it. Well, however Dan wants to do it. That decides. Just, yeah, just what you. Yeah, what's with turkey? 
And do you like white, white meat or dark meat and gravy and dressing do, and it, sweet potatoes or mashed potatoes or, and or, like or, or, or do you do a Mike Candy and get fried the bird? Well, you know, I have had fried turkey before. It's pretty nice. You have to watch that. You kind of have to have the, um, the monitor in the turkey and make sure it's done all the way through. But uh, turkey, I like it. Um, I like the dressing. I like gravy with it. I like, um, I, I do like a turkey sandwich, a deli turkey sandwich. Mm-hmm. Had one for lunch today. I had Jimmy John's delivered because it was too difficult to get off the campus today. Mm. I like I, it was. I like my turkey sandwiches with really thick cut of meat, like the number yeah. two cut rather than thin slices. I think I, I feel like I get robbed when I don't have a thick cut. Yes, yes. You want the homestyle cut. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, and I like white meat. What kind of stuffing? What kind of stuffing? I like white bread toast Good. stuffing. Good. Homemade, homemade stuffing. I make good stuffing. What's in, you your, really? what's in your stuffing? Is it corn, is it corn really or white bread? I use bread white bread. Or white bread? I use white bread. Are you you inviting the family over for Thanksgiving this year? (laughs) Which two can fit? (laughs) We have to do this two at a time. Maybe that or I need need money for a bigger apartment. Well, we'll 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 just rent the Coliseum and invite the family to come over. The Coliseum? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And how is Sister Barbara? She is doing well. Thank you for asking. That's she, fine. Hey, she had a birthday. She, she had a birthday this week. Did she really? Your sister. She did. Mm-hmm. Does she know it? Yeah, she, she answered on Facebook. I don't think oh, she's on Facebook. <laughs> she is. Oh, wait a minute. She, she and I talked yesterday. She made herself, she said, I'm, I'm making myself a birthday cake. Mm-hmm. She's just a few months off. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me you're borrowing against birthday? She said, yes. I said, so what are we up to, 110 or 114? <laughs> well, on her Facebook page, she put this week down her birthday week. Her birthday week. Well, that was her excuse to have a birthday cake yesterday. <laughs> It was not her birthday this week. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't realize that she had an active Facebook page. Yes. Yes, she does. She has me, John, and Lori, her friends on Facebook. And I, she, she, oh, she, got some interesting, you know, she got some interesting little sidebar things on her Facebook page, you know. Really? Oh. You're going to have to read them to me. <laughs> you know. I'm tempted. I'm tempted to move my birthday because my birthday could not be a lousier time of the year. Oh, where are you, Eddie? Really? What, where what, are you? Where are you, Dan? When do you think the lousiest time to have a birthday would be? Well, I, you know, for a little kid, it would be at Christmas. Well, you're not missing it much. Christmas Eve? How about the second week of January? Oh. I mean, well, I... My birth, my birthday is noted to be like during blizzard season here. Well, John Roy is a, John Roy is second 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 day in January. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're not my too gran- close. My grandfather worked for the county road department, mm-hmm. and w- during one birthday, my grandmother rode the county road grader over to deliver my birthday present. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Isn't yes. that sweet? I tell you, talk about like being Santa Claus, <laughs> delivering gifts by road grader. How about yeah? Yes. So did she have Rudolph? She didn't have Rudolph. No, she was on a yellow uh, road grader. So oh, bless it, her heart. That is such a great story. Yes. Neither rain, well, snow, nor dark of night would keep her and, away. And stuff like that there. Yeah, stuff well, like that. I don't think it's a particularly lousy time. Yeah. Um, Any time we have a birthday is a celebration. Yeah. And we made it for another year. So yes. yes. If you give me a well, date, I'll put you on my calendar. That's right. Exactly. So, but so what, what, the what, what the date? Mm, it's two weeks after Christmas. January, after. January the 8th? In that neighborhood. <laughs> All right. So, I, 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 th- I think it's the ninth. A little higher. Tenth. A little higher. Eleven. A little higher. Twelve. A little higher. Thirteen. We, we uh, can all right. to one here. <laughs> yes. A little higher. A little higher. Two weeks after Christmas. Maybe seven. Fourteen. And... Seven is the fourteenth. Fourteen. No, no, it should be the seventh. Well, it's in that neighborhood. Uh, you know, the eighth. The, well, actually, the eighth is fourteen days after Christmas. I know. Yes. No, I mean I'm I'm scolding him. He's doing a bad I know. year here. He he's being elusive. I'm being elusive. Oh, is that yeah. what it is? <laughs> I'm, I'm being elusive. Oh. Well, we don't know. We don't even know what month Patricia's birthday is. And, been and we're not going to either, well, are we? Well, I, 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 can, I can tell one, I can tell, I can give one hint. No hints. Patricia, one out of 12. Patricia was born in the last century, so that's the hint I'm going to give. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, was born, okay. I was born in the last century, Dan was born in the last century, you were born in the last and century. How? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, God. It's true. I'm older than 16. You're sweet 16. How about that? That's what we can sing for your birthday song. It would be very hard to have been with you for 10 years. <laughs> 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 so. Oh, dear me. Deary, deary me. Well, Dan, I'm so glad you are home safe. Yes. And yes. you had a good experience, and graduation is over and done with for this year. And stuff like that there. So are you are you not working at the library two jobs this week? Or are you got a little time off just on your own? I've got a little I, I've got a little bit of time off and I'm just uh, trying to get caught up on a few projects. Of course we're having our like civil war with us. Yeah, I know. having our civil war uh, living history this year in July. That's about a month uh, mm-hmm. it's about eight weeks off. We're gonna have a big uh, celebration for that, of course. We're still in the middle of the uh, uh, Indiana Bicentennial, and we've had, you know, projects going on there. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the Indiana Constitution back in Corden on the 
uh, starting July 9th. I'm sorry, uh, June 9th. Cool. June 9th. Okay. So, yes, they're bringing the Constitution back to where it was first written. So Four was... scores and seven years ago. No, that's the wrong document. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Wrong document. <laughs> very, <laughs> very wrong. <laughs> oh, dear me. Oh, dear me. Yes. Very um, close. Well, thank you for brightening our night. Well, thanks for listening, and thank you, Walden, for cluing me in on the... Uh, on the big radio bill? Uh, on the big convention. I'm here. glad. I'm glad, Daddy. I'm I, glad, I you guys. something... Pick me before Dan goes. I all have right. something. Pick me. Pick all right, me. Pick all right. me. Dan, there's a little girl in our life that jumping up and down. She wants to be noticed. So, yes, 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 my dear. Please, please, please. Do you remember a couple of years ago I asked you why are we supposed to eat acorn squash when it's green and why not when it turns yellow? And neither one of us knew, and I found out why. Did you really? How I come? really did. The when it ripens and turns yellow, then that means it's it's getting riper. The inside gets more stringy. Yes. So uh-huh. it, it and that's the reason they say eat it green. Nothing wrong with the squash. It just doesn't have the same consistency that the younger I've ones heard, do. I've heard it's called also spaghetti squash too. That that's a separate squash. Is it a separate squash? Okay. Well, it's it was, a separate no. squash. It actually looks like spaghetti when you split the thing open. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. No, nope, this is just stringy and fibrous, I guess would be a better word. It gets fibrous. That's right. And Did you ever contact my operator friend? Oh, my gosh, I did not. Oh, Dan, thank you for the reminder. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure. I've I've missed a few oh, interviews. I missed I, I am so Neil sorry. interview. Thank you for reminding me on that operator. Oh, that's I put fine. it on Mondays. Okay. I think that's you on my Monday calendar. I think you and her will have a good chat. I think we will have a great time, and I feel terrible. Thank you so much for the reminder. Ah, you've been under the weather, that's my dear. Right. Oh boy. Oh boy, I've been swamped by the weather. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm so uh, lovable. You are adorable. adorable. You are adorable <laughs> and lovable. Yeah, I don't. I don't even remember who I am. You're both. You're, both. you're the adorable, lovable one. The, right. the adorable, right. lovable one. Yeah. Okay, so I've got my reminder about the operator, and I will dig out your email note because I do have it, and we've taken care of the squash question. Exactly. We're, we're just. What a productive night. Problems. We're. We're taking off the and the, and the Stanley yeah. Cup. Stanley Cup. That's right. Oh well, everybody, have a good night. Boston. You too, Dan. <laughs> have a good, good week. Night, talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Tom. Yeah, Tom yeah. sent it. Yeah. Now it's just down to your questions. I need to take um, a Tom. quick break for about three minutes to go grab a glass of milk. So we'll do that. Yeah. Right. Well. I know it. Yeah. But I go ahead. Know it. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, Tom is saying. Sent another email that Madeline LeBeau, the last of the Casablanca actors, died this week. Ooh, I did not know. Wow. And so he let us know about okay. that. She was 92 years old. Wow. Okay, I'm finished. Okay. It's just going to be Patricia and I. Call back or I'll, just, I'll just put you on hold. You want to put me on hold? Or up to you, my dear. I'll just put you on hold. Okay, I'm gonna. I want to go grab a glass of milk. 
So I'll hang up. Okay, okay, <laughs> you hang up, then I'll call you right back. Okay. Okay, here we go, everybody. We'll be back. To know you is to love you. And I love you Cause I know you are such a sweetheart That when you walk down the street Everyone's heart just naturally skips a beat The others who have met you Better start in to forget you because to know you is to love you so it's time for everyone you know to know you love me to know Were you Because to know you is to love you so It's time for everyone you know to know you Love me Were you a room you would be twice as cozy oh, to know you Were you a sound it would be twice as sunny Were you a bee they would be sweeter honey Were you a tune everyone would be crooning Harmonizing you out in the street you such a bond, love me, that oh my. And that's the reason the when you go by each heart, naturally skips, just a beat. naturally skips a beat. Yeah. Were you the spring, you would be twice as springy. Were you the vine, you would be twice as clingy. Were you the moon, everyone would be spooning. Every night would be mighty sweet because to know you is to love you so. It's time for everyone you know. You make my life a bowl of peaches and cream to love You got me living in the craziest dream To know that you love me Watching the night go by Wishing that you could be Watching the night with me Into the night I cry Hurry home, come home to me Set me 
into your arms I'll fly Locked in your arms I'll stay Waiting to hear you say No other love have I No other love Into the night I cry In your arms I'll stay Waiting to hear you say No other love have I No other love Oh. 
come true for tonight I have you Start to light her cigarette, and all at once you love her. You've scarcely talked, you've scarcely met, but all at once you love. So she thinks you're wise and clever. You kiss goodnight, and then you know you'll kiss goodnight forever. You wonder where. Your heart can go, then all at once you know. Good night forever. You wonder where your heart can go. Then all at once you know. Troubles are through. Oop de doo, oop de doo. This kind of music is like heaven to me. Oop de doo, oop de doo. It's got me higher than a kite. Hand me down my soup and fish. I am gonna get my wish. 
whoop-dee doing it tonight When there's a trombone player I get a thrill, I always will When there's a concertina stretched about a mile I always smile, cause that's my style When there's a fiddle in the middle Oh, it really is a riddle How he plays a tune so sweet Plays a tune so sweet that I could die Lead me to the floor and hear me yell for more Cause I'm a hoop-dee-dooing kind of guy I get a thrill, I always will. He always will when there's a concertina. Stretched about a mile, I always smile. You see him smile. Cause that's my Cause style. That's style. When, when there's, there's a fiddle in the middle, middle it really is a real high place. Tune so sweet. Plays a tune so sweet that we could die. Ah, yes, lead me to the floor and hear me yell for more. Cause I'm a hoop dee doing kind of guy. higher than a kite We're in clover, we're in bloom When we're dancing, give us room hoop de doing it with all of our might Rain may fall and snow may come Nothing's gonna stop us from hoop de doing it hoop de doing it hoop de doing it tonight I am back. That was written by Milton Delug, my late friend. I say a prayer, then we'll go get Patricia. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity being here. Brought this wonderful country. But the opportunities we have, look after the needy, the poor, and the hungry. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. What you doing, Hutton? Doodling. Can you doodle? Can I doodle? I can't get it out of my noodle. How come? Because I love you. A bushel and a peck. A bushel and a peck. And a hug around the neck. Ouch! Hug around the neck. And a barrel and a heap. Barrel and a heap. And I'm talking in my sleep about you. About me? Yes, about you. My heart is leaping, having trouble sleeping. Cause I love you. A bushel and a peck, you bet your pretty neck I do. Do you like me, Perry? Oh, very. Do you like me, Happy? Like a glutton! So where's your como button? And there we go. There is the modern day Betty Hutton on the line with us. Hello, Patricia. Hello. <laughs> you, 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 don't you remind people of Betty Hutton? Yes, I do. 
I thought it was Ava Gardner. Well, you, you see, you have the boast of everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, does, what does Betty Hutton sound like? Well, she was singing that song, that's why. She was the one that was, she was known as the Bond Bombshell, because she was, she, Xavier, no, it was not a, blonde, but I'd be happy to apply for the job. Yeah, it was, she was. She was going to get fired <gasps> from an orchestra leader, and so she went out and did the whole crazy screaming routine and became a hit. And so she was, became the 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 gal who sang. You don't. You mentioned that you don't like her singing because she just she's over the top and oh things like that. Then never mind. Okay. I'll just do my bare feet routine. Yeah, okay? you you and Ava Gardner. Yeah. She was nice, right? Uh huh. Okay. I'm. I'm. What did she? What did she do? I know she was an actress. Yes. You do. Oh, Magambo was a big movie of hers with Clark Gable. Uh, she was married to Artie Shaw, married to Mickey Rooney. <laughs> 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 what did she do? Shouldn't encompass all of these marriages. <laughs> Yeah, she did a lot of a lot of movies of the forties. You know, definitely one of the great pinup girls of the of the. Uh, oh, good. So, so you 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 have that in common. You're the so pinup. I'm in good company. Yes, you're the pinup girl for the blind community. You're the, she was a pinup girl. <laughs> oh yes. World War Two. There are some people who don't get that. You I know? know. I know. Oh, they had to work on their sense of humor. I, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just that they don't put a lot of thought into. Their listening skills, I guess. I don't know. Well, fun. You know, when, I when, thank when, you for the honor. When when Patricia starts sending her autographed photos, I decided it should be of Alvin. So we'll, we'll, we'll send those out as soon as possible. I think that would be great. You know, once we have enough money in the bank, we can do some things like that. We can start doing we can stuff do, like that. We can send out autographed photos. Patricia will autograph it. There'll be a picture of Alvin. In, With Alvin. And on a bookshelf. Uh-huh. You know. Yep. Like I said, I still have Alvin up on my bulletin board, mm-hmm. and I could make a copy of that. Alvin, the Christmas card that I have was made by Dr. Dale, and you've heard us talk about Dr. Dale periodically. He did the science fiction show for Yesterday USA for many years, Yeah, and he passed, when did you say, eight years? Yep, eight years ago. Um, just incredible. But anyway, he and Walden used to teach me, or tease me rather, mm-hmm. about Alvin and the chipmunks, because there comes a point at Christmas time when I have had enough chipmunk squeals, <laughs> and they would tease me about it. And Dr. Dale made a Christmas card for me. It is a piece of art. Inside, outside, he even had a publishing company on the back. I have to go check what the publishing company was. But it, it was just such a masterpiece, and I've kept it all this time. And, of course, did not know that he was going to pass. But I think anyway, we sent that to you. In when two- I talk about Alvin on my yeah. bulletin board, that's where Alvin came from. Yeah, I think we had it sent to you in 2005 or something like that. You know? Yeah. Wouldn't it have been fun to have uh, the show and Dr. Dale calling in? Wouldn't that have been fun? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Because that's what he and I did a lot. When, when I reported stuff on set, he would just call me and just talk for three to four hours straight. He really? Just, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, he he was not too much of an on-air talker, which is surprising because he did such a wonderful job mm-hmm. for us on the science fiction. 
he actually got me listening to science fiction, which just was not a genre that I was ever interested in. Right. And because of him, I started listening periodically to some science fiction stuff. So he, he has left a gift with me. He used to send somebody oh, Irish music. Chat, he was one of the gang in the chat room, and we would have just such silly fun. Okay, oh, yeah. I've got chocolate. Pass it over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, being tossed. I've got some salad on this side. <laughs> yeah. And we would just have silly fun. So. Okay, we'll do that sometime. Once I'm done transferring the whole archive, I'm probably left in a year away. A getting year. It. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, 10,000 cassette tapes can take a while. I think so. I did pop in, gee, I guess about two weeks. That's what I heard. I heard. <laughs> Popped in and said hi. Who told you? I think I heard. I had my Wi-Fi radio. I was busy using the computer, and I think um, Bill announced that you and Sylvia were in the chat room, or so I don't know who else. But That is true. That is true. I got a very rousing hello. <laughs> 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 I mean, you just can't take away from... I. I have a terrible time doing two things at the same time. You know, if, if I get an email like I did from Tom, I kind of have to tune out what goes on in the rest of my world in order to you understand. I do. I've been with you for, for You understand. I've been we've been together a long time. Isn't it disgusting? <laughs> <laughs> no, we know each other's We do. Patterns. When when I say isn't it disgusting, I mean it's just it's it's just incredible it's so much time 11 years uh, it just i don't you know oh dear i'm glad we had it i'm so glad we had yeah. it. yeah oh my goodness yes and both of us weren't supposed to no nope. and we and no nope. sneaked in it's grateful we sneaked in every wake up time is oh goody i got me another one and family thank you for enriching our lives Oh, for all the years, you know, it's been a, it's a Saturday night, it's not Saturday night for not doing the show. That's true. You know, Patricia, last week. Patricia, you know, make these big sacrifices like staying in bed and <laughs> watching the BBC comedy stuff like that. Did. But, you know. Do you know, I did. I was truly for three days, I was flat on my back. I mean, really flat on my back, and that's what I did. I watched the Britcoms on Saturday night. So did they make you happy? Oh, my gosh. Of all the ones that I could have watched, the one I like the most is Keeping Up Appearances, which, of course, is, and Patricia Rutledge is still with us. She was a masterful comedian and just did such a wonderful job. She's an opera singer. They offered her this job, and they or they attempted to recruit her. She said, I'm an opera singer. I'm not an actress and certainly not a comedian. Well, she took the role, and they could not have picked anyone funnier or better for that particular character. Okay, then why don't we invite her on the show? Oh, she's in she's in England. What's wrong? Yes, that would be okay, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that would be fine. That would be fine. I'll have to look up and make sure that she's still with us. Just yeah. What a wonderful... I mean, we had, we had you know, our friend Phil Reed. We might as well have an actress. Why not? Maybe we could have the two of them together. You know. Yeah. That, it, it would be fun. But of all the shows that I have watched of this particular program, the funniest one that makes me laugh out loud every time I see it, 
played on Saturday when I watched it. So your timing was right. The timing, and I, I, I truly laughed out loud. Yeah. It's, you know, you can be amused and you can mm-hmm. smile and have a good time with something, but when you're watching something all by yourself and you belly laugh out loud, that is such a compliment to the program, and it's unusual. I don't think a lot of people do that. I mean, it's not part of my customary routine. I don't think a lot of people laugh out loud at things when you're watching them by yourself. You kind of feed off each other yeah. when you're laughing. I like comedy shows because they make you feel good. You know, they put you in a good mood. What I, I stumped right on one of your words. What puts you in a good mood? I like listening to comedy shows because it puts you in a good mood. It does. It does. Yeah. But, again, it, it's amusing. There are a couple mm-hmm. of things that I listened to this week that actually made me laugh out loud. I wish I could remember what they were, but and it's been... It was, du- it, was du- it, was, it was during the time you were recording the awful shows with Larry and I on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> on Wednesday, and I'm so grateful to be able to tell you I can see my computer tonight. Hooray! Well, that was scary, you know? Anyhow, you may have... This is an either-or question. You may have the... National Parks questions, mm-hmm. or your regular Saturday night questions. It's up to you, whatever you're in the mood for. Well, let me see if I can... F- Maybe you want to do a hybrid. I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> no, we are not running on gas and electric. <laughs> um, let's do your regular questions. Okay. And I'll see if I can... F- I did go out and check. And uh, maybe you can save these for next... That we'll, we can sp- we drop these here in periodically next Saturday in the National Park stuff. We, we can drop them in every once mm-hmm. in a while, and I'm disappointed enough to tell you that they do not archive everything from so, this particular set of questions that I get. So, so maybe you're going to have to print them out or something. I have to send a note to Bob in Wisconsin who sent a question to me one night from this particular website. Mm-hmm. And at least once a day, you get, your, here's your trivia question for today. And I have an absolutely dismal, <laughs> <laughs> dismal record. I have 63% correct. Well, it's that passing. It is? Yeah, better than... I thought 70 was passing. Oh, I thought, I was thinking of a lot of D's and David's, and that's 60% and better. At least it's not an F. Whatever. I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take it. And that also reminds me that David in Alabama has suggested an interview, and I've got to download some of the shows. It sounds like a funny show, and it's fairly recent. Okay. So the people who have put this together are not history. They're they're current okay. as well as history. So I will dig up the information that okay. you sent on that. It sounds like a fun deal. Okay. We um, need to have David we, we, we need to have David on once in a while. He's been such a long time since he called. I know. I know he's oh. basically raising a, raising a little girl. But you know little munchkin. You know, uh, besides his daddy time, we we can have him on a little bit. That'd be great. I I think so. Walden the scary thing. Mhm. She is at least Six years old now. Isn't that something? Uh, I just. <laughs> we known him before he even had a little munchkin, my dear. That's right. That's <laughs> right. We knew him before pre-munchkin. We knew him pre-fatherhood. That's right. Yeah. 
So, okay, let me give you one Winnie the Pooh. Okay. And then we can go. Uh, we've probably said this one already, but I will yeah. I used to believe in forever, but forever is too good to be true. Uh, what is forever? Forever? Well, until ever shows up, right? <laughs> well, is forever when we run out of wake-ups in the mornings? Or is forever after we're gone? Well, my first thought when you were thinking forever, I was thinking of the afterlife, you know? We'll have mm -hmm. that forever. You know, this is just sort of a trial run. Yeah. So that's... I think it's physical presence. I just depend... Well, you know... Like but this, if, when we're casually mm -hmm. talking about being around forever, yeah. I, I tend to think of it in... The current state that we're in. Earthly state. Yeah. 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 Not, not, not necessarily the spiritual yeah, realm that we're, we're going to be in. probably right. I'll have to ponder that. That's a great question. We're going to have to put that in. Patricia yeah. pondering. We have. Pondering for the day. <laughs> we have such great ponders. <laughs> 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 okay. We have, as usual, Stump Walden, Walden's brain teaser, Walden's presidential question. Have you noticed everybody they have something all in common with Walden in the t in the title? Okay, go ahead. Well, maybe I don't. I I think I have one that doesn't. Oh, okay. Okay, so we've got your presidential question mm -hmm. and Walden's presidential quote. Okay. Walden's colonial. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Walden's first lady and Walden's baseball. Question. Hey, I made it all the categories. That's pretty special. There we go. Okay. So if you ever get a new co-host, you're going to have to retitle the questions. What do you think? Oh, dear. Well, I can't be here by myself. <laughs> I don't have any buttons. <laughs> so you're stuck with me. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you were going to cash me in for a new co-host or well, something. Well, I can't cash However, gee yeah. whiz, you yeah. could cash me in, huh? No, I wouldn't do that. Well, maybe you wouldn't, but you could. I wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to, but you could. I don't want to. You don't want to, but you could. <laughs> <laughs> you are capable. You know, my dear, you you, you, you you know what the kind of uproar we would have if that ever would happen? If, if I if I announce that Patricia's no longer here and she's on a hot, you know, a on a sabbatical and for forever, you think kind of uproar <laughs> I would have? See, it is forever. Yeah. So you, you got a lifetime contract. Where's your mine? It's mutually exclusive. Mm, whose lifetime? It's the, whatever the product is. <laughs> <laughs> I got the sillies tonight I'm making up for last week. Okay, which one would you like? Oh, let's do my baseball question. Your baseball question. Uh, you know, see, all of this stuff is new to me, and I'm confident it's not new to you. However, Uh-oh. I found maybe one. No, no, I never heard one question. Your, your phone broke up. Are you serious? Yep. So try again. But I found one. Okay. What is a Baltimore chop? Oh, okay. I think that's the, that's the a hit 
that hits the ground once in the infield and goes right into the outfield. Well, or or it could be or it could be where they hit the ball and the ball bounces off the plate and it goes in and it goes into the outfield. That is correct. It's a ground ball that's hit mm-hmm. and it bounces off the front of home plate or it hits home plate or bounces off the okay. um, home plate and it takes a large hop. Boy, this is a heck of a hop. A hop over the infielder's head. Now, that is one heck of a whack on the bat. Yep, sure is. Is that really a Baltimore chop? It did not give me the history of the term, just the term. Hmm. Hmm. Fascinating. I don't know. Pretty good. Yeah. So, see, this is one where, do you recall at the beginning of the show, I said I've got all of this great information? Yep. And you're going to ask me, well, what about this? I know. He wasn't I nice? I didn't ask you about that. I asked myself, where's the rest of it? <laughs> because I've trained you so well. Where's, because what? I trained you so well. <gasps> where's the rest of it? Yeah. I do not know because you did not do your homework. Boo-boo-boo-boo. Okay, what's next? My presidential quote. Your presidential quote. Aha. <laughs> it's a good one. People make a big fuss over you when you're president, but I am very serious about doing everything I can to make sure it doesn't go to my head. We don't have a whole lot of hum- humble people. No. <clears throat> Gerald Ford. No. He's one humble. <laughs> I think we've got at least one more. Yeah. Richard Nilhouse Nixon. Humble, humble. Lyndon <laughs> <laughs> no. Bain Johnson. You know what? This is, I have to stop you there, Richard yeah. Nixon. He ha- he has been quoted as having said things that so are so incongruous. Yes. To the image we have of that man. So yes, I I shouldn't laugh. That indeed could have been something he would have said. All right. How about how about Lyndon Bain Johnson? Now we're really into. <laughs> relatives and they all like old time radio and they're all listening and I'm going to have lawsuits. See? Well, yes, one thing. When, when we go to the Cherry Festival in Kansas City, we'll get to meet all the relatives of the Predators. Oh, hooray. You know, that way you can interview yes. them all. Yes. Yeah. And okay. I've, I haven't been unkind. No. You just state your opinion. I just say what's in my head and yes. it falls out of my mouth and it should stay in my head. Sometimes. Sort of. It makes what you, you is. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yay. Oh, so adorable. People make a big fuss over you when you're president, but I'm very serious about doing everything I can to make sure that it doesn't go to my head. I do not know. Jimmy Carter. Uh, now, everything on the Internet is true. You yep. understand that, right? Yep, I can see that being coming from Jimmy. Um, James I Earl have, Carter. I found a website a year or two ago called the Quote Investigator, mm-hmm. and these people are—they—they they are like pit bulls when they mm-hmm. get get an expression. People will write in and say, "I've heard this expression attributed to yep a particular person," 
and they will go back to the 1500s trying to find origin of a quote and make yeah. sure that there's an attribution. I mean, they're they're really crazy. So I'm almost afraid to go up there with these. <laughs> with these kinds of things, but at the very least, it's a good paraphrase. Sure. Okay, what's next? Uh, first lady stuff. Your first lady stuff. This is a quote from a first lady. Somewhere out in this audience may even be someone who will one day follow in my footsteps and preside over the White House as the president's spouse. I wish him well. How are you, Clinton? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> in, in today's political climate, that would be the correct answer, but it wasn't. Oh. I mean, that's kind of cute. I wish him well. Yeah. My first thought was Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh, Walden, really? <gasps> yes, well, I guess so. Well, I'm thinking, you know, she You're was right. she was around long enough. Right and, after FDR's death. Yeah. She really came into her own. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I say she came into her own. I think she came into a different part of her life. A different part. We just became more aware. Yes. She became more visible. Yeah. That's uh, that's my supposition, anyway. But anyhow, no. So, it, so you're pretty sure it's not Mamie Eisenhower, huh? We, no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't, and, and she had. She was in the background. Yes. But apparently had a fairly well-developed sense of humor and was very good at state affairs, mm-hmm. you know, state dinner. Mm-hmm. So she she was really a lot more present than I ever gave her credit for. I don't know the answer, my dear. Barbara Bush. Ah, good old Barb. Yep. Someday someone will follow in my footsteps and... The president's spouse. I yeah. wish him well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was Barbara Bush. Okay, what's next? Uh, my colonial question. I knew you were going to ask that because I have this whole paragraph and I have to figure out how to put it in a sentence. Okay, all right, here we go. Um, the first constitutional convention in Philadelphia. 1875, uh huh. It was called for eight. Uh, well, a constitutional convention. It, it says 1787. So oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Okay, okay. This, so this was the convention, not the yeah. constitutional. Yeah. Con- okay. Okay. All right. And the anniversary of the date that that was supposed to have been called is May 14th. Okay. 1887. So the 14th is an anniversary, or let's see, it's after three out there. Mm-hmm. So Saturday was the anniversary. However, they had to move it to May 25th because they didn't have a quorum of participating states. Right. When they finally gathered their quorum, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They had nine states represented. Mm-hmm. Name five. That was there? Pardon? Okay, that was there, right? Not, not, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes, when they finally, on, on May 25th, they finally had a quorum. Yeah. Name five I, of the... I thought you were going to ask me why it was late, and I think it was because the roads were so muddy for travel purposes is why they had to weigh it. Um, yeah, and w- they they didn't have enough states showing up, so it indeed could have been. Yeah. 
a well, weather problem and a transportation problem, but they they had to change it from the 14th to the 25th. That's when enough states mm-hmm. finally showed up. Um, New York, Massachusetts, Virginia. Yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah. And Maryland. No. One of them surprised me. New Jersey. New Jersey was there, correct. Okay. So you've got your five. Okay. There's Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. Georgia surprised me. Hmm. That was quite a distance. What four state didn't make it? I don't know. Ah, okay. See, I knew it. I knew you were going to ask. I knew it. That's going to be it. that's going to be for next week. You can you can look up the reverse. Okay, what four what four state didn't make it? Well, I'll just look up for the whole list and to track. Off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do it the difficult way. Oh, Walden. Oh, Walden. Well, who was left? In 1787. My guess, Rhode Island, Vermont. I was just going to say Vermont. Yeah. I'll have to go back and yeah. look. I will have to Maryland, go. I guess, you know. We had, we had North Carolina and South Carolina, mm-hmm. Virginia, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New York, and New Jersey. Now, that takes care of that whole strip right there. Hmm. My guess would be Maryland, Rhode Island, Vermont. There could be three of them, but that's yeah. just my guess. I don't have to go now, do I? No. Thank you. This is for a future project. This is, <laughs> this is for a future project. Yeah. Okay. What else? Uh, my brain teaser. Your brain teaser. Okay. Your brain teaser. When is an older $50 bill worth more than a newer one? One is really scarce. <laughs> I'm not sure this is a legitimate answer, but... Sure, I'm ready for it. What do you got? Never. That's, I thought about that, too, but... But it, you know... Dollar bill is a $50 yeah. bill. Yeah. I don't know, how, how long have we been printing $50 bills? A long, long time. Um, but I, I don't know. I check the currency sites every once in a while, but I don't recall ever seeing an extra value placed on a $50 bill for a collector, for example. Poor Andrew Jackson's going to get replaced on the, was it the 20? On the 20, yes. Poor guy. Harriet Tubman. Poor guy. Yeah, well. He was there for a long time. He was there for a long time, but my goodness, the, the uproar that... I don't want to say uproar, that's not the correct word. Mm-hmm. The historians and the people who reacted to the changes in the currency were not very kind to him. No. They were not very kind no, to him. No, that's true. And it's, it's almost appropriate that right. Harriet Tubman is the person who will be replacing him on the front of, of, yep. the, uh, of the 20. And one of the currencies, I think it's the 10, has five women on the back. Mm. Wrong. 
And I bet my fourth women and Martin Luther King. I bet my Patricia that looked took her ten dollar bill out and looked at it. Well, we're not going to see them for quite a while. It's going to be twenty thirty before yeah. the twenty dollar bill is replaced. And people say, Why can't we have it next year? Why can't we have the it's it's part of the cycle. There there's an actual prescribed cycle that we go through changing images on our currency. And the $20 bill was not scheduled for a major change until 2030. So that's how come we have to wait so long. I'm guessing we might not have to, but that's what's in the schedule right now. Yeah, well, considering we're not going to have currency anymore pretty soon. I know. (laughs) Somebody on one of the feedback pages said, who cares? We're not going to have it anyway. (laughs) Okay, now, which... Of the of one, five, ten, and twenty, which is the most circulated and the most popular? My guess is probably the one that's the most circulated and the most popular is the five. Most popular is the twenty. Ooh. People are saying we don't even carry tens anymore. Wow. I'll be happy to help you out, guys. <laughs> she whiz. Okay, what's next? Well, we're down to my stump, Walden, and... Stump, Walden, your presidential question, and you've done your baseball question, so those are the only two. Okay, presidential question? Your presidential question. Which president was a skilled chef who was famous for his vegetable soup, steaks, and cornmeal pancakes? How about Taff? Okay, you love to eat. No, it wasn't Taft, but I never thought of Well, my goodness. The man never stopped eating. No. I wonder how he had time to be president. Uh, he just worked it into his daily schedule. Yeah, I, that, that's, that was a terrible thing to say. Taft, of course, was our largest president, yep. largest in the sense that uh, of his weight. Right. He was not a tall man, but he weighed over 300 pounds. Yep. He was happy to be in the Supreme Court justice after he was president. Yes. yes. What a remarkable... Played with Abraham Lincoln kid he, when he was a kid. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was quite a remarkable man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which president was a... And they're calling him a skilled chef. Uh-huh. How about Joe Ford? You know, he was a skilled food prep right. person, I'm going to call him. Vegetable soup, steaks, and cornmeal pancakes were his specialty. Joe Ford. No. This one will knock your socks off. Dwight D. Eisenhower. Yes, it was. Ah. How did you know that? Well, I was, just think, I was thinking of his skill set, and maybe in military days, he had to do some cooking before he became an officer. Steaks? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, he, he was an interesting person. He played semi-pro baseball. Not bad. Not bad. All these things we find out about our president. Okay, so now we've got your stump Walden question, and then we get to say good night to everybody. I know. It's only four in the morning. I know. <laughs> it's after four in the morning. Okay. In the show, it's a crime, Mr. Collins. What were the first names of Mr. and Mrs. Collins? Mike and Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I love these things when you pull them out of your hat. I don't, I've never heard the show. No.
not true, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, don't bother. It's, it's a rip-off of a couple of different shows. Good shows. Yeah. And, oh, I can't recall. Nick and... Is it Nick and Nora? Mystery is my hobby. Yeah. Is it Nick and Nora? No, that was Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> Nora. No, I was thinking of uh, uh, The Thin Man. Oh, of course. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. with Gary and Pam. Uh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, I knew you knew. It's just too late to shake it out of my brain. I know. It, it fell off. Thank you for it, keeping it, me on. It fell off hours ago. Oh, dear. I know. I know. Thank you for keeping me on track here. Um, it was Greg and Gail, and it was a really crummy show. It only lasted, let's see. Are we going to, is this going to be a potential awful show stuff? Um, I think I've already had it. You know, you don't have, you, you haven't had too many detects to make you awful show much. No. And, and this was a bad show. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was awful. Okay. I don't think it's bad enough to qualify for an awfulness awful show <laughs> designation. Uh-huh. It just was not a good show. Maybe I'll pick one anyway. Be fine. Oh, I picked on Richard Diamond. Why can't I? Pick? I know. This thing only lasted from August 56 to February 57. Well, the heights of old time radio. Other people didn't yeah. think it was too hot either. Yeah. And that's it. You ready to hit the road? I'm ready to hit the road. All right. It was so nice to be back with you. Thank you for doing the show. Thank you for letting me do it and having all the buttons to make it possible. Your turn. I know your buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I know all your buttons and I know how to push them. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> so we are finished. Thank we are you, finished. everybody, for spending so much time with us tonight. I had a good time. It was fun. Thank you, family, for calling. Thank you for listening. Thank you for emailing. And f- don't forget Patricia's email throughout the week is floridawriter at hotmail.com. Good night, Walden. Good night, Patricia. And we'll talk to everybody soon here on Yesterday USA. Come on. Let's see here. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Never let it fade away Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Save it for a rainy day For love may come and tap you on the shoulder Some starless night Just in case you feel you want to hold her You'll have a pocket full of starlight Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Never let it fade away Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Save it for a rainy day For love may come and tap you on the shoulder Some starless night And just in case you feel you want to hold her You'll have a pocket full of starlight Pocket full of starlight
catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Never let it fade away. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Save it for a rainy day. For when your troubles start multiplying, and they just might, it's easy to forget them without trying. With just a pocket full of starlight, catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Never let it fade away. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Save it for a rainy day. Save it for a rainy day. Save it for a rainy Jaws Professional Skype Trademark Dash Update Upgrade. Alt F4, Patricia from F Tab, Skype Trademark Alt Tab, Patricia from Alt Tab, Skype Trademark Alt F4, Patricia from Alt Tab, Skype Trademark Alt F4, Patricia from F L Alt F4, Alt Tab, Bill Brad, Alt Tab, Sound Forge Pro 